styles have come together to bring you strong opinions, controversial statements, epic battles, and plenty of fun. Introducing our host, the man who watches 52 movies a week, drinks 52 beers a movie, loves women but hates the woman, from the foreign land of Canada, our host, Mood 616. He is widely known as the man who talks too much. His worst enemies are Postmaster P and Wee Herman. He said Hellraiser was overrated and Leprechaun Origins wouldn't suck. He's the full-blooded half-Mexican, JP. Finally, we have the man who doesn't talk enough. He is best friends with Sean S. Cunningham. His favorite horror movie is Gummo. He is your favorite Jew and mine, Jeremy. Together, they are known for extending a helping hand to Vampircons everywhere. They are the 22 shots of moods and horror. Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 114 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast is coming at you live. I am your host, the old and stinky Papa Sawyer, a.k.a. Moods. And, of course, I have my two Sawyer family members always by my side, Chop Top, a.k.a. JP, and Verna Carson, a.k.a. Jeremy. <laughs> What's up, fam? <laughs> At least I get to be Chop Top. <laughs> that's all right. I've smelt smooth balls enough times, so I know he smells, so that's okay. Oh, not, man, that's funny. Not, not the most pleasant smell, I have to say. So. <laughs> I bet not. I bet you, not, gra- man. Did you say you were Grandpa Sawyer? Yeah. No, I would, yeah, it was Papa Thor, man. Grandpa Thor, yeah. Papa Thor. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, you could use it. It's kind of the joke because, you know, I'm the oldest one here, and mm-hmm. it just kind of made sense to be the old one. So, yeah. yeah, what's going on, guys? Wow. This show has finally arrived. I mean, yeah. we've been doing the show for, what, four years now? Something yep. like that. 2013, we started in November. So pretty much four years, and this has been one of the big ones requested by so many people. When are you guys going to do Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday the 13th or the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Keep telling people, man. we got to wait for you know the new ones to come out. And this one was coming out yeah. for a while, and that's pretty much what happened here. we got to jump on this. New one has arrived, and so was the show. Yeah, Finally. and you know, probably the most requested is Elm Street. Um, and honestly, the second most requested is probably Chainsaw, which is surprises me that it's not Friday the 13th. It, it's de- I think it's definitely Chainsaw is the second one. So this is this is a huge show for us. We've been doing it, like he said, for about four years now. And it's uh, it's a show that, you know, is very personal to me, obviously, being my favorite horror film of all time, being the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But I also really like the franchise and going into this. Uh, I hadn't watched these movies in a long time, and and I was wondering if, because you know, all the time when we watch films and something that we loved, we see it with a critical eye. Does does that mean that this is gonna I'm gonna come down on these films, or I'm gonna like them as much or more? Like I was very interested to find that out, and I I did get answers to those questions. Well, like uh, how do, you still think Leatherface, even though yeah, you still think TCM 3D is a good movie, even though you're a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, you know, to be honest, we'll get to that. It's many sequels away. <laughs> to, to be honest, here I'm actually quite interested to see how this plays out with you, also, because you always yeah. claim how much you like the see or you know most of the films in the in the franchise and things like that. And mm. um, there were some few surprises along the way for myself, also in this one. Uh, yeah, I just, me too. Yeah, so I mean, that's good. That's good. And I'm with you 100. Yeah. percent When you're watching these films with a critical from a critical standpoint, it's funny how things just develop you know like in your mind you're like wow 
Okay, that's crazy. You start noticing these odd things, but this is a weird yeah. and wonky fucking franchise, man. Yeah, because there's like eight different plot lines and different the lawyers and it's different the timelines it's dude. because it's one it, of the timelines are some of the wackiest ever it's not even the timelines it's like we have a different timeline with the remake and beginning and then we have a different timeline with all the other ones besides part four well, here, then we have me, a different timeline i, th- I think it's four. i honestly think i was having this conversation with a friend the other day and he was like He's like, I'm confused. He's like, I'm super confused with this Leatherface film. Is this another prequel to the remake? And I said, no, actually, this is a prequel to the original Texas Chainsaw. And he's like, I'm and, so confused. And, and Chainsaw 3D. Yeah. And then so it, I said, it I, actually does run continuity with Chainsaw 3D yeah. um, somewhat. But but if you look at the timelines, right, you have one and two. And then you have one, two, one, three. And then you have one four or one two three four it can work like that too depending on how you take the scroll yeah uh and then you have remake and then a prequel to that remake (laughs) and then you have a direct sequel to the original which which discounts two three and four and then you have a prequel (laughs) to that original which also connects to the c like it's a it's a very uh, but but one thing that I kind of don't mind about it, honestly, is that like you get these different iterations of the chainsaw world, which I'm fine by. Now, the problem is, is some of them aren't as good as others, Mm -hmm. Um, which then, you know, when you have an iteration of the chainsaw world, it completely, you know, can make you hate certain aspects about it. You compare it directly whenever they're doing they're almost remaking the film a few times. Like it's arguable that part three is a remake. It's arguable that part four is a remake as well. So it's kind of all over the place mm. with with the with you know the rem- and then the remake is obviously a remake. I'm it's just, funny. It's funny. I'm just not overly keen on, you know, okay, so you got these four films that are made in the original franchise. And then you got a remake. That's fine. This happens. And then you got a prequel. That's fine. But then you got to go and complicate things by making another film that is not part of the remake world. It is a direct sequel to the original. And this is, I think this is what throws off a lot of people in these franchises. And now they're apparently doing this with Halloween too. So I think mm. it's just, I don't know, man. I kind of would like to see them think things through maybe a little bit more in the long run. I mean, if you got something that's, you know, working for a lot of fans and things like that, with the, I always thought that the Chainsaw remake and, and uh, prequel were, you the know, best. they were actually among fan favorites. I thought most people actually kind of dug those films, and I thought for sure they would have continued along with that. You know, well, the problem is, dude, and I've been saying this for a really, really long time, and I, I truly believe it. The days of the '80s sequels, where the character can, can be completely killed off and brought back through ridiculous lightning strikes or uh, malfunctions of of fucking equipment in a doll factory or uh, dog, <laughs> dog or dogs pissing and fire out of their penises, dog, their little dog penises, Red like rocket. The, uh those days are over man like like that's why i i feel like people today just find it cheesy to try to bring back that's why you need to always have your film open-ended if you want to continue them i get that i get that completely but i mean in a sense it kind of disproves the theory a little bit by making a film called chainsaw 3d which is the direct sequel to the original one i Mm -hmm. mean you're kind of i mean 
this, it's but it doesn't though because that 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 film ended very open ended. It did. Like, no, only one character died. But you could also um, do the same thing. I mean, when they did the remake to Chainsaw, they decided to do the prequel, which is fine. You know, obviously people yeah. thought they were going to come back with a direct sequel to the remake, which essentially they should have. Which they could have done because it's kind of open ended too. I mean, it's really open ended. Really? And, and yeah, I, I thought for sure that they were going to explore what happens at the end of that film for sure. Because there's there's one thing that happens in the end of that film I, I've questioned forever and I still found myself questioning. I'm like, why did that happen? <laughs> you know, it's like, and I wanted to see what they were going to do by exploring that. So, I don't know, man. Yeah, well, well, they kind of do end the, well, a little bit. I know what you're saying. But yeah, yeah. Um, one thing that, like... I, I I think that sometimes too when you have these sequels like you look at Rob Zombie's Halloween we talked about this last week yeah. and and you take Texas Chainsaw remake for example like those films are very very specific like they have a specific look they have a specific location they have specific characters that continue throughout both of the films Halloween and H2 as well as Chainsaw and the beginning and I think that sometimes in today's time if you want to make a sequel like like the the days of just like having like like obviously look at Chainsaw 2 the original right like yeah. they they just got like two one character to return and then they like just rolled with it. Like the the location oh, was different. Two characters, the same. Three characters. Well, I mean, yeah, but I'm saying like one actor, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think that like to continue off of the the remake Chainsaw, like like if you were to make, let's just go a couple years ago with 2013, right when they made the last one before this newest one, which was Texas Chainsaw 3D. Mm-hmm. Like if you were really gonna continue on the remake, like. I don't know, like, what, would you be able to get back all these characters? Like, you would have to set it in a new place. Like, I don't even know if that building still exists, you know what I mean? Like, that's a very iconic-looking building, so you would have to almost set it in a new place with, are you going to get R. Lee Army back? Like, it, mm-hmm. there was so many moving parts to those films that I think that... And and, and honestly, it's a, I don't like it. Like, I wish they could just keep making sequels with the same people, but, like, like rights change hands, and... Uh, there's so many moving parts right now that it you can't just pump, they don't pump out sequels like they used to to where if you are going to make a sequel to the 2006 beginning slash storyline of that you're you're talking you know this is almost uh 2013 how many years later is that that's mm-hmm. you know like nine five if you can do uh, math yeah five. you literally just say nine yeah, I messed up. Um, <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of I was thinking of what today. Uh, it's nine in Mexican map. But I, I mean, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying too. But I mean, I just feel with the Chainsaw remake. I mean, it was kind of left, you know, to a point where, like, the original one was too, where you could work off it, in which they eventually did, you know, later with Chainsaw and stuff, but. We'll get into that in a minute, but yeah, I mean, I understand it. I understand that there's a lot of complications with doing, but then again, it's like, you know, you think you would still want to try to work out something, given the fact it's that it's one TCM, of my biggest problems yeah. with modern films is that the sequels are no longer. It's like they, it's almost like cheesy or something to do it. Like I feel like nobody wants to do it. Like they don't want to actually make a direct sequel, and that's how you get mm. this chainsaw timeline well here how it is is they keep on a restarting but also i will give them credit for this at least right now they are trying to exist in one timeline i I was under the impression that this is a completely 
only a prequel to the original and completely would discount the the sequel that came in 2013 so um you know and now's a good time to say spoiler alert guys these films are going to be spoiler spoiled where it's a huge franchise we're going to be talking about spoilers so if you don't want to hear spoilers for you know chainsaw four or something then skip ahead or, or you know there are show notes there are show notes and obviously the newest film we will be spoiling as well we normally don't do this with new films but because it's a franchise show uh we will be uh spoiling it and plus it's a prequel so it's even harder not to spoil things so, yeah you pretty much uh, have to yeah so basically spoiler you're warned um but yeah i mean it, th- that th- the new film actually them acknowledging events that had happened in in texas chainsaw 3d and another thing is these fucking titles with the chainsaw films right like like i keep having to like think like wait what's that one called again because they're all like leather fit like there is a leather face you know leather face texas chainsaw massacre 3 yeah, yeah. there's like texas chainsaw <laughs> like it's, it's chainsaw 3d has got to be the worst title the that's the worst title though it really is that's yeah. that one well, just does not work it, it almost sounds like it's Chainsaw 3D, like Jaws 3D. <laughs> like, I actually heard someone say that one time, and I was like, I thought the same thing, man. It's crazy. It's kind of confusing, <laughs> right? So, I mean, come on. I, I mean, I don't even know. Like, I, I'm, I'm interested to talk potential future sequels um, when we get to the newest film. Um, because, really, this 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 next chainsaw if they want to i mean obviously they are going to re they are going to do another chainsaw eventually but as anybody else get a vibe that they're they'll, it'll probably the next chainsaw would probably be a remake or something like that i can't imagine them doing anything other than that at this point i don't know man i kind of thought that maybe the way leatherface ended that they could probably fit another film in between, uh, in there, in, in between, le- if you could do it, in be- I, I thought the same thing. If they don't do a remake, they'd do it in well, between. <laughs> the reason, the reason why is because you know the storyline takes place in what 1965, right? Like the events, yeah. of- which, by the way, completely fucks up even more the timeline between the that third in the series, which would be technically the second film in that series, which is technically like the seventh film total. Yeah, dude, oh, you, you don't have to get that crazy. It fucks. It, yeah, the Chainsaw timeline or the Chainsaw 3D timeline, which is a direct sequel to the original one, is already fucked up and it really does fuck it up more. But the way I looked yeah. at it watching Leatherface was interesting because I'm watching the film and it's, you know, it starts in 55 and then it's like 10 years later, whatever, he, they break out of the institution. It's 1965 and the whole film takes place in that year. We know the events of Chainsaw One takes place in 1973, August 19, August 19, 1973. So there's an eight year gap there. And the way I see You're the right. film, the way you the, definitely the, could do another one. The way right I see the film, because the way they did the storyline for the young uh, Leatherface, there's a whole other film there to explore because of how they left it. He just mm-hmm. kind of, you know, just kind of came into that mold. And I'm like, there's a whole other fucking film here, man. 100%. Yeah, and, and and I can't wait to talk about that when we go forward but um you know as just a little prelude to our conversations we obviously have uh very interesting you know opinions about these timelines and stuff like that and and honestly like i think it's kind of fun it's frustrating and fun at the same time but um yeah Yeah. that's we can uh you guys want to start with the original the film which you are about to see is an account of the tragedy which befell a group of five youths In particular, Sally Hardesty and her invalid brother, Franklin. It is all the more tragic in that they were young. 
But had they lived very, very long lives, they could not have expected, nor would they have wished to see as much of the mad and macabre as they were to see that day. For them, an idyllic summer afternoon drive became a nightmare. The events of that day were to lead to the discovery of one of the most bizarre crimes in the annals of American history, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, man, yeah. Let's, let's get right into this uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise that we've been waiting to do for so, so long. Uh, of course, with the original one from 1974, uh, directed by the master of horror, Toby Hooper. <laughs> we still yet, we have still yet to to figure Listen, out if nope. this is true or not. So I'm I'm close to saying yeah, because even if we do take away Poltergeist as a directing spot, I think it's without a doubt that he co-directed it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, okay, it's fair enough. It's fair enough. <laughs> I mean, I think once I think once we figure out the, you know, uh, you know, uh, a criteria for what a master we're doing of horror it really one day. is. I swear to God, it's going to be so fun too. You know, I think it's going to be interesting um, to break the down, uh, master of horror question mark. Toby no. Hooper. We'll go with that. For Directed now. by Toby Hooper, and of course the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, Written by Kim Hankel, who uh, we will talk about a little later in the show. Yes, of yeah. course. Um, yes, <laughs> I think he uh, produced of, all of them, though. Well, he gets, he does have a producer credit, I believe. Um, no matter, I think. Mm, see, I don't. I know he has a writing credit for most of them because anytime, well, because he wrote leather, he created the Leatherface character, so you're automatically going to get a writing credit no matter what. Well, is Leatherface the last film Cooper? Had anything to do with? Yeah, it might be. So. It yeah. might yeah. be. It yeah. does. He that actually uh, says executive produced by Hooper, doesn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, this one obviously stars Marilyn Burns. Is probably uh, most known besides Jim Sidow and Gunnar Hansen. Uh, and I, I will pose a question later when we talk about uh, more of the films about what the what you guys think the best Leatherface is. Don't answer it now. Um, the best performance uh jim side of course is the only person that returned to the sequel that we'll talk about in a second but uh marilyn burns um it, it's, it's crazy to look at these names because like almost everybody is dead right now that was in like gunner hansen jim side uh franklin burns, toby hooper yeah. is he plays frank no franklin died a long time ago yeah See? yeah i mean it's it's definitely you know it's <laughs> not interesting. a fan of that character it, it's interesting too because a lot of the people that came from such an iconic film didn't really go on to do a whole lot of great stuff yeah, or, you got be, Scott or, Burns or even in, being in a lot of stuff well, no Marilyn, even gunner hansen didn't do a whole bunch really not, not yeah he's mostly noted for this. Marilyn burns everyone knows her name from this film but if you look at her filmography she didn't actually she do, didn't do much, much at all it's it's actually quite which, which is unfortunate because i think to me personally Marilyn burns is one of the best final girls ever um and i i credit that to the rawness of her performance and and her screaming capabilities um, yeah well that's that's actually one thing that's kind of plagued her a little bit with a lot of people with this film too it seems to always be a major critique from oh i like the film but I, I feel like, too much i feel like the last 25 minutes of the film there's nothing but screaming and it gets irritating i understand where people are coming from with that i can see that but I it's guess. also the fact of what's going on too and you kind of yeah, have to look at like um, that and i think she is good she's solid and i marilyn burns has always been really damn sexy to me I love her in those white pants and that blonde yeah. hair. And I'm more of a brunette not, person, but it's, like, it's definitely like though, a though. '70s sexy, like yeah, you know dude, I mean? super sexy. I don't know what it is, man. I think it's just because she she looks 
like that average seventies girl, you know. That's how they all yeah. kind of dress. Like she, she looks like slutty. a hippie, man. Yeah, she looks kind of like uh, a hippie, and it, it's more of a natural kind of thing. Moods. And, I know a few weeks back you talked about the main problem that you have with this movie. Yeah, I know we had a small discussion about it. So well, let's get into let's the talk plot. about it. Okay, okay, oh, so let's get into the plot. okay. Well, here's a quick little IMDb plot here. Two siblings visit their grandfather's grave in Texas, along with three of their friends. And are attacked by a family of cannibalistic psychopaths. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's uh, a great uh, great synopsis there. Um, yeah, dude. I mean, honestly, the first thing you hear in this in this film when you pop it in, man, is uh, John Larroquette's voice, which is really cool. Yeah. John Larroquette, um, I mean, he even had his own show at one time, the John Larroquette Show, which is pretty cool. I always know John Larroquette from... Uh, What's the TV show? Night 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 Court. <laughs> when he was on Night Court and shit. Um, so does he do the opening scroll? He does the mod- yeah. he does the prologue. Yeah, he he does okay. the so voiceover for the is prologue. Is he the same in all of them? No, no, no. no. He does. I think um, if I'm not mistaken, before I don't have it open right now, but he might do the prologue for the remake also. Well, when we get there, we'll oh, check it out. Pretty cool. I'm pretty sure he did though. Larry Kent did so, it. So, so l- let me just take you back to when i was a child okay and i being you know a huge horror fan uh i remember like being down my cousin's house and and her being like tell me about movies you know like horror movies and she told me about um clown house for one she said it scared her more than any movie ever um and forever i was always trying to see clown house like even back then before i knew about any of the you know controversial stuff but she also talked about Texas Chainsaw, and um, I had known of Leatherface. Like I, I knew who he was. Like I, I he, you, you know, I, I think I had a, my cousin had a doll of him and stuff like that. So I knew who he was, um, but I had never seen it. And I remember to this day renting Phantasm and Texas Chainsaw Massacre in the same night. And I remember popping in the VHS and that narration just being it. It made it took me to uh, a more you know this film's often can, called like documentary esque like it, it looks like it's shot like a documentary and stuff like that at times but that that made it seem much more real to me and and when you're an impressionable child like when you hear that you know the, the, it's ca- crazy cuz the the narration tells you what's going to happen the narration yeah. tells you that it's yeah. going to be one of the most brutal massacres and whatever and and you know that like bad things are going to happen so it like literally spoils the movie but it doesn't affect the movie i negatively. think it creates anticipation though too you're like okay how's it's this a, going it's, down though it's suspense yeah. yeah like you just and and it even says like you know that what fell upon the you know group was like sad or all more tragic had they lived long you know and i i just remember like that hearing him say that and seeing those words like just it seemed so real to me and it, it just like I was like, yo, this is so scary. And then the moment they pick up the hitchhiker, I was like, uh-uh, hell no. And I hit stop. <laughs> I, I'm not even joking. And I I was watching, you know, Elm Street and Friday and, and all this stuff at this time, you know, and I never really got too scared. Uh, but <laughs> that damn hitchhiker getting in there and he was just like his persona and just like his body language would just fucking terrify me and then i would hit stop and then i told this story before but i would pop it back in and hit play watch another like three minutes of it and then be like uh-uh and i, I and it took me like three hours to watch that movie because I, I was so scared of it but i being a 
being one of the reasons why I love horror is to get scared. It doesn't happen as much anymore, but I was feeding on that fear. Like it was, it was fear, but it was also anticipation and excitement. And, uh, I, I credit John Larrick cat to that damn fucking opening that scared the shit out of me. Man, I, I'm actually, I'm with you on the, on the hitchhiker, man. Um, you know what actually kind of terrified me about him was his birthmark on his face. You know yeah. that red thing and like yeah. my uh, my does gra- this guy not look like he's literally like crazy like, like slow or something like you yeah like, well he looks fucking like, crazy they just had to get like a fucking slow like you know mentally handicapped dude and be like here say all this stuff like it feels <laughs> like that well I've heard from he's I've like, heard from some people to say that you know if he was actually you know full blown acting like that he, the guy should have won an Academy crazy. Award. Like it's yeah, amazing. I know. So I've I'm, never I'm even start- seen him in anything else. That's the thing, right? Like you know, maybe he was actually just like that. Who knows? We don't really know much about. Oh, the guy, he was but, fucking crazy. But uh, yeah, but yeah, like when I when I first seen that guy's birthmark, man. When I was a kid, my grandpa had this friend that had a very similar type birthmark on him, and I used to be so scared of it. I'm like, what's up with that? Like, what's going on with his neck, man? Like, I just didn't know, right? As a child, you mm-hmm. know, when you see things, you're kind of scared by things that you don't really know. And that it was like having flashbacks to that because this guy always used to offer me things. And I'm like, dude, I don't want to take anything from you because you might, you might have touched your birthmark or something. Like, but I actually I used to think it was a burn mark. Right. But it, uh, I found okay. out later it was a, it was a birthmark. And it, I was like, what do you mean a birth? I don't get it. But I was and, like having these weird flashbacks to that and stuff. And it was like that was they cast the perfect dude ever in the film. Yeah. Like another yeah, and, total fluke. But yeah. And and it's the seventies, so like, like normally you wouldn't pick up some dude like like most people today yeah. don't just pick up random people. But this, well, especially if he looks like so, that. Though. This was so like free. Like th- there was people hitchhiking across the country all the time. You know what I mean? With the hippie movement and stuff like that. Like they just picked this dude up, and then like it instantly gets uncomfortable. Like he's you instantly know something's off with this dude, and everybody's kind of just like. Like you're looking, they're looking around. Like let's just not make any weird, like wrong moves that might offend this guy or something like that, you know. And Franklin's like, you know, he's a little naive to everybody. It seems like so he's like talking to him and stuff like that. And Franklin, he, he overacts that guy. He, he's you no, can tell he's the nervous character. And yeah, I mean his he's definitely the weak link out of the the guys. But yeah, I don't. I, people say that, and I seriously don't get it. Like to I don't me, like he him, seemed like yeah. an annoying little brother who was trapped in a wheelchair. I personally, like, he's always. I personally love the way Hooper directed those scenes, though. Like, they put him in the back, and, like, instantly, you're right. Everyone knows that there's something up with this dude. And it's just the way it's shot, though. Everyone's kind of staring at him like they're just in awe from this guy. I don't know. They're probably doing the same thing I was doing, is looking at his birthmark. Like, what the fuck's up with his face kind of thing, right? But uh, I just love the way that thing's shot. And, like, right from the get-go, this guy is fucking strange, and he's got weird shit on him. <laughs> you know, like, and he's talking about... They're talking about the slaughterhouse, which is a, a reoccurring... Uh, like and and I like the chainsaw films for this. It's like a reoccurring like plot point, like the the, that they live near a slaughterhouse. And yeah. um, he's like, you know, he ta- starts talking about the he's like, you know, the the piston. And and it's pretty interesting because they were talking about the the piston or the slaughterhouse before they even picked him up and shit like that. And then yeah, because their um, uncle Franklin and Sally's uncle apparently worked at a slaughterhouse. So he, you know, Franklin obviously thought that he knew everything about how to kill those things and stuff but yeah i actually like that dialogue i think that mm-hmm. ties in very very nice i don't find it like cheesy stupid dialogue you know you know the kind of dialogue you get in films now they're talking about fucking text messaging and makeup and shit but they're talking about <laughs> shit that's actually relevant and it became 
mm-hmm. prevalent throughout the series too, which is cool. You know, it's simple, yeah. but it works, and that, and that, I love that. I love that. And, and they're talking about head cheese, and he's like, he's like, my my, my brother makes it real good. He's like, you you like head cheese? And it's I like, think like, oh hell it's no! The mo- it's the moment he takes out that camera that is the most uh, nerve wracking for me. I, I think that, when that he says, I got a knife, because so he doesn't know where he's gonna focus, and everyone's like waiting for him to take the yeah, picture. Like, he's, he's just like taking it, and he's like, he's not even, he's still like moving like this, and he's moving, <laughs> yeah. jittering around. He's it's like, so you can un- pay me now. It's two dollars. Like, and so unnerving. And, and uh, Kirk's like, give him, Franklin, give him back the picture. We're not gonna, he's like, we're not gonna pay you for that. It's like, man, I would, you, fuck, I would have just paid the dude. Uh, but like, <laughs> I, I, like that—that's something that's weird about the dude too, because he takes the picture, he puts it in some tin foil, puts gunpowder on it, and just lights it on fire. It's just that's—that's that's just a weird thing to do. Like, it—it it has no relevance to the rest of the film. It has no. Uh, like it's not like a curse or some shit like that. You know what I mean? It's just he does weird things. Like I knew this dude. Even to have that was, on you though. Like why would you have just a, a have thing gunpowder? of folded? Well, a gunpowder kind of makes it. I mean, he's a little bit crazy, but just the the tin foil though. Like it's all folded up and shit. Like why would you even like, have that on you? And it, you know, I always yeah. thought it was interesting too that no one ever noticed. I mean, I'm sure they noticed as characters. I mean, if you get inside that world, but his pouch is like. Like a squirrel or something like that. Like you asked yeah, one of those. That's a little bit weird. Like you, that's a weird thing to have. So, but I knew this dude who um, was definitely like mentally handicapped. Like he was a very weird dude, and he was like he you know talked kind of slow and stuff like that. And I went to elementary school with him, and and when he grew up, one time he was messing with gun. He just was like outside. He stole his dad's gunpowder. And he like lit it on fire and like almost blew his face off. Like he Ugh. just had like serious, like his skin was melting off and he's like splashing water on his face. He's like, don't tell my dad. Don't tell me. I'm like, dude, <laughs> your face is falling off. He's yeah. going to know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he reminded me of that dude. Like he acted the same way. He would do weird shit. He like carried around weird shit. And he was just an odd, odd dude. And this hitchhiker, like he, uh, you know, he has that like, like almost stutter to him and he talks real fat like he'll 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 stutter and then he'll spit it out, out real fast like i think that that performance is like one of the more underrated performances in horror history honestly like you know like people talk about it but like the the dude is nuts oh well he didn't and he didn't drop the level of intensity when he shows up at the end too you know he's like he's that same he's on an 11 in a spinal tap term like yeah. he's fucking you would think yeah, I didn't realize Bad. they had bath salts back in the day. Like, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I believe this film was shot on six, uh, 16 millimeter. Yes. I and, so. um, like, it's interesting because Hooper uses a lot of wide shots in this film. Like, a lot of them. Well, it's not like, even that. It's like, when you were saying that it was shot like a documentary, it's like, there's some very cinematic shots in this movie. Uh, oh, a lot of tracking sure. shots. Yeah, tracking shots. And like, like when, I think of when the hitchhiker, they pick him up. It's this far away wide shot of him like get, getting in the van, and also when he's exiting the van and he's wiping blood on it and stuff. Yeah, but yeah, Jeremy's right. Like, there's there's a lot of like you can see that it's very calculated. Like even the sunlight is very calculated, like where the camera is and like how the sun glares into the shot and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you know, especially coming from damn hooper you know we've we've talked about but this movie definitely was like i know that it's partially lightning in a bottle 
but it's definitely partially good filmmaking too well it's like that shot where they're walking out to the, the iconic shot with the girl in the white and the red shorts walking up to the house like that's an awesome shot it's like very cinematic very like you said calculated Mm-hmm. That's my favorite child of the movie. I never really yeah. took this film. Like, I mean, you get the impression that it's set up like a documentary type style from the prologue and shit. But, but I, I'm 100 percent there, man. This shot, this movie shot beautifully. The cinematography is amazing. Yeah. There's, there's so many calculations. There's a lot of wide, <laughs> wide shots, which, they, which they tried to emulate in the remake, which we'll get to. But they ultimately <laughs> just exploited the shit out of Jessica Biel sexuality throughout the whole film <laughs> you know in this one i don't think it was Tuber- hooper's intention to do to focus on things like you know sally's body and thing. it wasn't about yeah. that it was just the way he was shooting things he wanted to get more into the scene so he was doing those wider shots right he wanted to create that world for you right so uh- another thing that um this film has that that like i think that also gives it that documentary look Mm-hmm. Is and and I noticed this way back when I was watching it on VHS. Like I actually thought of this back then, and um, basically the scene where Franklin and Sally are going through the woods in the dark, mm-hmm. like on VHS, you cannot see shit. It's dark as hell, yeah. and this film doesn't use like a whole lot of lighting. It uses a lot of natural light. It's all it natural also, light. It also does um, – it doesn't seem to have any type of like color correction or like filters, um, which is why it kind of looks more realistic, like real yeah. like real life, yeah. you know, like how real life looks. You look at this compared to um, any of the other chainsaws really. Like, you know, just take part three, for example, like – or part four. Like it's it's all color corrected and, and like different filters. Stylized. and stuff like just that. didn't have yeah. the money to do any – major major post-production in the film i mean yeah i don't think it was a stylistic choice like, no it, de- it definitely wasn't it was... it's it's kind of like you know this film not not having a score really i mean it has more of you know kind of uh natural in, ambient sound and, and natural ambience and industrial type sounds and things like that. things that you could just get sound effects for like it's super easy to do right so there's no actual mm-hmm. score to this and that actually wasn't a choice I think originally he wanted to put music into this and he just simply could not do it based on funds and yeah. things. Well, which he again, did do one thing good, which is that camera flash, like sound effect that <laughs> the series. But again, I love yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> saw. You see that shit in Saw, dude. It's simplistic. It's, awesome. it's simplistic, but it works, man. You know, sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, your ideas that don't materialize properly turn out to be better. Speaking of Saw, I think that's this not movie, the only time. That's I not the only time that franchise makes an appearance yeah <laughs> i think this movie works so good i love a natural ambient uh film i think it adds yeah. so much realism to it because it's just i mean in reality when we're out in the woods we don't have a score above our heads mm-hmm. you know there's no there's no build-up there's no crashes there's no you know strings yeah. and shit there's none of that shit when you're out there you know what does natural, make a sound though scary. goddamn chainsaw exactly man. <laughs> but so this, this, like this movie and and one of the you know with the natural lighting and it's also natural heat right like it's hot as hell everything is just like they're all sweaty looking they're all sticky looking they're all gross looking like i love that look to this mm. film and the simplicity of this film like if you would take this movie the same story the same plot um and just re like do a shot for shot remake today, right? But in modern time, 
like it would just not have the same level of fear in it because of the way that things looked back then the way that they were able to capture like the natural environment and the natural way that houses looked and the natural way that that the at the time that the vans were and just the 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 ambience of like the you know farm and and the houses and stuff it's just like it just has this like dirty like dusty look and um it's it's a very simple movie like it's there's no yeah it's like, not it's not a complex narrative no it's like car breaks car breaks down goes here shit but it's so effective at that simple approach well like, i think it's i think it's just effective because of the dinner scene if it wasn't for the dinner scene like this movie would be like hella 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 basic well, it is hella, hella basic still. And you're right. The dinner scene does take it a step away I from, I think from there's, basic. I think there's better scenes before the dinner scene, to be honest. I mean, the dinner scene's awesome, but I think the first time we well, get yeah, to see Leatherface... Well, yeah, there definitely is with... Especially in the uh, van, obviously. And when, then when Kirk also... And Pam, yeah, and, when Kirk and Pam go off um, and they find themselves at the story, which we don't even know that's the story house. That's another simplistic thing about this film is that the characters really There's don't have names. names. That's another really mm-hmm. cool thing. I like the Leatherface, not even really Leatherface, Old Man, Hitchhike, things like that. I think that's pretty cool. But Grandpa. One of my favorite scenes in this film <laughs> is actually when Pam and, and – uh, uh, is it Jerry? Uh, Pam and Jerry? No, Pam and – uh, Kirk. Don't mention Kirk. that name in this yeah. podcast. So when Kirk, so when yeah, exactly when Kirk, uh, don't mention that name. He goes into the house, makes the fatal mistake of going into the house, and then we get Leatherface. That scene. That's fucking, my. That's actually my favorite scene in the movie. Mine too. That is exactly my favorite scene. I fucking love that. And then of course, and, and that's what that's a simplistic moment too. Like it's there's no. It's literally somebody walking into a house and just getting bludgeoned to death. But you know, well, that's like you know, most iconic. I think that's the most iconic shot of the, uh, the whole shot. franchise besides the one at the end when Leatherface is running with the chainsaw above his head. Yeah. Doing his dance. The, the, like, I think the, the shot, um, the the sound effect, the twitch, uh, it's it's really like you can kind of go frame by frame and, and see why it, it's so effective. But what was you going to say? See, not having a lot of money when you're doing a film like this really did work for a scene like this because – all we got was Leatherface busting through and attacking somebody. We didn't get this over-aggressive score with a huge crash sound and kick drum and shit like that. We got a very natural approach to the scene, which was so fucking horrifying because, again, you don't get that shit in real life. I mean, I'm not saying this is real life, but you get what I'm saying, right? Mm-hmm. It's so fucking horrifying. It's, it comes out of left field. You know, that's the thing about when you're scoring a film nowadays, there's always a buildup. If you're, if you're watching a movie, you're listening also, or at least you're hearing it. You might not be listening, but you're hearing it and you can hear the music build up. There's always a buildup to scenes, right? You can tell with the progression in the yeah. music and then you know, something's going to happen. But when something happens out of left field with no buildup, that's effective. That is true fucking horror. That scene is one of the yeah. most brilliant things ever. Not a hundred percent by design, but it worked for the better. <laughs> And that's what I'm saying. This yeah, is what makes this movie so good is shit like that, man. Like, and then it leads into another amazing scene with fucking with uh, Pam, you know, and Leatherface pulling her back in the house, and it's just so good. Dude, when, when she so runs good. out and then he grabs a hold of her, and it's like she stops in midair and goes backwards. Yeah, dude. Like, like I just, dude, that to me just looks so terrifying. It's so terrifying. Yeah, I, I remember the first time, one of the first times I watched this film, and actually before that scene happens, Pam actually goes in to find Kirk, of course, because 
he's taking forever. Where the fuck is he? So she goes into the house and she goes into, I guess, what we call the living room area. And she kind of falls through the, the door, whatever, and falls on the ground. And it's just like cluttered <laughs> and like death, bones, the nastiness and shit. And I'm just like, who the fuck lives like that? <laughs> you know, because I'm young, right? I'm totally young. And I'm like, that is disgustingly filthy, man. <laughs> you know, it's like, it just seems so overkill that there was bones yeah. and everything. But the look on her face sells the whole scene. It's she, like, she doesn't like start screaming, like overacting. She, it's, she's like in shock. I love that, yeah. man. She's kind of trying to take it all in, like, okay, I'm here. This is not good. I love it, man. So good. It's so good to watch. And also, like, with, with uh, this film, obviously, like, it's funny that that this was the case, but, like, it was originally inspired by, like, Ed Gein, which there's yeah. obviously so very little besides yeah. maybe the, the manipulation of human flesh into like costumation type things um but besides that i mean maybe just like the references to the keeping the body parts and the bones and stuff like that because we know he was a grave robber yeah the, the um, general, and, and the, obviously the the beginning of this film it talks about grave robbing yeah which we know yeah. later that it's the hitchhiker kind of like, who's actually doing the grave robbing that's kind of like a thrown in their story plot line mm-hmm so, yeah, so yeah. it's kind of it kind of comes and goes. They really don't talk about it. So again, in, the, in the, actually in that scene which we kind of bypassed in the beginning of the film, the scene where uh, we get to see a little bit of the the product of the grave robbing, where there's a body set up on this on this uh, tombstone, and then there's like another thing and stuff. So is that just created from the hitchhiker because he's just solely insane, or like why, if you're robbing shit, why would you make a spectacle out of it? right i think he's just playing dude like look at it as like a kid playing like because yeah. even when the the uh cook you know uh he says to him later in the film like i told you to stay away from that graveyard or something like that see i was kind of took it that he was just so fucking insane that he was just, like literally just doing ridiculous things like setting up corpses in positions yeah like he's he's playing he's like he's just so i guess he's kind of lost the whole touch with reality his mentality is over here and he's not really overly concerned about you know leaving a trail or getting caught at that moment because he's taking the time to do shit like that too i always thought that scene was so interesting over the Mm. years i always thought it was kind of funny i'm like why if you're gonna be grave robbing why the fuck are you not you're just at that point you're playing with the bodies you know, yeah, mm-hmm. right. So I was always which, a little bit which, confused. I mean, obviously, I think is Toby Hooper's intent with that character, considering what we see in part two, um, with uh, you know the the Sawyer family like always keeping their relatives around, you know, after yeah. death and mm-hmm. stuff like. I think that was always kind of a little bit of the intent. Like I think that from the get go, uh, Toby Hooper had that in mind for all of these characters. Um, did they did they keep their family around? Uh, but yeah, I mean, th- there's, you know, scene by scene by scene by scene. Like, I-, I can't think of a bad scene in this movie. I don't know if you guys have any. Well, Moods does. He talked about well, it. I mean, we'll get there. We'll- I don't think it's bad. I just have a question with it. I've always questioned it. I always thought it was interesting because it was something I noticed right from day one. But, um, but you know, I don't know, man. I think the pay- like the one thing I love about this film this movie always seems to rip by for me. I know it's only about 83 minutes or whatever it is, but it, I find the pace in this film yeah. goes by so fast, man. Like, by far, it, it's Honestly, a, newer filmmakers could take note from this because the, it does no not filler. need to be longer in any way. Exactly. They're all like that, though. This, this movie is by far... <laughs> this movie is like... 
by far the shortest film in the franchise, and it works the best because it doesn't have that. It doesn't. Doesn't it doesn't have the film. And, and, and it doesn't have and the film. It's not that there's 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 um. Like a lot of times when you shorten a film, it usually results in bad character development. But the the characters are developed fine throughout this film. Like exactly. um, there there is Jerry, who is definitely a throwaway character. Um, who's How dare not, you say his name? Well, yeah, I said he's a throwaway, <laughs> which so. is kind of funny well, too good. because that's like Sally's boyfriend, and yeah, which is the opposite that we get in like the well, kind of, but yeah, um, I mean. We typically see like that relationship last a little longer, um, but uh, like I actually really like Kirk, like who I never, like I always kind of ignored the other two characters beside or, or all of them besides Sally. But like I don't know, Kirk has some like decent lines, and like Franklin, I actually like Franklin. Like I know a lot of people find him annoying. I think that he's um, like a little brother who's like who who has to rely on other people to move him around and he's just so bored that he's always in this chair that he never shuts up he just wants like he's like stuck to there so he's always talking because he's bored and um i, think I like acts, the, i think he acts a tiny bit selfish though too i mean he does have to understand that he is not physically able to do everything that you know his friends and, and family are doing so there is times where he's going to be he's going to have to be left behind for moments and things he really shows his aggression in the scene where they're in the their old house their old family house or whatever and he does he does the the tongue thing he's like puts sticks out his tongue and he starts like I love that scene. He, but he does it like four times, and like, what kind of grown man does that? But you got to remember, he's all by himself. It's not like he's performing yeah. in front of other people. Everyone's not yeah. even there, so he's doing this basically to himself. And like, it yeah. fucking makes me laugh every time. Like, dude, he's a grown man. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, but he 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 is a grown man, but at the same time, he's not. Yeah, because he's never had the opportunity to be his own individual person like he's not independent he's just he he i like what i i don't i always look at him like a kid honestly like i really do like i think of him as like a a, a, a somebody who never got the opportunity to grow into a, a, a man or a but they grown man show, or an adult it, i don't a, buy that it's well it's like it's kind of a good point though jeremy because if you listen to the dialogue uh, in the van and he's just so interested on killing you know the animals I and mean, he's kind of talking like a 13 year old kid in a sense yeah like I mean, yeah you know he's like oh no i thought th he's just so interested in stuff and it's like everyone else is like yeah, yeah. just shut the fuck up like seriously they kill animals yeah. like who cares leave it alone <laughs> you know like adults just generally don't want to hear that shit but like even when he loses so. his, his knife he's like He's like, well, I didn't have it, Sally. You did. And he's all like, like that's like a, something a little brother would, would say. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And even having that knife is something that a little kid would be like really excited about. You know what I mean? Having a knife. Like no adult's going to be like, like worry, like ha like the, a pocket knife isn't as big of a deal to like me. Right. Like I, I have, a, I carry a pocket knife. It's mm. a big deal. You know what I mean? But, um, I've always looked at him as like a little kid. I, I and I've always been sympathetic to that character really because it scares me that like especially when she he's just like stuck there like what is his options like okay like wait here in the dark by myself like if nobody shows up I'm literally going to die. Like you know I can't where how am I going to get anywhere? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's yeah, literally just yeah. going to die in a wheelchair sitting in the in the <laughs> next to that van. Um and then if he go and Sally like literally can't push him through the woods very well as we can see um so it, I always am, I was always like afraid what was going to happen to him and honestly like it takes I, it's a little ballsy to kill him 
you know? <laughs> Why uh, is it ballsy? Uh, I think he gets because it. Because he's, he's handicapped. Yeah. And he gets I it so, him to die, And he gets it so viciously, too, man. <laughs> which, yeah. which, I mean, that's kind of the start of, you know. Like, I'm, he's pure innocent. Like, yeah. he's innocence. Like, the, he did nothing. Like, a lot of time in in these films, well, you know. He didn't pay the $2. Well, I mean, I mean, theoretically, everybody. I mean, everybody's a decent character in this film, though. That's the thing. I mean, everyone's really innocent. I mean, you look at, you know, it's true. You know, you look at Pam. I mean, she did nothing wrong. You know, you look at uh, Jerry and and uh, Kurt and stuff. Nobody does anything wrong. I mean, they're just. It was before the tropes, really. It was before the tropes of the disrespectful teenagers. Uh, mm-hmm. To the environment and to to like fish out of water type situations. I always, always like that scene where you know Franklin gets it and and that kind of sets off you know the start of the end of the film where Sally now is like on the move like she's running mm-hmm. and I love the filmmaking in this too man. I mean I've heard from some people they say it goes on way too long like she's running from place to oh, place man. screaming and shit. I said man dude it's so good because it doesn't have that roaring score. It's just like pure horror. You know like if you just saw your brother get chainsawed to death. You are gonna fucking freak out, and her—it's a natural reaction to run. Um, you know, I, and I've also heard from people and stuff that like, man, like she got to the gas station. Like, how far was the gas station from the Sawyer house? We don't fucking know. It's yeah, it, and it, but it's not a plot hole because they don't tell you that it's far. That, you know that they I were said. low on gas. That's what I said, and they went there. So yeah, and I, I never had a problem with it because she's running for a while and she's running like who knows like this you know how long she's running for and stuff she ends up there it doesn't go so well for her and shit. I mean we assume it's pretty close since he yeah. says like do you know the old Franklin so house, house or whatever yeah. he does yeah. say it's just up there but like you know you know yeah. when people just say things like that it's like just up there. it could be it could have been five miles I mean running five yeah. miles for an average person is a long motherfucking way you know what yeah. I'm saying mm-hmm. so like she does do a whole lot but I love the filmmaking it's very very dark I think it works out very well it's uh it's shot well. I mean, and so let me ask you this: just so many elements that are freaky in those scenes where she's running and shit. I love it, man. I love it. It's great. Th- this is always, th- this has always puzzled me about this film uh, in the Chainsaw franchise. So, what is the reason that they kill the people in this film? Is it is it because Leatherface just did it? Is it because um, they just went onto the property and he got scared and killed him? Like, what? What is the reason? That like, it, uh, I don't that think it they ever say. Like it, ignoring though. ignoring what we know about why they do it now. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you put into the just the context of this film. It's never specified at all. It really isn't. But yeah. see, I always took away. I didn't from even say the, anything at like dinner or anything. Well, like that, that that's actually what I was getting at because I've always kind of taken it in the in terms of. The fact that Hooper, crazy. well, no, that Hooper actually show showed the audience a dinner scene. So I'm assuming that they were killing for food, right? They were cannibals. Well, there's that scene where she's looking into the uh, grill or the oven, and and I think that's supposed to tip you off that it that it's human. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. in there. Um, but I'm not saying that there. But that that's the thing, though. Like this was like okay. Here's here's me. Here's yeah. what my theory. I do not think that this was planned for them. Um, and here's the reason why. Because when they get to the gas station, the cook tells them about the barbecue. That he don't don't go bothering around that old house or something. Like he seems like he doesn't want them to go out there up well, there. He does mention though, like he's not into the killing and stuff, right? 
So yeah, there, yeah, there, yeah. there is the moments. There actually is the moments, which actually kind of plays over into part two a little bit also. Like he's the, you know, he's willing to be the, the chili champion, you know, but he's not really into the, the killing aspect and stuff. But they, he literally like, vocalizes that in part one. He's like, nah, man, they do the killing. He's like, I'm not really doing that shit. And, you know, <laughs> it's like, holy shit, Well, I, I don't even, I, I, the way dynamic. that I see it is, is that they would have, he would like, they did not set out to kill these people. These people wandered upon Leatherface no, exactly. in their house. Mm-hmm. He killed them. And then you have to follow through because you can't just let the rest of them get away. Like, mm-hmm. so I think that it was more of that than it, it was like, it's, these people are setting out to kill these kids I for think, food. I think it's definitely, they were being opportunists there for sure, but it's also showcased throughout the film. I mean, look at Pam when she falls into the and there's human shit everywhere. That could have been from grave robbing, but there's also a scene. no, no. I I believe that they they do, you know, probably murder people. But I just don't think that like just because you murder people doesn't mean that you're going to murder every single person, right? Like yeah. I think that it was like they, like had they not went to this house, no, no, I no. don't think that they would have. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. I don't yeah. I don't think it was ever that intended and stuff. But these people definitely. I always took it from the way I took it is that you know they were kind of killing for food and stuff right i mean just hence the the dinner scene and stuff like that and and which you know it's kind of interesting because it gets showcased down the down the road exactly why Mm -hmm. they're doing it and stuff which is kind of cool but Uh yeah but you know getting into that scene (laughs) which i always love man i was i always thought that grandpa looked so fucking gnarly dude and like yeah, and you know it's well. Kind of, he looks gnarly in all of them. Well, he, it's well, funny because th- this you know, one in part two, he looks amazing. Does, but yeah. in part two, they give him an age. It's obviously, yeah. you know, they're obviously joking with it a little bit, right? They, they, they say he's 137 in that one, you know, kind of thing. But <laughs> I always thought that in this one, I'm like, how old is he? Like a hundred years old? Like it's ridiculous. But yeah, um, I always yeah. love this scene though because you know, eventually they capture Sally, and now it's dinner time. You know, oh, dude, but when they capture Sally, it's fucking hilarious when he just starts hitting her with that. <laughs> Bro. Dude, but I that's know. like totally crazy. Like I, I love Jim Sidow's performance. Yeah, I know he's and I love bad. his character, and it even more so in part two because it's flushed out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But he's like, if you watch his, especially in part two, but if you watch his face, and in this one, honestly, he there's like a a multitude of emotions that go through his face, like disgust. Play, like like <laughs> yeah, uh, so true embarrassment yeah. just like um just, he's like actually crazy like it's it's crazy to see him kind of go through these emotions and his facial expressions like it's really really good he's the cannibal um, of a thousand that, faces <laughs> yeah, another thing that i wanted to point out we get the classic classic meat hook scene in this one which we see again and again yeah, yeah. but like and you don't see anything but yeah this movie's God. very like low on effects like they don't show anything like they don't show it with franklin when he gets it they don't there's show it here when yeah but it's not it's not like huge or anything no, like no. that there's not like a big gore. it's just a, it's uh, a little it's offshoot on the cap yeah so it's all what's in your head yeah and and the the meat hook is probably one of the more effective scenes because like when i seen it when i was well, a every kid, time it shows it just up it makes me fucking cringe like i just like i bet i arch my shoulders and i'm like ah. well it's like that every time yeah it, <laughs> every it's time such an effective way to like yeah. i've always had you know if you i mean through watching like eight films of you know the texas chainsaw massacre franchise <laughs> i've always <laughs> it always kind of makes me laugh a little bit i just assumed 
you know, because I've never actually done this myself. I've never actually hung a human <laughs> on a meat hook, so I'm not exactly 100% how the end result goes. But I've always figured that if you put somebody on a huge-ass, like, you know, 12-inch fucking hook, fish hook, you're, it go it's going to kill you pretty fast, dude. Like, yeah. It's going through your back. It's going to be somewhere in your lungs. You're probably going to bleed to death within minutes, kind of thing. It seems like people last on these things way longer. I don't than think they you should. would. I don't. I don't think you would bleed to death immediately. Well, I mean, if it punctures your lung, you're gonna, gonna with that big of a hook. Like it's gonna. You're gonna fill up, dude. and You're gonna essentially drown, die. right? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, well, that. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I don't know how the. Like I honestly don't know. Like I. <laughs> I always. I always assume that too. Like I. And especially when we get to part four, I'll, I'll air my grievances <laughs> about that. But um, I always expect that it's a pretty quick death as well. Like, yeah. um, it just seems like because it's it's not a skinny thing, right? Like, it, mm-hmm. those things are fucking thick. That's you know what, what I mean? Saying, That's a man. huge gape. It's like, it's get, well, I mean, it's like getting shot, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. It just depends. I guess it depends where it hits. You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah. I doubt you're going to be walking away from it. <laughs> exactly exactly um but yeah getting into my, one one minor thing i've always had with this film is not the dinner scene itself it's when sally jumps through the window that's fine and she Twice. makes her yeah so she jumps through the fucking window and she starts making her way off the property to the highway mm-hmm. now i've always wondered why they did it like this because, you know, you've got the hitchhiker there. I mean, they're all right there, right? She jumps through. Why the hitchhiker, who's right there, doesn't jump through the window right after her. But instead, we get this far out shot of her running and we get to see him come through the front door. So he actually goes, leaves the dining room area, goes through the house and comes out the front door, as does Leatherface. Which makes sense because Leatherface is supposed to be a little bit slow and retarded. I wouldn't expect him to jump out of a window with a fucking chainsaw, anyways. It just seems rid- ridiculous. But my point is, is that he goes. It's like they gave her a head start. I mean, maybe it's for filmmaking purposes. <clears throat> if he had maybe he had to up, grab his knife. Maybe, mm. but we don't know though. But I, I don't think in that moment though, if you were at risk of losing your dinner, you would jump out of that window right away because she, well, cleared, she cleared I, it out. I, man. I, I wouldn't jump out of it. But I'm, like the door is literally like ten foot away. But the but the fact that I mean it's a quicker route to her. Oh, you're you putting yourself in this situation. It's a quicker route if you land on your feet. But that window is pretty high. Do that. Honestly, I think in that situation though, if you were trying to kill somebody, they jump through a window. The window's totally clear. You can just jump right through after. Like you'd be right on her ass. Even though they do catch up to her, obviously, but. But I just never quickly. understood why he didn't come well, through the window right away. Knows, maybe he just feels like he's going to... Well, first of all, the character who you're talking about, let's be honest, is not the smartest person ever, mm-hmm. right? And two, like, we, d- I don't... I would have to go back and see, but I do not think his knife is in his hand when she jumps out the window. Um, so, But we do know that he starts cutting her as they're running. Yeah. So he he did end up having a knife when he walks out the door. So um, if I'm not mistaken, besides that, I could be wrong. It uh, could be on the table. But, but, but I will regardless. tell you this. I will tell you this. That window and that door are very close to each other, um, and the window is not just you know a foot off the ground either. Like it's it's kind of high up, mm. you know, a couple feet. Um, I get it, but I mean, I think that it's not unbelievable what the, that somebody would go out the door. I'm not, and step I'm not saying it's completely unbelievable. I just think your natural instincts would kick in in that moment. I mean, you are 
you know, two seconds away from killing this girl, she escapes on you. I think the quickest route to her is inevitable. It's it's your natural instinct. You know, it's it's almost seems comical to go through the front door. <laughs> you know, to me, it just seems like well, JP would do it in his. Soul <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't. This is a bunch of bullshit. I'm not jumping out a fucking window, bro. <laughs> it's actually not. I mean, it's it's not like it's 30 feet in the air, but it's not. It's yeah. n- it's also not like. Yeah, but like there's could be like glass there and shit. Like I'm not going to cut Oh myself. my God. You're worried about glass with this guy. But again, in the moment, though, I think that you wouldn't even worry. You'd be just like, I got to get that bitch. She just jumped out of a fucking window. <laughs> like that's I mean, kind of crazy. They, like, I, I mean, honestly, like they do. But it he'll... seems like th- like they've probably done this like a million times. They probably are comfortable with it. You know what I mean? They they probably have you know whatever. You see, my I, idea, I don't know. Like I've I, always... I kind of see it a little bit that you could make the argument that like um, some people would jump out the window, but I think other people wouldn't because the door's right there. But I mean, also knowing he lives there, he knows the geography from the house to the road, and it's actually quite close. I mean, there's actually a shot where you can like see the road to the house. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. so close, and that is like the big time deciding factor of why he wouldn't do it. It's like, man, you know, just even to go through the house and go through the door, you're going to give her enough of a head start. Maybe she's like Usain Bolt, and she's she fucking is. fast. Like she, she <laughs> but she runs like a girl. She runs like a girl. She yeah, totally, she runs like Leatherface, yeah, like a dumbass. Exactly. She got caught, you know, but. Who knows that she could have been super fast and been gone? Like I think the quickest route to her would have been the safest bet. It's not like a major. It's problem the quickest or if you if you jump. Like I don't know if you fuckers have jumped out a window before, but it's like like it's hard to do. Like it's not like because you have to like crouch down so the top of your head doesn't hit off the top part. Like unless you're talking about diving out the window, like she did. You know what I mean? Like that was not that was like. That was not a cat. That was just like a last resort type thing. Like it's it's kind of hard to like. I, have you ever climbed out of a window? It's not the fastest way out of a out of a house. But that window is also, I think, I think it's, it's actually it's big enough it's that he like probably could. Window. I think he could have probably stood on the seal and actually jumped right through. Like it wouldn't have been that big of a heart. It's not like it was like you know a little bedroom window type thing. But mm-hmm. but you know what I'm saying though, man. You know what I'm saying. Like I, yeah. I still think to this day. Like, you know me, I'm a really, really big fan of dummy deaths. Like, I absolutely love watching people fall <laughs> and, and when you know it's a dummy, it just, it, it literally... Well, that truck dummy. It puts me fucking. into stitches, man. And that is one thing about this film that I actually laugh at every single time. Because it just looks well, so viciously brutal. Because he, like, rips it's apart. Not, <laughs> it's, not as, it's not as good as the Dr. Butcher dummy death, but <laughs> no, no, it, it's no. up there. Yeah, there's lots of good ones, man. Oh, man. My, my, my only, too. like, plot thing, whole type thing that I have with this film is the guy who pulls over in the big truck. Like, he get. Like yeah, where did he get come out, from? Like he gets out and then he like gets in and then he go, gets out the other door. Like I never understood why he does that. Gets in, gets I think, out. I mean, honestly, I think it's because I mean, I always I just assumed, you know, he he got in there obviously to grab his wrench, which I think he does hit Leatherface. He does hit Leatherface with it. And yeah. and then whatever Leatherface goes around the other side and he bails out that side. But if you watch him actually, there's like a it's a long shot too. You can tell they're shooting from yeah. the other side. And Leatherface is chasing after Sally. If you watch, you see the truck driver actually run up the road and off the screen. I've heard people say, whatever happened to the truck driver? And I'm like, you actually see him running off screen. So he lives. 
They don't show him dying. Well, I don't well, think he was like. I don't think he. Was I'll tell you right anything, now that he actually though. doesn't live, and and I'll tell you why later. But in this movie, he well, lives. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, because I've heard um, people yeah. say, like, did he die? I'm like, no. He, if you watch closely, it's not focused. It's they they, they shoot think... the scene focused on all three things, but it, everyone's watching Leatherface and Sally. But yeah, if but you look you, to the right, he's gone. He, do you think he would have killed him in the first place? Do you think Leatherface would have killed him? I, think I don't so. think he would have killed him anyway. I think yeah, he of course he would have killed him. Why would he Why? Know? Well, first Why of all, he, the, they, they hit him with a fucking he wrench. Everybody. What do you mean? But he hit him with a wrench. <laughs> Who is he letting live? Who in does the history he, does, does he kill everybody? lived? But you have to remember everybody that's well, around him. That stupid ass shit in TCM 3D. The truck driver <laughs> actually hit Leatherface with that wrench, so he actually gave him a reason yeah. to do it. Oh, I guess so. So. But but my thing is like um, like yeah I I mean I guess that I guess the my plot whole thing was that why didn't why did he get out of the other side of the truck instead of driving away? Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking but, that too. Hey, I mean since he lived, I mean I guess I can't talk too much shit on him. And it's like <laughs> well, what is that pickup truck? Yeah, obviously it's like you don't see doing. they don't pass another car the entire time they're driving. Yeah, the but that's, the, that's and now there's fucking of that have trucks. Dude. But a truck and a pickup truck like both of them. Well, it's early know. ass in the morning. People probably on their way to work or some shit. <laughs> it, I don't know. I guess so. Do you think that's that not? Was, I noticed. That. I always wondered if this was intentional by Hooper to have Sally break out of the house uh, in the early morning. Um, so I mean, it's kind of interesting the timeline because the start of this shit happens in the daytime. So this whole thing happens throughout the whole night, which is like kind of a long timeline, right? Um, Do you think it was intended for him to have her break out in the daytime for filming purposes? Because I think it's really cool to note that it's daytime again. Way more unlikely that the trucks would be driving by in the middle of the night. Maybe for the storyline wise, for sure. But I think it actually, oddly enough, worked on a different level too, because having that horror happen in the morning too is is crazy. Like it doesn't just happen. And it feels like like the morning too. It feels like it feels like this long journey of like, and like seeing her in the back of the truck screaming and stuff. Like you really do buy that. She went through hell. Yeah. 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 She's screaming or is she laughing? She's screaming and laughing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah well, I think she's partially happening. laughing because she got away. Yeah. Um, and she's just mad at that point. But like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's powerful and it's definitely scary to know that, you know, obviously when you're a child watching this that like the like it it ends and leatherface is still uh <laughs> around there <laughs> you know what I mean? like, yeah it's uh, <laughs> so what do you guys think of the performance of leatherface in this one obviously by the uh late great gunner hansen um it doesn't have that much screen time you know like well it's so like funny. a long shot of him running like we don't really see that much like you know, we see a close up of his face every once in a while, but it's like, is is Leatherface the main attraction here? Is Leatherface well, the main attraction in any no, film? He's not. Isn't that weird? Because he became he, the iconic character more he's so not than the, really. But he's but never he's not, the he's never the he's main never, focus. Yeah, no, yeah, especially but, especially in one of the films we'll talk about later on. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's just ridiculous. But I love, man. love, 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 love. I absolutely love. That the in and that's what I like about the chainsaw films so much in general, is I love the family members that are created for these. Like some are better than others, obviously. Yeah. But um, they really steal the show a lot of the times. And um, like you look at Jim Sidow and as well as um, 
uh, the Hitchhiker, they are madmen. And Leatherface is Leatherface is a very interesting character in in all. He's the most normal out of all of them. There's a well, there's different iterations of Leatherface, and which like, is kind of ironic because they get, they they make the him out to be like retarded in some of these things. And yeah. we, we'll get into that later. I'm a little bit confused by that actually, but so in this one, um, I I think in this one he definitely is kind of stupid, like because of some of the performances that yeah, yeah. when he like um like when he when he starts rocking back and forth like doing that lick lip thing mm-hmm. uh he he's uh kind of like he looks just paranoid and like confused he's confused it's like he almost doesn't know it's so weird now that i'm thinking about all of them together it's like when you think about leatherface the movie it's like why is he like he wouldn't become that you know, dude, we'll get to that, this man. I, we, we've exactly. We'll get that's Church actually my head, <laughs> particularly what I was talking about because the prequel Leatherface is. Yeah, I don't he's know. Not retarded. He's just crazy. Well, so. it it just depends, man. Like it 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 just depends what version you're going with because part two but Leatherface but is completely same, different than but part that's one. That's the same version, though. That's supposed to be the Leatherface that we see in this movie. So yeah. is part two. Yeah, part two is the same one for sure. Yeah, which um, which is kind of funny. But, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's almost in a different world, though, but we'll get to that in a minute here. But yeah, that's yeah weird. but um, well, okay. Well, the, the the good thing about part one is you don't really know much about Leatherface at all. Like he has the the you know least about this Leatherface than any of the other ones. Um, and oh, this one, sure. all we know is at one point he puts on makeup, um, or at least a makeup face in the, the later part of the film uh and two he looks paranoid yeah the, all that that's good i'm glad you brought that up actually because that was something i was going to mention when we get to part four um because people are like what the fuck is with the trans the lipstick i'm like he's kind of wearing it in the first he, one man he's kind of well, i just first... feel like he he plays the mother role he he he's a like I think he's like trying to play the mother role of the family because the, clearly there's no mother here. So it's you mean like, in the uh, original? Yeah, I think my that's friend, why I think he's wearing I mean, a female like, face. Like he has multiple personalities. Like he's trying to. Well, that's a good he, theory. It, he's trying to play the mother role in this. I was in this always, sense when he puts on the mother's face because yeah, I, I think that that's uh, that's a fair argument. Like I think that he is See, definitely I, like. I always I, I feel like he well he definitely has a personality disorder. Yeah. Um, like where he, he, that's, I mean, I've always took it is as he puts on other faces because he doesn't want to be his own face or yeah, whatever. Yeah. I always thought like um, the way I took it though was totally, it was a hundred percent the fact that he, you know, killed some girl or whatever. And that was her makeup. That was the face that he had put on, you know, at that moment. That, which is definitely thing. possible as well. But that you, you cause know, they don't um, show him does, actually applying makeup onto that face where, you know, they do in a, yeah, in I'm, not, a I'm not saying that he would putting on makeup. I'm not yeah. saying that it's not somebody else's face. I'm just saying like when he puts on the mother, when he puts on the woman's face, like, oh, now he's the mother character. Yeah. Then when he puts on the other face, now he's the crazy character. Yeah. That's why I think like he has like yeah. multiple personalities. personalities. Right? Yeah. And we see exactly. that in part four too, you know? Yeah. It's, it's definitely something that can be um, talked about and debated on. Um, I, and I, I honestly think that each of the chainsaw films, um, kind of do their own thing with Leatherface, and 
uh, there's really no continuity between, and and I don't think that it's necessarily the writing more so as much as it is the performances. Like I think people just see Leatherface differently uh, from time to time. Maybe uh, except for part two, which he was more written that way. But um, anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, well, I guess we might as well I mean, just get into ratings since we've been talking about this. Well, I like think we hours. all know what it's going to be, so we might so, as well just move well, on to part two. Well. The, okay, l- one second here. Um, just any little bits of trivia that I have here, I wanted to shout out. Um, there's dozens and dozens of, of pages of trivia for for stuff like this. You know, movies that have been talked about to death. Um, but this is funny because uh, it, it initially Toby Hooper wanted to try to get this a PG rating, <laughs> not a PG thirteen because it didn't exist. <laughs> he was shooting for a PG. Hence the no blood, probably. Well, there's blood. Yeah. I could see yeah. that. It's like, besides like the hook scene and the scene with the with the chainsaw with Franklin, it's not any different than Poltergeist. It's more all psychological, more than what's shown. I mean, is this movie really worse than Poltergeist when you really think about it? I think on a serious note, I think I think for scare factor alone i think it's definitely a little more scary than poltergeist but i guess that's yeah. debatable too I, yeah. I think it's i think it's also well, it's first of all first of all you have to look at violence right yeah because violence does not equal gore no this movie is very very violent um even though we don't see a lot of gore it's very violent yeah don't and, you think poltergeist uh, is violent not that violent. no but there's lots of imagery in this mm. too like you know like, like i mentioned the scene with pam when she falls into the room and there's all that shit there i mean I mean, that could be taken... I mean, that's kind of scary to people. That's frightening. That's just emulating death. You know, it's, there was a lot of violent acts that went into that type of thing, right? Yeah, and so. I'm, not, I'm not saying that it shouldn't be R or X back then. No, no, it, was, it would have been R. There it would have been R, R back then. Yeah. But I don't, yeah. I, I don't... I could see the argument for it. Yeah. Yeah, so Gunnar Hansen... Um, Toby Hooper basically said, play Leatherface however you want to. Um, and Hansen decided, and, and now this is a little insight onto what Hansen thought the character was. Um, he decided to make Leatherface mentally handicapped, who never learned to talk properly. Uh, so he went to school for mentally handicapped and watched how they moved and listened to them talk to uh, get a feel for the character. Um, so he was looking for more of a mentally handicapped version of Leatherface. Um hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. Uh, so uh, Marilyn Burns, uh, Toby Hooper used a stunt double for uh, Sally's leap through the windows. All the same, Marilyn Burns actually hurt herself shooting the insert of her falling to the ground. <laughs> yeah, you can tell. So it's moves, that there. even that little even that little ass window, you know, still hurt yourself. <laughs> Maybe if he saved the money on a stump person, he could have fucking got a soundtrack like he wanted. Um. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, work. Yeah, right. Work better without it. I know. I'm just fucking. Uh, Gunner Handsome wore three inch heels so that he was taller than the rest of the cast. Who did? Gunner Hansen. Oh, <laughs> really? Well. Uh, and let's see. Uh, Edwin Neal, who played the hitchhiker, said that making this film was more miserable than his service in Vietnam. <laughs> what kind of <laughs> And he said that he might kill director Ho- Toby Hooper if he ever saw him again. <laughs> it's probably well, why that guy why never worked again. 
It's probably why he never worked again. <laughs> He's like, fuck this movie making shit. I'm he going likes to. He kills people a lot. Look what he did to freaking Marianne and freaking Poultry Guys. Yeah. He fucking killed her too, practically. Well, he killed everybody, and that was worked on that movie. Uh, I would not so, want to work with Toby Hooper. The film's bad. original budget was $60,000. During the editing process, the filmmakers incurred an additional 80000 in cost, requiring they uh, that they sell all portions of the ownership of the film's royalties. Hmm. Huh. Hmm. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Uh, was this a video nasty? Uh, no, it's it's one of the... It's a video nasty. No, it's one of those unclassified ones. It's weird. It's not even on the section one, two, or three list. It was, it was taken, but it wasn't uh, prosecuted. It's strange. Huh. So it was banned, but not prosecuted. I think it's on the same level. There's like there's like four or five films that are on there, on this weird list. But hmm. yeah. Uh, this was number one in Slant Magazine's hundred greatest horror films of all time, which is pretty cool. And oh, the van! How about this? The van that the kids drive actually belonged to Mister Ted Nikolai of Subspecies fame. How about that? <laughs> That's, That's so, weird. So random. Well, yeah. he worked. He worked on sound in this film. Oh, okay. Which a lot of people don't ever mention because I I think I had heard that before, but I completely forgot because uh, well, the auto museum near me has the van from the remake. Okay. Mm, nice. And so, they have uh, Christine. And I wanted that, to take you there. Maybe I should have took you there. That, that is cool. it for um, trivia. There's more, but obviously, um, you know. And also moods. Uh, the narrator was also in the remake. Oh, it was right. The, okay. There you go. Yeah, John Larroquette. I never did look it up, <laughs> but I just when I was watching the remake, I was like, I think that's Larroquette again. Just a lot older. <laughs> you know, yeah. The voices yeah, a tiny bit different. So. Um, let's yeah. get into ratings. Um, how about 30 out of 30 Hall in. move on. All right. Um, yeah. Texas Chains the Massacre, man. What can I say? It's, uh, it's, it's horror, man. It's pure, pure horror. 10 out of 10. I said my piece with this one. All right. Uh, I will go next. Um, oh, you come know, on, Jackie. You really have to go next. Obviously. Uh, this is, this is my favorite horror film of all time like even 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 the you know any problems that you have with it are minimum kind of it's 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 hard to even make an argument on why this movie isn't good i can see arguments why people don't like it you know because you know it, it's a little slow to some people there's no gore i, I don't know i've heard people say it's overrated which can't be I more mean, slower than part four jesus christ <laughs> so slow at uh, all. i don't get that man I don't get that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, I will forever remember the first time that I seen it, and and you know, rewatching it this time um, on DVD. Actually, um, do not have a Blu-ray for this, which I almost grabbed. I almost grabbed because um, I seen it in the dump bin. Yeah, I got the four disc special edition. This guy's I like paid a nine ninety nine for it. This guy's like yeah. a part time. He's like a part time fan of his favorite film. Fucking <laughs> like yeah. DVD. Yeah, blu- I mean, the Blu Ray isn't even that like amazing, but honestly, yeah, man, the well, Blu Ray so does bad. look good, man. That Dark Sky four yeah. K, man, that thing is good, man. That is really good. I've heard oh, people say it actually looks too good. That so. price books fuck that up. 
yeah but you know it's just it's it's like i, I just love it man you know it was i, I actually watched it at work uh, oddly enough um this time that i watched <laughs> it on that night shift and and i still love, loved it you know um obviously 9.5 no i'm kidding 10 out of 10 <laughs> 10 out of 10 even though it's not my favorite movie still respect it so so that's that's the perfect 30 for the hall of fame and which I'll, i have to update the hall of fame I mean, there's a few things that need to go in there i'll admit man when i when i first saw this movie i think was i think i was i don't know early 90s 11 or 12 years old it wasn't my favorite movie either and yeah. it was always i can see i i always I can tell where people are coming from with the screaming at the end and stuff. It does, man. If you watch this movie really loud, like with on like on a shitty stereo or something, like it's gonna pierce your fucking ears, man. But kudos. I love those. I didn't say this. I love those fucking close-ups of, of Marilyn eyes. Burns' eyes. She has the yeah. best fucking eyes. It's They're so, so green, dude. They're that so used good. to make me cringe when I was a kid. Oh, I love those really shots. Did. Those are my probably my favorite shots of the movies, and it's like it's so simple. It's just eyes, but she has like the yeah. perfect eyes for that kind of shot fucking awesome nice yeah but all right so that's chainsaw one on the afternoon of august 18th 1973 five young people in a volkswagen van ran out of gas on a farm road in south texas four of them were never seen again the next morning the one survivor sally hardesty enright was picked up on a roadside blood caked and screaming murder sally said she had broken out of a window in hell the girl babbled a mad tale a cannibal family in an isolated farmhouse. Chainsawed fingers and bones. Her brother, her friends, hacked up for barbecue. Chairs made of human skeletons. Then she sank into catatonia. Texas lawmen mounted a month-long manhunt, but could not locate the macabre farmhouse. They could find no killers and no victims. No facts, no crime. Officially, on the records, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre never happened. But during the last 13 years, over and over again, reports of bizarre, grisly chainsaw mass murders have persisted all across the state of Texas. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre has not stopped. It haunts Texas. It seems to have no end. All right, so moving into the year of 1986, uh, which is um, actually quite... 12 years. 12 years, man. 12 years later, Toby Hooper decided to do a sequel to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, simply titled The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Uh, this was actually distributed... Uh, we made this for Canon, which is really cool. Yeah. And this... He actually was not going to direct this film. He was just going to produce. Yeah, but they couldn't um, find anybody, right? So he just... They couldn't, couldn't find, find the right yeah. person. They couldn't find somebody who would do it for the, that cheap and other things that went into it <laughs> well yeah hooper needed the money let's face it he needed it so um yeah this one you read here introduces you know we get the iconic character of chop top in this one i still to this day cannot believe that dennis hopper did this film i don't know what it is <laughs> i just i don't know what it is about dennis hopper being casted in a chainsaw film that just cracks me up but i'm glad yeah, but he's later on in his career at this point it's not that maybe it was desperate no i mean didn't he do like speed and shit still that was a big dennis movie. hopper was still a big star like this is the type of movie <laughs> i cannot believe that he did because I mean, yeah but this it, movie looks bigger than what it is like the set design in this movie well i'm talking about his fucking amazing it's yeah but so i mean i'm just i'm saying it's a it's a fucking sequel produced by canon 
like it's to it's just it just does not like even the script like it's like i can't imagine him <laughs> Could you, him just it. picture dennis hopper reading the script going yeah yep <laughs> i'll do it i just i don't know i always wanted to know what he got paid because it always seemed like hop like dennis hopper would have had pretty decent paychecks you know from his films and stuff i don't know i, I just i think it's hilarious maybe he just like the script so much but uh quick little synopsis a radio host is victimized by the cannibal family as a former texas marshal hunts th- hunts them that's it i'm not reading the long one fuck that shit we know what chainsaw 2 is about I love this movie, man. It's so fucking fun. This is like the definition of a popcorn movie. Have you watched... You've seen this movie before, right? Have you seen all of them before? All of what? All of the chainsaws. No, I've seen after part four. Well, no, I haven't seen part three. And... That's it. I haven't seen part three. So the only one that you didn't see was part three. So you've seen this one before. Was you? Did you always like this one, or did you? Come I haven't around? seen it like since like the VHS days. So it's been a while since I've saw it. So I really didn't remember it that much. But I've always I really al- liked it this time around. I've always had a, uh, I've always had a love hate relationship with this film. Like it's not a good movie, but it's just like it's just nonsense and like. Everything that happens in the last like half an hour, forty minutes of the movie is complete and utter bullshit. Just off the wall chains, like shit going boom, and well, it's, just it it doesn't make fucking any sense. It doesn't sense. have to. It doesn't have to because it's pretty much a parody of the original yeah. chainsaw. It's essentially what it is. Um, I don't know. I and there's like and all the stuff that happens, like all the stuff that's on in the background, and like that's like the main thing that I think I liked about this movie was like. It's it's a very stylized movie. Like it 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 has that canon style, but it's a really great movie to just like look at the background and what's going on in the background, especially when they get to the underground parts. Like you can literally just like it's just like it feels like an old school monster movie with like stupid laboratory bullshit. Which I won't I won't even lie. I think the underground stuff is actually my least part my least favorite parts of the film. Yeah. I like I like the first really? fifty minutes of the movie more than the last fifty minutes. I don't know what it is. I find when it gets down into the underground lair, where the Sawyer family is now residing, and I don't know, man. I feel like it just. I feel like it kind of plays itself out a little. It drags in parts, man. This movie is like a over. It's like a hundred and three minutes long, and more okay, than so- half the movie is like you know, the climax of the film is like more than half the film. And it, I feel like it drags in parts. I don't know. I, I felt like it could have been definitely brushed this- up with the editing. So, so the scroll at the beginning of this film um, basically says that uh, I actually like the scroll to this one. Basically, says that that Sally escaped and and raved about a chainsaw wielding cannibalistic family, but the police never found anything. So, yeah. on record, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre never happened. Yeah. Um, but isolated incidents all over Texas. So you get the idea that they've been moving a- around <clears throat> and. Uh, it's interesting because uh the the it's it's definitely very 80s like in terms of like the yuppies at the beginning um, <laughs> it's, it's definitely very different from that fucking from the cell phone chainsaw. And, and you know what's funny dude the car phone? <laughs> i wrote down that yeah the car phone. there's not only one of them though but the fucking cook has one too yeah, yeah i know <laughs> he got a goddamn car phone as well so um to me, uh, I think that this movie is. I remember renting it along with um, 
I, I want to say that Nightmare it was like four. one of the leprechauns, and I remember renting it and instantly like hating it. Like I was just like, this is so crap. Like I can't believe they did this. The chainsaw, like it makes no sense. Um, and then I picked when I picked it up on DVD, I fell in love with it and i started noticing little things that i loved like the first time i seen it i had no idea that nubbins aka the hitchhiker was the guy that shop top was carrying around like to me that was brilliant i was like yeah. oh my god that's that so cool. you didn't know that yeah nah. The, the the dummy that he's carrying yeah, around, yeah, I know the that's dummy. the hitchhiker. Yeah. So he yeah. even has the same satchel on his neck, the the squirrel satchel or whatever. Yeah. Huh. The, the squ- well, I know like you, I know like when, because uh, during the original movie, he would have been in Vietnam, correct? Chop Top? Chop Top. Yeah, 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 he was yeah, in yeah, Vietnam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. All right. Okay, so now... Besides that, like there, there's still things that I pick up on. Like uh, this time watching it, I noticed that Chop Top drops a line that says, "Because he got uh, injured in Vietnam, his his money paid for all of this uh, business, this meat business," um, which I never noticed before. Like one of the coolest things about mm-hmm. this movie is if you listen to it, listen to all the crazy dialogue that you just think is nonsense in the final like underground like the final like 40 fucking minutes yeah, <laughs> like know. it all has like references and it's like it it's actually really cool well-written dialogue like there's a lot of cool things said down there mm-hmm. um and you know when you take the the beginning parts of this film you have um carolyn williams who is uh stretch uh, also, uh, Hatchet I... Three fame and uh, Stepfather Two, Leprechaun Three. She's been in some stuff. Um, she's a <laughs> DJ, um, and I, I really like that. Like, I, I think that this film has a really interesting little setup here that's very different from the what original. Do you th- why do you think they came up with the name Stretch for? It's just one of those weird DJ names. But it sounds like, <laughs> like what well, was your like a DJ dude's... name? Moods. It sounds moods. Moods. <laughs> yeah. But like, man. But Stretch sounds like a guy's name. I think they even make. I think uh, Lefty even mentions it, and it's like Stretch. <laughs> what was Stretch? But it, I don't know. It just it sounds so off. I don't know if there's like deeper meaning to naming her Stretch in this one. Don't know. Yeah, um, I don't know. Uh, but they all have kind of weird names, like Lefty and Right, and Right, Lefty and But okay, so I mentioned a while back that uh, Stretch and Lefty were supposed to be brothers and sisters in the original script, and then somebody corrected me. That's not true. They Stretch was supposed to be Lefty's daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um, that was in the original script. Yep. It didn't make it into the actual film. Uh, so w- when you have... Because um, then you would have a Texas Chainsaw 3D situation at hand. Yeah. Really, when well, you think about it. So one of the things yeah. that... When this film starts, um, after you get the, the whole, like, you know, yuppies dying and then uh, Lefty, you know, talking to the police and stuff, then you have um, the... Uh, seen in the radio uh, station area and basically Chop Top kind of infiltrates this building dude like when he's sitting down there he's just (laughs) sitting on the couch downstairs 
it's like terrifying and this movie actually is kind of scary at times like he's just sitting there and it's so uncomfortable he like he definitely mirrors his brother aka the hitchhiker like they, they are very very similar they're supposed to be twins which which is pretty cool makes sense um and he's like just he's jacked up like his brother he, he's like, just he's, so uncomfortable he, it's it's he, like a it's a remake of the van scene yeah well, yeah, he brings that same level. Bill Mosley brings that same level of intensity as he, bring, he brings the, the same level of un, being, un, being uncomfortable around him. Yeah. Simply uncomfortable. Yeah, he's like on the eleven scale. I yeah. think like that has to do with like like him like talking like a million miles a second. He's like, hey, and he's scratching his head and he's doing all that well, crazy that shit. That like, shit still bugs me to this day when he's doing that. I like it is so comfortable. Fucking repulsive, dude. When he's like, I mean, it's <laughs> he's one like, thing that he's he'd... like. Sometimes he flicks it. Sometimes he eats it. Like every time is different. <laughs> I know. Like, but when he eats it, though, like, dude, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> like it's so weird to be like watch him like one time we'll be like we'll pick at it and then he'll look at it and then nothing and we'll keep talking one time we'll pick at it and he'll look at it and he'll flick it like one time he'll look at it and he'll eat it it's like he's just like he's just like bring his he's exhausting to watch like the hitchhiker he just brings like that level of oh. like crazy intensity the entire time he is a little bit much i i, I actually really like the setup to this film man using the radio station and stuff which i can kind of relate mm-hmm. to i always like that though man but just the whole fact that these these fucking piece of shit rich college boy college boys get killed <laughs> on this tape on air and they're fucking around and shit i just love that setup man but when dude gets his lid like chopped in half man yeah. JP, i couldn't help but laugh and i had to question I had to ask you, man. How are you feeling about that gore scene? Because the the I the always blood... hate those effects. Those <laughs> yeah, I effects know you suck. do. I've and always like squirt out. But you have to like the squirting. But you have yeah, to make if it a... looks like if it looks like the blood is coming out of a hose, that is bad. Every <laughs> yeah, filmmaker should. Canon, but Gene, I don't give this a is fuck. also meant to be a comedy, though. Too, you can tell because even the even the body's still kind of moving. Yeah. <laughs> his brain is like so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but I just I, I, mean, I love that. Scene. I will never ever ever find comedy in in that stuff like really? to me it's, it's so silly but see that's the thing that brings us i mean if it was i don't know if it was just done differently it takes me out of the splitting. movie because it's yeah like, but did they, you laugh at the scene stupid. at the end of the first film when the fucking hitchhiker gets destroyed <laughs> it didn't look fake to me though the how dummy? does that not look fake oh that's that a dummy death fake. that's a dummy death <laughs> It, do, it just doesn't it never it never really looked fake like i can obviously tell it's a dummy but it's not it's meant to look like somebody's being ran over this is this to me does not look like somebody who got their head chopped off their, the top of their head chopped off it looks like there's a bunch of hoses squirting out blood that's what it looks like mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like, i just I just I'm love. Not a fan. I, I've always I'm been a big fan, fan of the, the setup of this man. So they go on the, they go back to the radio station. They're playing this shit over and over again, and of course that enables Chop Top, Chop Top, and of course Leatherface to track them down. They they need to take care of these people before they get exploited. So I like that, but but it actually leads into well, of, one of, of the course, most craziest scenes in the man, franchise. Well, this is where we get to this, you know, meet Chop the Top and his uncomfortableness. Oh, dude, but the, that fucking radio station scene has. Might even be the best scare of all time. With when Leatherface. Leatherface pops out of the damn I have watched. I am section. not <laughs> fucking joking. Yeah, out of the vinyl, out of the vinyl uh, vault. Th- that I've seen this movie so many. Actually, this is the third time I've watched it this year because we did this on the '86 show. Yeah. And I should. And I've not, seen it on 35 millimeter this I, year. I know I've seen it like four times. I know it's coming every single time. 
and I'm, I, I got some pretty good timing. Like, I got rhythm. It gets me every time, man. <laughs> There's something in the way it's executed. It is scary. So perfect, it is scary. Man. It's the best. It's one of the well, best scares of all time. I've said this time and time again, dude. Chainsaws are probably the scariest thing in a horror movie for me. Like, the sound of a chainsaw. Like, I used to... Uh, well, even work... in haunted houses, those are always, like, the worst fucking thing is the fucking chainsaws. Oh, dude, man, I used I to it. work for uh, a tree cutting business, right? Um, it's It was my first job. And I will tell you, man, like when like when you're around chainsaws all the time, like and I and my friend nearly cut off, like nearly lost his arm by hitting a, uh, a nail in a tree and it bouncing back. Um, they are absolutely like monstrous. Like it is it is a frightening thing. The sound and just how much damage just nicking just touch just tapping you can do is insane. <laughs> like so I've been around chainsaws a lot growing up even too. My pap worked for a, a, a lumber yard. So um like I I know chainsaws and they're fucking scary as I shit. Actually, dude. I actually own a really good one. I got a nice still that I use I take it out camping all the time I'm always bucking up shit and stuff I love chainsaws man they're fucking fun yeah. it's just sharpening them and shit and oh it's the pain in the ass what do you, dude what, <laughs> what, what do you guys think about the dry humping part with Leatherface and his chainsaw I don't mind it at all I feel, yeah. like, I feel like the context of this movie it works like I kind of like this iteration but if this of is the but same see, Leatherface but if this is the same Leatherface as the first film it's like you don't see that sexual tension well, it's not. It's definitely Sam. not existed in the first film. This no. is a completely different tonal movie, one hundred percent. But it's still the same Leatherface, though. Tone it's or not. supposed to be, but it's not. I know. Like it, 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 technically, on paper, it's like yes, this is the same person, but it's a completely different world than the first film. But you also and have to put it in the context of time, of though. Too hate it. If you put it in the context, I mean, this is what twelve years later. Who knows, man? Maybe they've from all that moving around, they've kind of lightened that up and possible. gained gained personalities a little bit. Maybe yeah. you know, after twelve years of killing people, maybe there's a little bit of sexual maybe, tension. Maybe after twelve people. years of hanging with Chop Top, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean? Like the, the, <laughs> it's true. I don't know. I just love this movie. It just has that. It just has that style for uh, me. Listen, I'm and gonna be honest. So fun. I like this portrayal of Leatherface more than the original. And that I know that is like blasphemous to say, Dude, but I, I find believe... him more interesting. Okay, now I'm just blown away here, man. Like I, I like this movie. Leatherface is actually one of my least favorite characters in this film, man. Like him moving around and, and doing the hip dance and shit like that. Like it's it's a little too goofy for me. Like I, I like stupid things like squirting up blood. Like I mean, whatever. See, I find it interesting, JP, that you like this Leatherface more, which I find to be insanely goofy versus you know the blood shooting out of the head well, like you well, find he, that silly he, well i like to, to me though it isn't it isn't goofy like it's not it's like okay yeah it looks silly but the character is not doing it to make you laugh like that's just his character like he's he's sort of out of like he 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 has more of like a i love his facial expressions where like they're talking to him and they're, they're like they're like did you see him and he's like uh, and he shakes his head no and, and then he shakes his head yeah and they're like well did you and he and he like, i just find 
Mm-hmm. I find this perform. It's very different. It's very, very different. They're definitely not the same people. Um, but I'm just saying there is more of an emotion with body language in this film than there ever was in the original for me. Because there's one scene that truly shows you who Leatherface is in the original. And other than that, it's just – it could have been anybody. Any actor, any stuntman, any actor could have played I don't know. I think I think a lot of the movements and you know, the goofiness of Leatherface in this is – is it's heightened to that level to make the viewer laugh because this movie is more of a satire of the first film. I have and I never, think, I, I really don't laugh at Leatherface, honestly. I don't, I don't, I, I don't I, find I don't that, that much. There's other parts in this film I do chuckle at. I don't find that funny at all. I think like that direct kind of like silly humor that some people find comical. I, I, I personally don't really find that funny, but I think it is there for the viewers enjoyment i think it's there to make people well, smile and kind of laugh and yeah stuff. i mean because i mean otherwise I, I why would they do there it because he's an interesting character like he he has this like real weird um fascination with with stretch which i i think is great like it's it kind of is a completely different viewpoint of leatherface i think like he's not because she figures out in which is a very odd moment in the film like you guys feed off fear so if I act calm, you know, like I always thought that was kind of a weird discovery the way she figures it out right away. Because well, I, once she I acts feel like calm, she figures out. I think she figures out that he likes her. Well, I don't <laughs> and know. Then well, she just plays that up. Maybe, maybe you could. Yeah, you, well, she definitely it's, does. It's debatable for sure, but like, yeah. But when she's acting real calm and she's kind of talking to him like a real person and stuff, that scene still kills me to this day. Like <laughs> he's got the chainsaw like right in her crotch and shit. Like yeah. he's like really touching her there too. Like you can see it yeah. touching her. Yeah, that's what, I, that's what I was talking about with the dry humping a little while uh, yeah, ago. It's I'm like, like I'm curious to see what your guys' thoughts are on that scene because it's totally like I've it's totally been, the most jarring. Scene. I just I just buy it mesmerized by it. That's like this Leatherface is so much different than the original Leatherface that like I'm okay with both of them existing. Like. Oh, Sure. I think I this one's too. more fun in, in a way. Like this movie is obviously not like it, it's a. I, I've always for the longest time had trouble like really explaining what I like about it, but it just works on every level for me in terms of like the way that the characters are and like like just the way that if you like watch this movie, the cook literally does not stop talking, but everything he's saying is golden. Like I'm just like he's like talking about like like shit that actually makes sense like it's like the businesses putting down the little man and stuff and it's just like he just goes on and on and on and like chop tops like no land like and he's just like going nuts and then like leatherface is walking around he's all like like you know afraid that they're gonna find out that he has this girl over here and stuff like that it just it just it's a chaotic as fuck it's like insanity to me i've just it works so much for me it 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 really does it's it's one of my favorite this is my like Return of Living Dead Elm Street three type movie. Like this, I could watch it over this th- this film right here, man. Now I, that I, I've watched it again, I know that everybody loves Chop Top so much. I like Chop Top. I don't love Chop Top. I like Chop Top. My favorite character in this film is Drayton by far the cook. I think he is the fucking everything about him is so funny, man. Like you said, his dialogue and shit, well, his well, facial expressions are him, so the first fucking time you, funny you to see me, him man. at the first time you see him at the chili cook off. It's just you, oh, you smile because you know what's going on. You know what the what's in the chili. He's like, oh, that's a hard hard shell hard peppercorn, shell, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's the just hard like, shell it's so peppercorn. Funny. Just, it's just, it's just hard not to smirk because it's like dude. you know who he is. Because I, of the first movie, it's just I, like it's so good. I break out in laughter every time I hear that. Oh, that's one of those hard shell peppercorns. <laughs> and everyone's just like, oh yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so fucking good, man. He's my favorite character, man. But actually. 
pretty much right after that scene leads into actually, I think one of the funniest things I've ever seen, man, is like, is fucking Dennis Hopper lefty's <laughs> and he goes to buy the chainsaws and he just walks into this chainsaw business. And one of my favorite things. And yeah, he's, he's got all this money, and he just starts grabbing chains, and the way he's doing it. But my favorite thing about that scene is the owner. If you guys watching, if you're watching the owner, it's so funny. He keeps looking behind him like there's someone there, and he's like, who's he performing for? <laughs> it's fucking gold. It's so subtle, but it's so gold. Yeah, man. the, the oh, owner is fuck. awesome. He's I funny. He's like, give damn suckers a time or two. And then when dude, you start attacking such the, the log, biggest. Oh, Listen, I've noticed oh this God. since day one when I've watched it. Dennis Hopper's body double is like horrendous in that scene. I think they do it purposely, man. I swear to God they do it because when he pulls back and he's like doing that, like you can on like it's it feels like it's kind of slowed down a little bit. Like, hey, look, we're using a body double. It's kind of adding to the joke a little bit. I don't know if that was intended, but I always took it like that. It kills me, dude. So obviously, this guy that's like twenty years younger than Dennis Hopper. I fucking love it, so good. But I just I, I love all the comments the uh, the owners making when Lefty's chopping up that log. Like he's he's he, I, you can't even make out half the shit that he's saying, but it's fucking hilarious, man. He's like, oh yeah, give it to him. That's how you do it. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> but he doesn't know what he's doing it for, right? He's just like, oh yeah, that's how you do it. Fuck is it ever? <laughs> Fuck the whole scene is golden, man. It's so good. One of the funniest shit in the movie, man. Well, that that brings me to the one person who I actually don't really care for in this movie, and it is Dennis Hopper. Like, I don't it's, think... to me. Okay, he, I, he's he's just walking through the place, and he's like, "I'm gonna bring it all down, bringing it all down." Uh, and I'm dude, just like, "Shut up!" Dude. I think that <laughs> I I think that they underplay Dennis Hopper's character actually, because there's a there's a big portion of the film where he's like not even really around. And I don't think they yeah, did. And he his, just shows up at the end. Yeah, and which is kind of funny. It's like, where did he go the whole time that Stretch was down there? I'm like, was he just like waiting for the appropriate moment to jump in? Well, there? no, like, he's seen he's he seen Franklin, which honestly is actually a good scene. Like yeah, when he I sees guess. Franklin, but he, the but light he's dies gone, out. <laughs> but he has gone for like a long time, and he comes back at the right time, kind of thing. But I didn't like the way they did away with Hopper's character in this film either. That whole scene with the grenade and stuff, and I was like, eh. yeah, yeah. I think they I probably like could have given him a little bit more of a hero death kind of thing. You know? No, screw him. He sucks. No, dude. I think Lefty's <laughs> fucking hilarious in the film. I love him. All, I, dude, he Lefty's Lefty is honestly lame. Like no, he's a he's lame not. character. No, he's like, not. He's he's like honestly like I love Dennis Hopper. He's like honest. I think he's great and he, stuff. He, but honestly, Lefty's just as crazy as the Story Family for fuck's sake. He's been hunting he down is. the Story he Family is. for the last fifty or whatever thirteen yeah. years, whatever they say in the storyline. And you know, ever <laughs> since his brother Franklin was killed and shit, which. Which is another this is his nephew, right? Or his is this is that his nephew or is, no? He says brother. Is it actually his nephew though? Yeah, it's his nephew. Okay. Anyway, so his nephew gets killed, and but there's never any mention of this, Sally. Yeah, there's. What, yeah, when there did is. They, when did they mention Sally? He they mention uh, the, when he when he meets that cop. I think he's says you're looking for your niece's. What, what or what? I think he. I think he mentions. No, I don't I'm think. Pretty Den- sure he does mention Sally. I don't think Dennis Hopper actually ever mentions Sally. She might have been brought up by maybe someone else. Something. But I don't think Sally's name is ever brought up, which I always thought was interesting because they no, actually I'm pretty named sure, I'm, Franklin. I'm almost so sure. I'm almost sure that they 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 mentioned the the incident with his niece or some shit. Like, I swear they don't. I could be wrong, but I mean, I think I was looking for this. I don't know, but anyways. Um, but, but anyway, I mean, Sally is 
you know, kind of we don't know what happened to her in this one, you know. Yeah, they don't <laughs> but, really like, break we it down. She it. escapes, but don't they say it like in the intro, in the prologue? Don't they say something? Did, did it, is this one that says no. she slipped into catatonia? No, I thought no. No, I think it actually it. might be. No, I think it's in the third one. Damn it! <laughs> no, no, no. In the third one, they say that she dies in 1977, four years after she was in, institutionalized or something. Oh, is that the third one? Yeah, so this is the one where she slips yeah. into catatonia, I believe. That's okay. And so, um, but the, one of the best lines, I love this line. He's like, he's like, you know, uh, he's like, you know, just some college kids out raising hell. He's like, yeah, that one raised so much hell he sawed his own head off. <laughs> like, <laughs> Dude, going 90 miles an hour. <laughs> See, that line's fucking amazing. So good. It was something like that. It's, it's, dude, like, okay, I like Dennis Hopper as lefty in moments, but I do think he was completely underutilized. I guarantee you yeah, that it was I, I do, time I do constraints. I always, it was definitely constraints i always felt like yeah there was a void there with his character like he could have been used way more like stretch obviously is like the main focus in this film it seems like but like in the storyline you know they introduce this character like he's going to be the lead you know he's the guy that's yeah. hunting down the family and stretch is kind of like his partner now kind of thing but it doesn't play yeah. out like that and i always felt a little bit disappointed watching this film because maybe it's because i'm such a big dennis hopper fan in general i just I wanted just to see him. he's a great personality he's a great method actor too which is kind of interesting if you know dennis hopper he's got an interesting yeah. story um i i don't i like dennis hopper i think he's crazy and stuff but i would not want him to be the hero like i'm fine with him hit like i wish he was in the movie more <laughs> But uh, I, I'm fine with him dying. Like, yeah, I didn't need him to live because <laughs> he's crazy, too. I don't know. Everybody pretty much dies. So. Um, but so one of the things is with uh, the um, this particular film, there was actually a scene that was cut. Joe Bob Briggs was actually in this film, too. Um, but there's a scene that was cut uh, where the, you know, Chop Top and uh, Drayton and Bubba um, which this is the now the first actual name we get for Leatherface, first of many. Um, <laughs> he yeah. actually, um, they actually go on a killing spree, and like there was like a bunch of gore stuff shot that 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 got chopped up, and the, it's on the special edition DVD in the Scream Factory Blu-ray, like his bonus features. But it's like that the footage is in rough, rough condition. Um, gotta get that Blu-ray. No, yeah, it's, it's 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 man, dude. I like I smile so much watching this movie. Like, yeah. like I love when um, LG like his fucking face is all cut off and shit, and he's still spitting. He's like, yeah, he's like, he's like, but it's like he like you think he's gonna die, like he's just gonna fall back and die, but then he keeps going. It's like it's yeah. so funny. He's like, no. It- even leading up to that, man, you think you, you just assume LG's dead because he got his ass beat down at the radio station. They, dude, he know, gets fucked up too, fast, man. Fast forward to the uh, underground lair when Leatherface is stripping him of all his skin and shit. <laughs> like you and she puts you're it still, on stretch. You're dude, still, that scene is so messed up. I know, it's so gross. But you're under the impression he's dead and he comes alive. It's like, what the fuck? And he sits up and then he spit, spits. Because, like, <laughs> I know that in kills the me, commentary, man. I've... I've listened to the commentary before. And I believe Hooper said that if you and you can tell if you pay attention that when he first comes into frame, you can see his tattoo LG is on him because he has his name on him. And they show they purposely have him standing certain ways so you can see that tattoo throughout the beginning parts of the film because he was worried that people weren't gonna 
know who it was um that the you know because they don't show the face cutting off and stuff like that that much and uh they also have his signature spit because they wanted to make sure (laughs) that people knew who the character was when he didn't have a face (laughs) (laughs) oh dude it was so messed up when she's like she's wearing his face and she's like (laughs) It's yeah. sad. It's so, <laughs> yeah, up. Man, it's so gross. I just, uh, I honestly love the way he's doing the skinning on his leg. He's got one of those like turkey carvers. <laughs> it mm-hmm, fucking yeah. cracks me up, man. That, that's a really good effect. But then he like pulls the, out like the chest that, piece uh, and the face. Yeah, dude. That's out, like the tiny saws too. Um, was it that this one too where he pulls out like the tiny, the tiny chainsaws or the spinning uh, plates? I don't think it was this. one. No, no. Yeah, but no. Um, <laughs> But, but yeah, I, I mean, th- this one is one of those films where it's like, I I like the set design in the underground layer. It, I like this film. You have to look at it like this. It's right? so big. Like, a lot, a lot of things don't make sense. Like the I the very fact that they could have this like underground layer thing is <laughs> is impossible. They're like at so, an amusement like, park. Like they're yeah, living like underneath they, this amusement. Like how is that even po- like that's totally not possible. It's nonsensical. Yeah, like, it's in the whole movie nonsensical. Yeah, but to have that big of a layer, it's, it'd be different if you lived in like a four by four room or something. But this thing is like a whole fucking underground. <laughs> it looks like it looks like the Nazis' bunkers. The one the one benefit of this film is that it's played not like realistic from the get go. Yeah, and that helps it. Like unlike House of a Thousand Corpses, where there's a giant underground layer, that film's played serious straight through Mm -hmm. um but this one is not so it's like i can buy the underground layer because we're in a fantasy world here um it's it and 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 that's once i figured that out when i was you know when i bought it on dvd i finally was able to appreciate this movie because it's completely different than the original like it is not in the same world like technically like continuity wise it is yeah but they are completely different films and i don't care what the fuck toby hooper says because he always tried to say like oh well the original one i i made the same way i made it comedic and i'm like no bro like you can try to pull that say that shit but there's no way that you were trying to be a com a black comedy in the first film no. like there might be moments like when the the cook is like smacking the girl with the broom and stuff like that but th- this is on a whole nother level homie yeah exactly <laughs> actually Dude, grandpa good yeah i'm just gonna say one of my favorite things in the underground lair which it's it you know i, I I'll stick by it. I think it goes on a little bit too long in there. I, I think it's just crazy. But when they show the dinner table, when it's kind of alluding to the fact that there's going to be a dinner table scene type thing. And mm-hmm. if, if you look at the table, it, it kind of pans through in the shot. And it's, it fucking kills me, dude. It's so funny. Like, the first thing you notice on the table is like a bottle of ketchup. <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> these small little subtleties make me fucking laugh. And there's like nice, fred, uh, nice fresh cut up fruit. And uh, there's like sliced <laughs> bagels and shit. I'm just like these are fucking. I never can- that. There's fucking cannibals, man. They're supposed to be cannibals, <laughs> and they have fresh fruit and shit. I'm just like that's totally part of the joke, though. It's just ridiculous. But I, I thought that this was is also worth noting. This is also the first one uh, where they say the saw is family. Uh, it's also the first time that we get confirmation that all three of these characters are brothers. Um, yeah. Meaning Drayton. Uh, Chop Top and and Bubba Leatherface, and I actually really like Bubba as a nickname too because it's a very common 
uh, nickname Tommy. for like people in like Texas. It, 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 um, it, I've always thought that was kind of strange though. Like it just seems to me that Drayton is like you know within this world is so much older than them. Like he almost and like he is. The, he like, is. It almost seems like he's their dad old enough. You know, kind well, of thing, right? That, that's what everybody had assumed in the original Chainsaw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's actually well, it's because they uh, have a grandpa character, so you would assume the grandpa, then well, the old man, which they call him, and it's not even Drayton, would be the father of Leatherface. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Always. Yeah, so yeah, I but guess. But I like th- I like that they're brothers. Honestly, mm. like I think that it adds another mystery to like who the fuck are these family members? You know, yeah. like because we there's a dad and a mom still missing. We got grandpa, we got grandma, and then we have their four grandkids. Exactly. <laughs> um, but but yeah, so uh, that that we do find that out we get confirmation that they're brothers mm-hmm. uh i think that i think that the finale of this movie where uh the cook is like chainsaw is under the table and he's just talking and he's like well maybe it's time to hang it up no he's <laughs> like it's <laughs> time to pull the plug <laughs> he's yeah. and he's like says it. He's like he's like come here nubbins and he grabs the grabs him, and pulls yep. him under the table. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's like he's like where's that old fuck you Charlie at? And talking about the grenade which is awesome. Um oh dude I love like I, that there's part, I love so it too, many man. lines in this movie that I, I absolutely love love. I think this is so well written. Um, as I spit everywhere, I just spit everywhere. Okay, um, let, let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. Speaking on like the whole comedy level, this this part always makes me laugh. It's so fucking stupid because just adds to the the film. But when Lefty's fighting uh, Leatherface and he puts the <laughs> he puts the fucking chainsaw right through Leatherface's body, and yeah. he's and like, he's still going. He's still fucking you see that? fighting. He's still going. He's still yeah. fighting. <laughs> It's like so ridiculous, man. I don't know. Well, not even that. It's like the chainsaw is still fucking moving, it's, and Leatherface is like still like trying to do something, and all his guts are fucking hanging yeah, out. Yeah, dude, he's just, like coming at him still. It's like what the fuck? <laughs> then he has to pull out the tiny ones to fucking finish his job. It's just ridiculous. Which wasn't actually a bad effect though, because they actually, you know, they even show you the front and the back of that one too. I thought it actually looked pretty yeah. good. Yeah, it was actually not yeah, a bad effect. Yeah, no doubt. Um. Uh, Grandpa on this one, absolutely great. Like the effects, uh, Tom Savini has actually stated that these are his favorite effects that he ever did was the old age on Grandpa. Yeah. Um, dude, his like lips and like how like parts like around his face is like he's so old that like there's like it's like decaying kind years. of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. Which you know, and it, it, I love that the characters like their imagination is what I. I thrive on in these movies like where they're all standing around grandpa and like an average person sees that he's like old as fucking can't swing a hammer but to them they're like in, Come on, in grandpa. Heads, they're like all excited and they're like they're like they're like cheering him on and they genuinely believe that he's like capable of like smashing or you know oh, it's like that in the first one too though, yeah the and, I, <laughs> I and they're thinking. just dropping this hammer on carolyn williams's head which just <laughs> like i actually think like i don't know if you've ever dropped a hammer on like your foot but if you like then picture that hitting your head it's like terrifying <laughs> <laughs> but they allude to the fact like i think uh, i think it's drayton actually says it in the film he's like um something about the key to life is meat and stuff like that so i think that was kind of well like, he says the a strong liquid dye is kept grandpa like fit as a fiddle or some shit you know because yeah. <laughs> um, he just they just, he just drinks blood and shit but he's just like i don't know man grandpa is terrifying like i reminds love me that of the character effects. reminds me of the effects in uh 
Phil and Ted Bogus journey. Like it has like that same kind of crazy effects. Yeah. But the old people. No, he does look. He looks nasty. I always, I always, yeah. I always pictured every time <laughs> Grandpa would, you know, kind of bring up the hammer that his arm was going to break off or his wrist was going to break. <laughs> <laughs> just crumble the dust. Yeah, it was just like a big puff of dust would come out of his bone or something. <laughs> you know, like, like, 137, it still kills me. <laughs> so good. Ah, shit. Um. So, uh, man, I'll tell you what, dude. Chainsaw Two. Uh, it's I completely understand why people don't like it um, because yeah, it's it's very it. bad as a sequel. Like as a sequel, it is awful when you take into consideration like a continuation of a story stuff like that. But um, to get into a little bit of trivia here, uh, obviously the poster uh, is spoofing the Breakfast Club, which is awesome. Yeah. It really is funny. It's still funny. Uh, I love yeah. that poster. I didn't know that when I was a kid. Like I, I always I, like because I hadn't seen the Breakfast Club at the time. Um, uh, t- director Toby Hooper and co-writer of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Kim Hankel, originally had an idea for a sequel that would feature an entire town of cannibals and also be a satire of Motel Hell, uh, which itself was a satire of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The title to the sequel is Beyond the Valley of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, but the studio con- uh, forced considerable changes to the, to be made to this screenplay even hiring a new writer and uh that's what became of chainsaw 2 um basically stretch wanted to make a strong impression at her audition when she was called in she went to the end of the hallway and ran screaming into the room i always hear stories of people doing things like that and i'm like probably really effective <laughs> you, i wonder you know what i mean i you know picturing her doing that i hope that she was wearing those fucking daisy duke shorts that she had on in the film <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah she got, got some great ash I, I like the, i like the casting of, of carolyn williams because she's not like hot right like she's she's like not like a a very like knockout gorgeous she's like Jessica Biel or something, right? can, she's the chick you yeah. can be friends with man and she does good as the radio too and she's like where she's like she's like hey nothing going on here so you know like it just like i want to listen to her on the radio and that's another thing dude i love the vibe of this film where it feels like it does feel like a friday night where like people are out like you know like a chill friday night and in like i don't know i always just got that vibe Mm -hmm. it's pretty cool um dennis hopper thought that this is the worst movie he'd ever been in uh he later said the same thing about mario bros (laughs) <laughs> i forgot he was in that <laughs> yeah dude he's king koopa that's Come fucking on. so fun uh, i haven't seen this since it came out man one time it's all I've seen. <laughs> yeah, uh jim jim side was the only actor to uh be in this movie who was also in the original but the guy who played lg actually worked on the original film as a crew member which i did not know huh yeah was Gunnar Hansen not asked to come back for this role or to do Leatherface? He no, they did ask him, but he wanted too much money apparently. Oh, okay, that's what. Okay, yeah, so started. and he was kind of. I think. I think honestly, he should have took the role, um, because he honestly would have probably had a shot at being in a lot more of them later on. I think it was stubborn of him to not take the role because honestly, he, he did not have a huge career. <laughs> well, I just it adds to the comical elements of the casting here. Like Gunnar Hansen was asking for too much money, so they couldn't bring him aboard. But Dennis Hopper did the film. <laughs> what the fuck? 
<laughs> I'm lost. It's bizarre to me, man. Well, they probably spent too much money on Dennis Hopper. I would like to know what he um, made for yeah. what his paycheck for this was. It's uh, crazy. Chop Top asked Stretch if the tape of the opening scene murder is this from the Rambo 3 soundtrack. Oh, dude, um, that part killed. I don't actually have that written 3, down. Rambo 3 actually wasn't out yet. <laughs> oh, it was. <laughs> yeah, R- Rambo 3 came out in 88, and this was made in 85, 86. Six, yeah. Funny. <laughs> oh, it's classic. Which is, yeah. Yeah, um, we, also know, we also find out that these are... The Sawyers. Uh, we find out that it's Drayton, his uh, the cook's name. And uh, yeah, uh, I believe that Chop Top. This is just coming from my own memory. I believe that Chop Top actually got this role after doing a parody called like the Nail something, the the Manicure Massacre or something, where he played like a parody version of the Hitchhiker. Um, and they really liked Bill Mosley's performance, so they they uh, found him and you know got him into the movie, which is very interesting. Yeah, mm. it's interesting. Hmm. Well, he was supposed to have his own movie, right? Like, isn't uh, that like a hidden thing? Like, there's a sh- uh, Chop Top film that was shot, or something like that. There's footage shot. I swore I read that online somewhere. That what was it? Like, there was a Chop Top movie. That was going to be made by... Oh, yeah, yeah. I was actually going to get to that next um, uh, after we rated this film. Okay. Thanks, Dexter. I appreciate your opinion. (laughs) (laughs) That's not Dexter. That's JP's girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So do you guys want to get into ratings? (laughs) Okay. Who's going Uh, first? I go... I believe I I go first. Uh, So... Basically, uh, whew, Chainsaw 2, um, I, I've had the same rating for a long time. I'm going to stick with it. As a sequel, it is not the the best thing ever, for sure. It definitely is not the best thing ever as a sequel. But uh, I think if you separate it from the original and literally just take it as its own film and, and notice the nods to the original and the continuity and stuff and appreciate it, but realize that the film's set in a different world, I think it's one of the funnest movies in horror history. Like I, I have so much fun with this movie. I give it an 8.5 out of 10. Shit. 8 out of 10 for me. <laughs> Yeah, I was. I'm actually quite surprised, Jeremy, that you like this one that much. Um, like, it's awesome. like really surprised. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm. My, my rating has not changed after three watches this year. I'm sticking with my seven and a half. I, one of my biggest problems with the film is I just wish it had a tighter edit. Man, this thing feels like a marathon in the end for me. Man, I don't know, man. I'm a little bit disappointed on how Dennis Hopper's lefty is treated at the end. You don't get to see his death, which I think is utter bullshit. Um, but yeah, I don't. It, it's it's still a fun film. It still cracks me up, man. I mean, I'm still laughing. I mean, ketchup really and cut up bagels and fresh fruit. That shit's funny <laughs> right there. <laughs> yeah, it, it's fun stuff. What was your rating? Seven and a half. Yeah. Um. So what Jeremy referenced was a uh, unofficial, unreleased sequel called All American Massacre which is a uh, film that was directed by Tony Hooper, which is um, Toby's Hooper's son. And it was a prequel to 
the film series, but also kind of taking place after. I I believe after Chop after Part Two. Well, I think like it was gonna do like flashbacks to before Part One, but it took place after Part Two. That makes sense. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, I believe it features um, Chop Top in prison, in in a psychiatric prison. Uh, the film was initially just gonna be a fifteen minute short, but eventually turned into a sixty minute featurette. <laughs> Uh, there is a trailer for the film that you can see on the official website, um, and it also is uh, scored by Buckethead. Uh, yeah. It's it's very interesting that this film exists and has never been released. Um, it's completed. Uh, it, there was news maybe a year ago that it was supposed to get a, a, a release, and I believe it might have even had like an Indiegogo or something like that. When was it filmed? Uh, Two thousand. Yeah, it was a long time. Yeah, I was going to say, holy shit, man. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It was going to be a sequel slash prequel to to Texas Chainsaw 2. Uh, Chop Top um, was basically the last one, the last surviving member of the Sawyer family um, and was arrested. So it was going to feature that and uh, also like flashbacks or something like that. A sequel to Chainsaw 2 with Chop Top being the last surviving member? Which is stupid because he gets blown to shit. Yeah, he fucking dies in the end of two part two. Well, well, there's actually two. I believe there's two different endings to that. I, I believe there's one where he doesn't actually blow up. Well, I mean, if we're going with he the version that people know, it. yeah, I mean, shit. I I don't know. I can't remember. Do we see his body blow up in this? I can't remember. What does he go through the fan? That? Yeah, dude, he gets fucking. He gets done. He gets done. Yeah, I thought he fell back into the. I can't remember. Uh, anyway, uh, that's what all American <laughs> masks. Can you imagine is. <laughs> if that actually gets released? How confusing that is going to be to people. <laughs> making sequels to part two. I mean, but it's uh, it's unofficial. Yeah, you know what I mean. So uh, it, it was basically be a fan film. Yeah, um, but it's it did star Bill Mosley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But you can see the trailer. Yeah, it's online. <laughs> that's, that's all right, so that's All American Massacre. <laughs> and that's going to do it for Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 from 1986. On August 18, 1973, Sally Hardesty, her invalid brother Franklin, and their friends fell afoul of a bizarre cannibalistic plan of serial predators. Hardesty was the sole survivor of that night of terror. She died in a private health care facility in 1977. A single member of the murderous family lived to see trial. The prosecution recorded his name as W.E. Sawyer. He died in the gas chamber in 1981. The jurors concluded that Leatherface, presumed to be an unapprehended killer, was in fact an alternate personality of Sawyer's, activated whenever he donned a crude mask made of human flesh. If there was no Leatherface in reality, then Sally Hardesty may at last rest in peace. If there actually was a Leatherface, he remains at large, and the so-called Texas Chainsaw Massacre was only the beginning. Beginning. All right, so moving into the year of 1990 with Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, directed by Jeff Burr, who, in my opinion, I've always classified as being like the... uh, He's kind of like the sequel king. This guy does a lot of sequels. Yep. Um, Pumpkinhead 2, Stepfather 2. 
What else has he Puppet done? Master Puppet Master 4 and 5. 4 and 5. Yeah. But he also did Night of the Scarecrow. He also did From Whisper to a Scream, which is a pretty cool film uh, that was done in 87. And that's pretty much all I've seen from him. Um, I know yeah. our boy Steve is actually friends with Steve Burr. <laughs> so that's kind of cool. Um, Jeff Burr. Did I say Steve? Yes, I probably did. I'm sick, as you guys <laughs> yeah. can probably tell. And I'm, I'm, no, I'm not even, no apologies, man. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. Uh, but yeah, he, a did, he, he did he did that total shit show of Pumpkinhead too. That movie sucks. Um, I like Pumpkinhead too. <laughs> just Uh-oh. wanted to stir it. I know you do. That's why I, said. <laughs> I I can't stand it. I really really can't stand Pumpkinhead too. But um, Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre three synopsis: A California couple and a survivalist encounter Leatherface and his family. Yeah. Uh, interesting enough, this one was also written by David Shaw, who did uh, Critters 3 and 4, as well as The Crow. What a weird Crow. thing. That is weird. Um, it's random. You know what else he wrote? I could be wrong on this, but he I think he wrote the... Let me see here. He, he actually wrote Chainsaw the Beginning part of it. Mm. He was a co-writer on Chainsaw the Beginning. Interesting. That's very interesting. Too bad that movie, this movie couldn't be like that. So, um, <laughs> this guy is, well, that's a weird man. He wrote The Hills Run Red too. Huh? That's a good movie. Very I'm, odd. Very odd. But yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> so in the prologue, we in the prologue it says we get some interesting little notables of. Sally, who I think was locked up in like a private healthcare facility yeah. uh, after the events of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre film, and she actually dies in 1977. Um, mm-hmm. W. Sawyer. <laughs> so, which. Which doesn't make sense timeline wise because how long does part two take place after part one? Well, part two doesn't exist well, in this well, world. Well, yeah, this one ignores part two, basically says it didn't happen. Yeah, Um, this one is kind of, yeah, you know, is more or less the sequel to part one, I guess. I I don't really. (laughs) No, it is like it's its intention is to to ignore part two and be a direct sequel to part one. So basically saying that uh, W. Sawyer, who is Drayton, by the way, uh, died in a gas chamber. Yeah. And. The, if there is no leather face, this is the one that says if there is no leather face, then there is. So no- what they do here in the begin in the prologue in this one, they put into the viewers' minds that the first one may, or they're putting a psychological aspect. They're giving you a psychological like kind of angle to this film. Did the original chainsaw happen? You know, is there really a fucking leather face? You know, and stuff because he never was caught, kind of thing. Why well, the fuck retarded. did they? Why did the fuck did they go with W E Sawyer? Why didn't the fuck didn't they just call him Drayton in this? Because they ignored part two, and in the original chainsaw, it says "We something on the gas station." You're right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's so confusing. <laughs> You're right. It's You're 100. I didn't even think of that actually, but I was always wondering. Okay. So, anyways, yeah. So they kind of put this. They kind of give you the psychological element in this film, which you know, if but it's a- not really because all they say is no, no, no. That We Sawyer had split personalities, but we find out that that's not true because there is a leather face. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. <laughs> it's so fucking so they don't even go through with this angle that they throw at you for a second and then they just take it away from you. It's like, okay, why'd you even do that then? I don't know. They man. needed a prologue because all the other ones had a prologue. I know. And so. the prologue in this one's so ridiculous, but basically what we have is two friends 
a female and a, and a guy, and they're driving to, I think, deliver. Florida. They're driving to Florida to deliver this car, and they're driving through Texas to deliver Her this father car. from Arizona. They bought this, or he bought this car, and they're just delivering it to him, kind of thing. Yeah. And they ultimately meet up with the Sawyer family, and uh, shit goes down. It's it's pretty much what most of the setups are right <laughs> these, are, these are brothers and si- this is a brother and sister right are no i don't think are they brother and sister no i don't think so because no. i think they kiss at some point no, don't I, th- they? I, no. Think, I think they allude to the fact that they're just friends they're not friends. boyfriend and girlfriend they're friends yeah which is i, I always thought was kind of strange <laughs> like why would you even bother with that but i don't know um um, so, I'm almost certain that they are brother and sister, but in the original script, they were supposed to be boyfriend and girlfriend, but they changed it or something or vice versa. So it's like weird. Yeah, I swear they're not. But uh, I mean, it doesn't really matter, to be honest in this, but yeah, it is what it is. I might have heard that in the commentary. I've I've listened to the commentaries on all these chainsaw films before, mm. but it's been a while. I wasn't able to find the time, you know, obviously, <laughs> yeah. to listen to all the commentaries too. Um, but so, I want to say I want to say that they were brother and sister. They could be. Um, do we know approximately where this is actually located in Texas? Why does that matter? Well, it's in California. What's that? It, it, it's clearly shot in California. Yeah, well, well they pulled the children in the corner. No, no, no. Free. I'm talking about you know the the city that this is supposed to be set. But I, the reason why I ask is because Leatherface obviously is a recurring character in this film from the Chainsaw mm-hmm. films. But all the other the the rest of the Sawyer family is kind of an offshoot. This is like other Sawyers and stuff. So I was wondering just how Leatherface yeah, yeah, yeah. gets, just how Leatherface hooks up with this offshoot of, th- these are obviously extended family members and stuff. So I'm just wondering mm-hmm. a correlation to him and his family and how he got there and stuff. And Yeah, I would have, I would have honestly appreciated, oh, I figured it out. By the way, they are a couple in the movie, but in the script, I believe they were brother and sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, fuckers. So yeah, they totally like, don't they, have, were... they just don't act like a couple at all. It's weird. Yeah, it's, it's weird I, because they were brother and sister originally. So <laughs> that's probably like, what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyway, uh, yeah, you know, I would have liked, and that that's one of my issues that I have with like all these chainsaw sequels is like this it doesn't seem like it would be that hard to to just mention uh, the hitchhiker and and Drayton. You know, if you don't have to do Chop Top, if you want to ignore that one, mm-hmm. um, but like, why couldn't you mention? Um, you know, and they, they do the at the beginning. Movie. They 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 mention it in the prologue, but they don't. They, none of the characters mention it at all. Um, that like Leatherface obviously didn't live with these people recently, or well, I mean, I, he could have for a long time now. If this one actually takes place in present day, the nineties, um, I guess he'd be with them for years. It at actually, this point, it actually does because they talk about. Uh, Drayton being executed in what eighty eighty one or something like that, and they're like, yeah, a few years passed, and then it was about this many years later. So it it, it alludes to the fact it is set in nineteen ninety present day. So it's quite a few I a- mean, years after. Yeah, I I have always gotten the vibe that the Chainsaw Sawyer family is really. I mean, they literally say that in some of the films that they're really big, but like even back when I first seen Part Three, I just assumed that the family was like really fucking big. Like, yeah. Um, I I guess this is Leatherface's mom. 
Uh, maybe. Really? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> enter my mind. I've never got the impression that was. I I, I always felt like the Mama Sawyer in this film was the Mama to all these goddamn chop off wannabe <laughs> characters that they put in this film. Like, was it Tinker? So and what do you think? think they're, do you think? Do you think they, um, do you think okay. that they're cousins? Maybe. I would assume that's that's just what I. I always assume Mama Sawyer was probably related directly to the mother of Drayton and. Uh, the hitchhiker and uh, of course Leatherface, right? And I'm so, cool with that. <laughs> and so if Leatherface comes over. This is kind of his auntie, technically. And these yeah, are his that, kids, that, which that, would that, make their cousins, which would be Alfredo Tinker and Eddie, are all the weird <laughs> fucking Sawyers in this in this film, and they're all like strange. I mean, Eddie played by Viggo Mortensen, actually one of his first kind of big roles in this. Is um, this really Viggo Mortensen? I didn't even notice that. Yeah, that's yeah. Viggo Mortensen, dude. Yeah, it says dude. in the. Credits. But the other ones, Tinker and Alfredo, are just so fucking bizarre. Like they're just weird ass characters in this one. But I don't know. So I, I just um, assume they're all T- Tinker is okay. Yeah. Or uh, wait, which one's t- Tink? Is the one that is like the older one, right? No, no, I think that's. Oh, no, wait, which the one that was spying? Alfredo. I think that's Alfredo. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like yeah, Tinker. I think Tinker actually fits in with with some of the family. Um, oh, he's odd. <laughs> yeah, like, because <laughs> yeah. like, he he's talking about like, um, you know, getting Leatherface a gift and fucking, you know, uh, I don't know. Like, I feel like he kind of, I, I I feel like these ones are are close enough to where I feel like they could kind of be part of the family, mm-hmm. um, a little bit. Uh, Tex is definitely the more different looking one obviously looks like a normal like handsome guy uh so that but i'm okay with one of them being like that like it's not impossible (laughs) yeah i think it's also because they're you know i mean you take his character and it seems like he's one of those dudes that actually kind of has like an outside life too like he has a truck and seems like he's kind of that person that needs to be out there and doing shit. I don't know. I just kind of got that impression that he's not like that full-blown introverted he's cannibal. Winner. He's the breadwinner. He's the guy that brings a little bit of cash flow and stuff, obviously, so they can afford yeah. all these crazy electronic kill weapons and shit. And, and <laughs> this is this is, this is is a, a while later, too. So, I mean, like, this, yeah. like, you're looking right now, this guy, Tex, probably was a baby when the first incident happened, right? If they're if they're going with that timeline, yeah, I would assume that he would be definitely small. He would have been very very so, small. So so even yeah. even Mama Sawyer, how would you figure she is? Fifty. <sighs> yeah, which is so weird. <laughs> because so that means that she might have even been shit something else. <laughs> like like how old would Leatherface be? Like sixty or something. Hmm. <laughs> Wait, wait! How the seventy eighty? It pulls a Texas Chainsaw three D. He would. Leatherface would have to be like forty, like late forties or like early fifties. He right? would definitely be in his early fifties. Going on, I'm just thinking prequel stuff. Uh, if you incorporate that into that, yeah, like when he was born and stuff, yeah, he'd be like in his early fifties, but in 1990, yeah. Hmm. Which is so. Interesting. So maybe maybe these are actually his nieces and nephews. <laughs> Man, I think it's so hard to like <laughs> to think about. It's like trying to it's like trying to work so out. Up, yeah. It's like trying to work out the Saw timeline. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. trying to place these characters into into the right time. I don't know. 
really, really yeah. bizarre stuff. It, it's really it, like you could tell that we thought about this way more than any of the filmmakers. Of course, <laughs> but that's always the case with these. Like, it shouldn't. What's be. the first thing I say about Texas Chainsaw 3D is that it's fucking stupid because <laughs> of the fucking how old Letterface would be. It's the same thing in this movie. Um, I guess. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's, there's yeah. Um, but anyways, getting back to this one, um, I don't know. They they kind of throw out these little random shadows in this one, except for in this one when the brother and sister, or I mean the not brother and sister, the the couple are driving, they actually hit an armadillo <laughs> in this film. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a big you know shadow to the dead one that's in the first Watch, one and stuff. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know, man. What's your guys' thoughts on this one, man? Pers- Not gonna talk about Ken Forey. Well, I, I honestly like that. I honestly like about Chainsaw Three is. It is. It did. It did definitely go back to a serious tone, um, more serious anyway. And and I think that the atmosphere and For like the, most the part, dark yeah. setting is pretty cool. Um, I actually like the house that um, they're at. Uh, I like that they sort of. Uh, I love that little. I actually really like the look of Leatherface in this one. Uh, the performance is okay. He does have a little bit more personality than. Well, than the other one. I think he has the best chainsaw in the series. Oh, of course. Oh, the <laughs> the chainsaw in this movie is fucking badass. Yeah. The new stooped up one that yeah. he gets there? That thing's awesome. I, yeah. I, li- I like when he's like playing with the speaking spell and he's typing food See, when I, it's a clown. I, that's kind of annoying to me. That doesn't why? make any fucking... It's kind of stupid. Why? I don't know. I don't like that scene. I don't know why. Well, if they're going <laughs> with the fact that he's kind of... Re- maybe he's just doing what slow people do. You know, he's just yeah. playing with fucking well, toys. But he's like, getting well, you can totally too. tell. <laughs> yeah, you can totally tell that he's definitely slow because, yeah, like, this is like into the mute, like the Walkman and stuff like that. Like, I thought there was a few um, comedic. I thought that I actually kind of took that as a comedic moment a little bit, not like overly that serious. Like a few scenes, like just with Leatherface playing and kind of getting all pissed off and stuff. Like he doesn't but, come but off it, as being it, it's, serious. It's but. funny, but it's not. It's not funny for the detriment of the character. No, it's no. just funny as a viewer to see somebody, you know, get mad over over getting the wrong thing in in this game thing mm-hmm. and type food when it's clearly a clown. Yeah. yeah, it's that's funny. Yeah, it is funny. Um, but I think that like. Also, by the way, Carolyn Williams has a cameo in this film. Did you guys notice that? No. <laughs> Does she? Yeah, she, she, she's one of the reporters. And wow. actually, um, uh, uh, some wow. trivia that, that was actually in Texas Chainsaw 2 and Hatchet 3 is that in Carolyn Williams' mind and the writer uh, and B.J. McDonald from Hatchet 3, uh, Carolyn Williams has actually played Stretch three times. Uh, once in Chainsaw Two, once in Chainsaw Three, in the cameo, and also she, you know, cool little movie canon for fans. Uh, she played the character in Hatchet Three as Stretch, as an adult who changed her name the whole time she was playing the same character. No way, really? yeah. And B.J. McDonald actually told, I believe, told, said like, "You are Stretch." So <laughs> kind of interesting. That's fucking awesome. Does, does that mean Texas Chainsaw? And Hatchet to take place in the same they, universe. In the same world, yeah. yeah they do. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. she's the same <laughs> character. <laughs> Which is cool. You know, that's a cool little nod, nod you know, to the the fans and stuff like that and it's a cool way to take it which it, honestly she feels exactly the same like i said that when we reviewed it i believe so that uh makes sense that she was playing the same character essentially yeah um but i will say that like this film to me dude and 
uh, once Ken Foray is like introduced, like Benny is awesome. Like I yeah, think everybody awesome. knows that. Like he's he seems like genuinely a good guy. Like he's just like like you just want more Benny. Um, well, besides that, live, right? this movie actually kind of feels a little soulless. Do you How? guys feel that at all? How so? As in, like, I don't know anything I it, say. It feels it feels very by the numbers uh, for a chainsaw, but oh, just that's a less version. Yeah, yeah. Like it feels like everybody's like, oh, this is what a chainsaw film is. You know that you have the family and you have this, that, and the dinner scene. And, well, and, I think that. I think my but biggest problem... it's just problem, like lesser characters and stuff. Oh, it's, it's actually my biggest problem with this film is the lack of creativity within the characters. Like, I don't find even Vigo that... Uh, text even that interesting or anything. I don't find any of the story characters in this film interesting. I wish, mm-hmm. like, Mama Sawyer was a little bit more scary and stuff. You know, she seemed... You know, kind of play her off as the... You know, she's the one that's kind of running the shit and stuff. But I find all the characters are, you know, they're okay but they're not that memorable at all. Nobody steals the show. It's it's not it's not frightening. Mama, um, can I do it? That's my favorite scene. Listen, no, 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 yeah, no, no. See, that I mean, girl is a tro shit. Yeah, she's bad, but when they, when her and Leatherface like peck on the cheek, that shit made me I lost my shit. Oh, dude, that's Like I was shit. laughing so hard. It's so kid ridiculous. Killer. <laughs> the kid killer. But I just think overall, man, this one plays itself. It's so cliché. I mean, this whole film is beyond cliché. Let's face mm-hmm. it, you know, like the whole setup and stuff, and then you know, people getting picked off in the woods, and they end up at the house, and they've got all these fancy things, and and that's actually another problem I have with the film too is when you get there, I don't feel there's a lot of tension. There's nothing, there's nothing going on in there that we've never seen before. I mean, I shouldn't really use other complaint. We review films that are always the same and stuff, but but you know what I'm saying? Like once you get in there, the characters they, they are don't so, add any creativity to it. They don't. The, the most creative thing is the saw. Literally, yeah, the souped-up saw for sure. <laughs> what they do is like, oh yeah, so they have a they have a mechanical uh, meat hook now. That's it. That's so. But it's that not whole even scene is good. not suspenseful. There's no none of the characters are interesting enough for you to be like, oh, that's fucking cool. Or he said something cool. Nobody's cool. That's the problem with this. <laughs> Nobody's film. cool. Damn it's it. not creating anything memorable in this film whatsoever. Yeah. This film is so fucking bland. It, so- it really is, and I'm actually a little surprised because I used to really like this one growing up. Yeah, dude. <sighs> and it, it's actually it's actually very basic. It's like you said, very bland. It oh, doesn't so have bad. much going for it. The characters do not do anything. Um, if, if literally, if you would take Ken Forey out of this film, it would be like yeah, just yeah. a trudge. <laughs> well, wasn't it like wasn't like in test screenings like? Everybody loved Ken Forey's character, and he was supposed to die at the end. But because everybody loved him, they just filmed that scene at the end where he was alive and like because he died. Like you see him die. Like it's fucking stupid that he comes back at the end because you fucking he's dead. But the only reason why he came back alive at the end is because when they tested the film, everybody loved him. So yeah, like, I, I believe that that is the um, story. Which honestly. It, it like yeah it's cool that he lives and stuff but it's actually like it's actually a goddamn like i don't even know what the word would be it it goes against like filmmaking like yeah. 101 it's like yeah, dude it's like fucking true like, it's like too. the level of plot hole that that becomes is like catastrophic it's as it's bad like, as like dude. breaking the fourth wall or something <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 it's like it's like just a like it's one of the main rules that you can't break is like anything like ridiculous like that. <laughs> I think another thing too, I mean, you know, getting back to, I mean, we're watching these chainsaw films for 
the Sawyer characters, right? We want them to be interesting, and we're watching these films for Leatherface and shit like that. But, you know, you know, our other leads in the other part of the narrative still have to be kind of interesting, too, but Michelle and Ryan? Oh, God. <laughs> they are they are the epitome. Of, first of all, the acting's fucking horrible. The dialogue in this film is atrocious. Like, Hey, man, it's better than part four. <laughs> well, okay, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute, but just the di- the back and forth between those two made me want to fucking rip my ears off. I mean, Christ, dude, they were the most in- uninteresting characters. It, it's ever. actually really annoying how she's like not a Kate good- Hodge kind of Kate Hodge actually has like a thing for Tex almost. Did you get that vibe? Yeah, totally, man. But she's not and it's even like, believable. It's so lame. <laughs> she's not believable in this film whatsoever. And like, you know, and the fact that like Michelle and Ryan were apparently at like a couple and stuff like. Ryan was so unlikable in this film. You just couldn't wait till he dies. You know, it's like there's like really nothing there with her at all. You know, with Ryan, I, I just that's why I didn't feel like they were even a couple. They didn't even showcase that in the film good enough to have that that raw emotion kind of thing, right? And her as like, you know, living to the end and shit. I mean, this would have been a great film to like get rid of your leads completely. <laughs> you know, maybe yeah, maybe just kill them all. Maybe have Benny survive. You know, that would have been ridiculous. I mean, it is ridiculous in itself. But, it is ridiculous. But even kill her off because she was she's not even likable herself. You know, in this movie, it, it's just right from the start of the film. It's just uninteresting bland because it takes because it takes too long to get to the climax well and And then when it gets to the climax it's not even like the climax well this film lacks in fucking kills also you guys notice that there's a couple kills here and there but there's like no body count at all in this film it's ridiculous man it's like another downfall i mean if you're gonna have lame and boring characters and shit you might as well have a high body count to entertain the fucking viewers it doesn't even have that (laughs) it's like give me a goddamn break Oh, dude, this one, I actually at one time kind of liked this movie. Upon rewatch... No, I think I remember, like, even your rankings, it was, like, number, like, three or something. <laughs> Man, dude, this is this is actually not even that entertaining, like, at all. It's a bad movie with a whole pile of blandness, but it's it's lost all entertainment value for, for myself, too. I'm sorry, but, like, you know, when people are like, oh, Leatherface is so good and stuff, I'm like, when was the last time you watched it? <laughs> well, <laughs> you know? I, it's the first time I've watched it, so maybe I'm not. The worst story know, characters in any film. To it. These are the worst story characters, in my opinion, man. Like, it's what? Like, no. <laughs> Part four, bro? Are you kidding me? Well, li- listen. Well, we'll, okay. we'll, we'll get to the. We'll I think that as, one of okay. them is decent. I One will, of them is decent. I actually don't mind the mom. She just is very short-lived. Grandpa is back, of course. Now he's like actually like dust. Yeah. <laughs> he's like dead <laughs> as fuck now. In, in <laughs> a serious... That was funny. That was good stuff. In a serious chainsaw film. You never let me finish. So that was the other oh, half okay. of that right there. These are the worst characters so, in a serious... Because this film isn't like supposed to be a full-out comedy. These are supposed to be yeah. like, you know, kind of scary. But no, they're not. It's definitely... It's definitely, like, I like the certain atmosphere with it. And honestly, like, I actually like Leatherface. Like, I think that he's kind of creepy. Um, I like him, like, it has that, like, this is the first one done by New Line. And he's, like, doing the, the he's, like, do, it's, like, the opening monologue of, like, Freddy Krueger where he's, like, sewing up the mask and stuff like that. Yeah. It's, like, very similar to what they do with the Elm Street films. Um, but, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, this one, to me, it just has no heart, soul, or um, just no... It, it's like it doesn't have a body right like the film like the film needs a body to kind of uh you know yeah to to there's a there's a you know 
high points in in the beginning and end or whatever but like the body is just basic as fuck (laughs) i mean this movie is so fucking bad at points man the scene in the swamp which was Okay, you know it's got some pretty decent atmosphere. It looks pretty cool. There's some cool things yeah, happening and stuff. They add, the, the wood stuff is okay, but they fucking ruined that scene by having floating human skulls. When was the last <laughs> time you saw a fucking skull that floated? And there's like twenty oh, poultry guys. <laughs> it's funny. Okay, it's fucking stupid. I, I know we're getting like that a little bit fucking, but it's ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous. If that if, okay, yeah. But I mean, you know, if this movie was in, if that scene was in Chainsaw 2, you would have laughed and be like, ah, floating skulls, haha, right next to the ketchup and the cut up bagels. But <laughs> the Goonies, don't they float in the Goonies? But this fucking fact is like, you know, it's playing off as a serious film and then the shit's floating. I'm like, oh my God, this movie's ridiculous. Fucking burn the so, <laughs> <sighs> oh, man. Um, one thing, one thing that we have with uh, Chainsaw 3 is, um, it actually was released theatrically, uh, made $5 million. Uh, we didn't mention, but Chainsaw 2 uh, was released theatrically, made $8 million with a $4 million budget. The original had a $140,000 budget and made $30 million. <laughs> Yeah, because that's why, because that, it's that's a payday. That's a yeah. payday. Yeah. Um, but but it, it's like, kind of interesting that this one even got a sequel, considering the... the you mean theatrical? Uh, Chainsaw 2, yeah. It, well, no, even got a sequel. Uh, right away well, well not right away but even like theatrically i guess or even got a sequel honestly because the the part two underperformed uh for sure for yeah. sure for sure yeah. um but leatherface chainsaw th- I, like I, it's annoying to me that they even call it that leatherface takes his chainsaw mask of three <laughs> i think like this uh, movie has like like the the main thing that's more interesting with this movie is you know what I'm going to say. It's the battle with the MPAA. That's what I know. I do. When I hear about this movie is that. Like, Apparently this like, it was cut to shit. And like this is the and, last movie to get an X rating before NC-17 came out. And like it got cut to shit. And like that was like the main major thing that I knew about this movie was its battle at the but MPAA. The, but then they released it, you know, with the un- unrated yeah, but they, yeah, but I don't think that's all the footage, though. It's not. It's not. Yeah, it's only it's, like it's 18 not even seconds. Like it. Well, yeah. I should hope it isn't because, like I said, this movie, you know, not the hugest kill, not even that great. I mean, there's a couple scenes that are okay, but it's not well, they cut, gory at all. It says they cut four minutes and 18 seconds out of it. So if <laughs> it it's four it's minutes and 18 scenes. seconds of gore, though, dude, no. like that would be – that would actually completely – it could completely change how we feel about the film, honestly. Yeah, I mean, you need something for entertainment value when you got such shitty characters and plan development, man. If the gore can do something for you, I'll take yeah. it. I'll take it, man. I, I, I want to listen to the commentary on it. I, I can't remember if I've listened to this one, but I do believe this This film actually really needs a, a good addition um, to kind yeah, the of DVD tell the story shit. of it. Yeah, the DVD is garbage. But yeah, um, Unfortunately, that's like... Think it's like the only edition you can get around. Like I don't even think you can get. Yeah, well, to it's on regions. digital. It's like it, there's an HD fucking digital version, so there has to be fucking HD master of it. I don't know what's going on. Hmm. All right, so let's get into some trivia. Kane Hodder, who played Jason Voorhees in the Friday Thirteenth films, was a stunt coordinator. Also portrayed Leatherface during a stunt work. Uh, and the trailer of this film, he played Leatherface. The trailer is actually really cool because 
it's like one of those trailers that kind of break the fourth wall a little, a little bit like um chainsaw or uh friday 13th part nine which is like not actually footage from the movie it's like its own thing um pretty cool teaser trailer there if anybody's ever seen it uh the original script was much more brutal with explicit gore sequences the producers objected to many scenes one of which had a nude man being split down the middle while hung upside down and demanded extensive changes to the script to reduce the gore and violence further cuts had to be made to avoid an x rating after the film was finished um this is this this i literally laughed a couple minutes ago when i pulled up this trivia page because it's the first thing i seen Director Jeff Burr was fired towards the beginning of production. When nobody else accepted the job, they hired him again. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Um, Originally going to be directed by Peter Jackson. Here we go with a different movie. Um, A film trailer was done even before they had a director and before the production started. Maybe that's Hmm. why they had Kane Hodder, huh? And no footage from the movie. (laughs) Um... Uh, wow. Uh, during the fight scene between Benny and Tex at the truck, Ken Foray accidentally broke Vigo's ribs during the fight scene. Uh, the shot is seemingly in the movie. You can see v- v- Vigo suddenly clutch after being thrown to the ground. Hmm. Cool. Uh, Tom Savini was actually offered the directing job to this film. I have to turn it down. Huh. Uh, there was also a brutal unmasking scene, which would reveal Leatherface as a horribly disfigured person. That scene was scrapped despite an obvious buildup during the opening credits and saved because New Line wanted to use it in the next sequel, which never materialized. Uh, it was eventually used in the Chainsaw remake. Uh, submitted 11 times. Uh, on each submission, more stuff was cut. <laughs> and some scenes were lost forever. That's sad. Um, Shitty. Damn. So there must have been a lot more gore in this film. Uh, the chainsaw in the movie weighed approximately 80 pounds. <laughs> damn. Uh, there's there's some other stuff like that, but um, yeah. Character Stretch makes a cameo as a news reporter. Uh, director Jeff Burr said he imagined Stretch becoming a reporter in an attempt to hunt down Leatherface. Um, hmm. Interesting. Which it, which is not interesting because they ignore they already ignored part two. What the man? <laughs> it's so ridiculous. <laughs> you be a fucking reporter. It's almost as ridiculous as the whole fucking movie. Jesus. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's, that's uh, the opening scene of Leatherface creating new flesh masks is a homage to Elm Street. Okay, I pointed that out. Um, it, it, here's that trivia right here. Um, it was decided that Ken Foray's character should live after he gained a high favorably ratings during early test screenings. The new ending was subs- subsequently shot in which somehow Ken pops up in the final frame with a tiny flesh wound on his head, even though we saw him get torn apart in the final. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That is so... So it good. is so bad. So bad. <laughs> 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 fucking stupid. It's fucking stupid. It literally is fucking retarded. Oh my god, the fucking movie. Oh, Jeff Burr saw the film for the first time in Tennessee uh, at, at a cinema, and he didn't. They never even told him they did that with the ending. 
<laughs> Could you imagine being a director and all of a sudden seeing that dumbass shit on your screen? That's so messed up. Poor Jeff Burr. That's fucking. All right, you guys want to get into ratings here? Yeah, let's do that, man. Jeremy, you're first. So Texas Chainsaw Massacre for three. First time I've seen it, so maybe I don't have the heart-filled hate towards it that Moods and JP have. It has good atmosphere. I think like the the woods scenes are shot nice. The ending is fucking absolutely ridiculous and how fucking Benny didn't almost die again by Leatherface is even more completely stupid <laughs> and this so is the one is this the one with the helicopter or was that the next one with the fucking next, next one next one okay all right but um five out of ten it's just average <laughs> all right um <laughs> man this movie I, I think I've changed my rating on this film like four times <laughs> <laughs> like every time I watch this film, it goes down for me. Um, me too. This is probably. I honestly didn't have any fun rewatching this one, man. Like, I thought these were the most annoying, lame story characters of all time. I hated the leads in this film. Yeah, Jeremy said the atmosphere. I, that's one thing I do agree with. I think that was some of those scenes were the best scenes in the film. You know, maybe Benny getting his truck rammed into was kind of cool, but stupid at the same time. That whole the whole build up to that scene is ridiculous in itself. I mean, well, where does the car come from? Oh, no, that's the next one, too. No, and, like, Never mind. that whole scene is, like, <laughs> it's kind of cool, but it, it's, like, you, you question it, It's, like, why? Would, it wouldn't go down like that. It's just stupid. Um, yeah. I just don't honestly have a lot of fun with this one. I really, the third act in this film is atrocious. It really is bad. There's no suspense to it. It's a bad TCM film. I'm going with four and a half out of ten. I've, I've lost interest in this film over the years, and now I'm just completely done with it. So... All right, uh, <laughs> so uh, the last time that I watched this one, uh, I gave it a 7.5 out of 10, which was in 2013, because uh, I do keep all my ratings. What was your rating? Uh, it was Last time I watched it, it was a 7.5 out of 10 back Holy in 2013. Holy shit. <laughs> Seven. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, this, this one to me has definitely dropped like a ton. Uh, I still don't think it's like like i still would watch it every now and then honestly like i've seen it a bunch of times it's it's one that like it just this time i think that i seen it too recently like like even just three or four years ago seeing it it's really unnecessary to see again right now um maybe like five years from now like 10 years from now i'd be interested in seeing it again but i have no interest in seeing it anytime soon uh, I like I like I like it a little bit. Like I like the setting. Um, I do like some of the bickering between like uh, the dude where he's like, "Oh man, I told you to call me text." Like that that was kind of funny to me. Uh, I actually like Pinker a little bit. Like I think that he kind of fits into the Sawyer family a little bit, but everybody else is kind of kind of weak. Benny is the big savior in this film. Like he's fun to watch, and luckily he does have a lot of screen time. Um, he's like the scene where he's talking to that girl. Uh, in the woods is kind of cool and then when he kills dude and throws him in the swamp it's kind of cool uh he shoots it he actually he actually like i like him because he's actually like he's what you want in a horror movie like somebody with a damn machine gun or something you know what i mean like he doesn't seem like Fucks that everybody up <laughs> yeah yeah so he's like he's definitely very heroic uh, i'm gonna come in at a my lowest rating ever for this film i'm gonna come in at a six out of ten <clears throat> holy shit i'm surprised he came in so high August 18th, 1973. News of a bizarre chainsaw-wielding family. Reports which were to ignite the world's imagination. 
began to filter out of central Texas. Regrettably, not one of the family members was ever apprehended, and for more than 10 years, nothing further was heard. Then, over the next several years, at least two minor yet apparently related incidents were reported. Then again, nothing. For five long years, silence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jumping into the year of 1994 with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation. Written and directed by Kim Hankel. We mentioned him earlier in the show. He was responsible for writing the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre film. And so he decided all these years later that he was going to direct a film. And this is actually the only film he ever directed himself, which I find kind of intriguing. I wonder why. I just find it kind of intriguing that even that this whole film even came about. Um, just Well, we'll get into a quick little synopsis here. A group of teenagers get into a car crash in the in the Texas woods on prom night, then wander off into an old farmhouse that is home to Leatherface and his insane family of cannibalistic psychopaths. Um, oh boy! Yeah, man, this that is car crash, man. That car crash. <laughs> it's like it's almost as bad as Children of the Corn Two with the fucking wheelchair scene. It like the, the screen continuity literally makes no fucking sense. Where the fuck does that car come from? No, okay, we that that it's is fucking def- retarded, dude. Hundred percent, fucking stupid, hundred percent, hundred percent. First of all, they're driving it's on so like a back bad. road. They're driving on like a fucking back road. Yeah, where does the other car come from? <laughs> stupid. It makes no sense. The setup to this film, the setup to this film is so beyond ridiculous. How in the fuck do you get lost going home from prom? <laughs> First of all, you don't know where the fuck you live. You're going back to your guys's, your friends. You probably know where each other live. How the fuck do you get lost coming back from prom? And that's where they were going. <laughs> it almost seems like they were going to a an after well, prom I, I party. I think I think that I think that. <clears throat> She basically like ran off the road and ended up on a different road. Wasn't that what happened? Well, they changed. Like they almost crash at first, and then she like like, flies through a thing and goes onto a different road or some shit. No, but they were already kind of lost. Doesn't make other sense. That's the thing, though. They were all they were already kind of getting lost, (laughs) right? So the whole setup is just it's it's mind blowing. Actually, mind blowingly bad. It's it's pretty bad. but I, man, honestly, some of the worst filmmaking, like really, like where does this car come from going in the opposite direction, coming out of some rural area, isolated and area, and then like, hits a fucking car. Children of the Corn too. It's so it's, funny, man. It's such a funny setup, dude. Doesn't make any sense to me. No, it really, it really doesn't. Actually, it's it's pretty it's bad. Literally fucking retarded. <clears throat> I mean, but that's just, you know, that's just the setup to the film. So anyways, yeah, these characters now are stranded because their car is rode off and they take off and they come across this kind of farmhouse deal where their problems start. (laughs) Um, I don't know. How do you guys watch? Jeremy, this was your first time watching Chainsaw 4. No, he's seen it before. Oh, you've seen it before? Okay. Um, 
did you watch it like the same way as you as you, as you seen before? How do you like when you watch this film? How do you take it? Like, do you interpret it as trying to be like a serious horror film, or do you take it as like how I interpret? Well, I think film? it was trying to be a serious horror film, but it fails miserably. I don't think this movie was ever intended to be a serious horror film. Um, the reason why I say that is <laughs> the reason why I say that is because uh, Kim Hankel, of course, wrote the first one. And, you know, he wrote it as a serious film and he takes over this project, right? And this is kind of like his satire to the original one. Kind of like what Toby Hooper did with the second one, essentially. You know, he kind of satired the first one and he took it in a different comic, you know, comedic direction as the first one. I think this is his, I, his version of, like, you know, satiring the first one uh, among things. You know, I mean, you know, taking those elements of the first Chainsaw film where we see Leatherface with the lipstick and stuff, which they went fucking full overboard in this one and basically turn Leatherface into, you know, more of a transvestite. What, what's the appropriate word? Transvestite? Transsexual? I, I'm, I'm not... I'm it would be transvestite, I transvestite. believe. Yeah, so the, transvestite. So, so they go overboard with that type of angle, so that's why, it's you know, he's kind of satire in the first one, but this one has a lot of the same scenes in it, too, and things like that, too. Like, this is, in a sense, almost a remake, but full-on satire of the original one. Um, yeah, this movie is on all levels. On all levels, is so poorly made. Like, I mean, read from the setup. I mean, the, there's a lot of filming in this is really bad. I mean, the acting is atrocious. But then it's I was wa- I was watching this film, and I'm thinking to myself. I mean, we've got Renee Zellweger before she became huge. She became a massive actress, Mac- Matthew McConaughey and stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, watching her performance, going, "There's no way that this is not intentional or on purpose. Like it's so bad." And I'm thinking to myself, how the fuck is her next movie? Like, she's pretty good in it. You know, I mean, for, you know, I don't think she's a great actress or anything, but the acting in this movie overall by everybody seems so bad and over the top that I think it was actually intentional. I took this as a straight on satire and it's everything's kind of intentional. I took that view while I was watching this movie because I watched this about a year ago and I came in with that mentality. And I mean, I'm not saying, you know, it was a great film or anything, but when you watch it with the idea that's full on satire, it's actually kind of entertaining and comical because nobody acts this bad in general, like for actors like this. I mean, Matthew McConaughey is okay in this film, completely over, he's over the top and everything. I mean, he talks in third person. Vilmer's going to do this. <laughs> Vilmer, Vilmer. He takes the shotgun and he puts it in his own fucking mouth and she doesn't pull the trigger. Like, what the fuck is going on? She has a shotgun. He puts it in his mouth. Yeah. And he, she doesn't pull the fucking, oh my fucking fuck balls. <laughs> I was losing my shit. It's because there was kind of something building there, you know, kind of thing, right? She didn't want to do that. She was like, she was falling for it. These people just fucking killed everybody. Yeah, but Get you know, the fuck out of here. Yeah, but, but you got to realize, you have to realize with her character, all of her friends kind of hated her. Look at when they're driving out there, they're like, the, the driver of the car, I can't remember what his name is, but he's like, he says something on the lines of, uh, you didn't have a date to the prom because you're so ugly. He literally flat out says that to her. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous, man. <clears throat> I don't know if it's like the first time in this franchise too, but there's this really odd scene where you know a couple of the character, a couple of the kids, they go into that farmhouse or whatever, into that whatever the fuck it is, hotel or whatever the hell it is, and um, the 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 lady that's in there, she flashes the car that fucking drives by. Yeah. Is that the first time we get tits in the franchise? Some nice ass titties. 
Yeah, it's like nice first, ass titties. Yeah, too. but it's like such a random. It, it, it's obviously a body double as well. Yeah, I think it is. But that is yeah, the first time we get tits, some, though, right? She's got some nice tits. Yeah, man. I was like, damn, dude. <laughs> but it's just like odd moments like that where you're going, okay, this is not being serious whatsoever. I mean, everything's over the top. The ca- I mean, we got Matthew McConaughey talking in third person. She's ridiculous. I don't even know who the fuck she is half the time. Like, who <laughs> is she, by the way? I think she's like a miss. She's a mistress to Matthew McConaughey to film her. Okay. She's like so, a mistress. And then to, on top of everything, we have <laughs> we have this family. They're not even the Sawyers. They are the Slaughters. That's adding to the joke right there. They're called the Slaughters. <laughs> we got W. Slaughter. Dude, I, I think you're giving this guy way too much credit, honestly, man. I'm like, not giving him I, any credit. I've I'm read not, a little bit of stuff. I'm not getting. I this, dude, he, uh, dude, 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 no, 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 no. Do not get me wrong here. What? Don't get me wrong. I am. I'm not defending this movie. This is how I'm just interpreting it. I'm not saying this is good at, I, at all. I'm interpreting it a little bit different. Okay. <laughs> I honestly, I think this is what it was intentional. I mean, at last name Slaughter, all the overacting. The, I mean, it's it's. You have to agree though. It's a parody of the first film though. For sure. This is not... I, I honestly don't think that it's that much of a parody. Oh honestly, I think the it's dude is trying to make a serious movie here. a parody, man. 100% a parody. I never thought of it as one before. I mean, when I first seen this film well, years ago well, and here, stuff. Li- listen, wait a second. Like, you're saying about Slaughter and stuff. The guy said that this movie was supposed to be in a, the, the actual sequel. The Kim Hankel said, this is the real sequel to Chainsaw. And he said that the that, that W.E. and um, Vilmer are supposed to be the cook and uh, the hitchhiker from the first film. Uh, why he changed names, I have no idea. But he they also tried to get Jim Seidel to do the film the as well. Hitchhiker? The hitchhiker was fucking, if it was a direct sequel to the original one. Exactly. He got destroyed. Exactly. See, that doesn't even make sense what, to me. That's my point that? exactly. Why would the director say some shit like that? Well, if he, uh... maybe maybe because his movie was so <laughs> goddamn bad that people didn't understand it. He was trying to compensate for his fucking lack of abilities of making a good film. I don't know what exactly went on here, but I'm just saying, if you want to look at this from a different perspective and watch it as a satire, this movie is ridiculously hysterical. It's so fucking bad. It's so bad. It's so bad that even they throw it. What in, is it exactly like a satire? Though they're taking is original material, intelligent, right? Like it's to it's to sort of um, comedically, uh, you know, intelligently uh, kind of uh, go off of something that was done before in a different uh, with a different spin on it. I don't see any of that in this. It's done poorly. I mean, that, but this is what it is. I mean, there's good and bad satires i wouldn't say this is a full-on parody i mean it could be you could you could label what as is a parody. It being satirical of though it's itself of itself it's taking a serious <laughs> film and it's basically making I don't fun buy of that it shit. it's basically making fun of it i do i, think I do he's making a good horror movie man. I, do, I honestly don't <laughs> think so after after watching this film so many times there's no way that somebody involved with such a great film made such an atrocious abomination with characters that are completely overcompensating for who they are and and okay and then to add to my theory to add to my theory the 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 elements of the illuminati throwing in that ending Mm -hmm. is the most ridiculous thing 
ever. It's adding a comedic element to I, it that no I one think would... he thought he was being intelligent. I really do. I, I think don't... he thought he's like, I'm gonna make this. I'm gonna make this make sense. Why these Dude, people are doing this? I'm gonna go out there then, and and like his whole idea is that the government or Illuminati hires people to to create this fear it's and not this, even a government paranoia though. it's not even a government it's a single dude this dude was like this guy would go around the country and he was apparently responsible for all these catastrophes and all these certain events and stuff he was he just had all this power like he yeah wasn't but a they part say they say they though they say you know how the one woman's like, like you know how you hear about people or something he's yeah. like that like i i got the idea that he was working for something bigger Mm. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not exactly 100% said, but he's the guy that shows up, right? I mean, he's not showing. Well, but I don't know. I just say they is. say they. You're not, you're who is he? Not, you're not who is he? You're not supposed to know, Jeremy. He's just a guy. Well, that's fucking retarded. That's the point, dude. It's supposed to be yeah. fucking stupid. It's Illuminati. This guy. Why, is, though? Why what? is it supposed to be stupid? Because it's a fucking parody, man. It's a it's fucking not they're not doing anything parody wise. They're just throwing random no. shit at the wall and hoping something sticks. No, there's I no, there's so. no. I don't believe so. I don't believe so. I don't believe this. <laughs> what movie what was is intentional. the Illuminati parodying? No, no, that's that's a different angle that he just he threw that in there. That's stupid. It's this movie still is a satire. That's that's what I meant to say. It's I still mean, a satire. This, the first this, film. What is the, where is the parody? This is though? a parody. Like, I don't see where where where's the blurriness if this is a parody. Okay, I don't so, say it anywhere. So, but I don't hear you saying anything else, but saying it's not. This is my theory. This is well, what because, I. This because, is. Do we want to have the same fucking reviews here by three different people? This is. I'm giving you my thoughts on this film, man. No, I'm not saying. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. That, did that I ever once say? That. Did I ever once <laughs> say I was right? I'm giving you a theory on this film. I think this okay. movie is so bad, and that's that fine. This is what he was, and I'm just to countering do. your theory with like like but, can you show me some evidence of these parody scenes no it, like par- a parody okay, to me is where they take a scene it's and- okay dude i i get it I, I meant to say satire this film is entire satire this the end of the film is a twist it's a fucking twist that he threw into his satire hence the illuminati and shit he's not trying well, to I, be intelligent i, just, I don't see he's not like, trying to be intelligent man it, this was not supposed to be a serious fucking movie there's no goddamn way no way. Not when you write these ridiculous characters. Not when you have a transvestite fucking transsexual leatherface. All these stupid ass characters. All the things that well, are happening in this no, film. I think, this not- I think, I think, listen, I think Kim Hankel was obsessed with, with Le- leatherface being a transvestite because that's how it, he was originally intended to be in the original that he wanted to push that further. Like and because I th- I think that's that the fact he, he was supposed to be that? had a lot of ideas for the original that were were uh, trumped by Toby Hooper and I think that he's like fuck it I, I'm finally gonna get to make my chainsaw the way that I wanted to make the chainsaw but see that's and like that's, I just think that it fucking backfired extremely bad that's good see that's your, that's your theory on it see I don't take it like that man I I just think anybody can make a better film I mean at least tone down the ridiculous characters man. I mean, but you can't just do in third person, anything then. and then like okay like how come that how is that like like, like how can a, a character get a hook in her back and then wander around the rest of the film and that to me that's not satire or, or parody that's just dumb it's bad writing like Dude. i don't think he thought like oh this is okay for her to do because i'm it's, making a joke here it's, like it's, i, I it's think one thing. he just didn't think that it would matter dude but that means that everything in the whole film is just atrocious atrocious 
I agree. I think every it is. I agree. <laughs> every single thing. But why but why couldn't he be coming at an angle where he was basically making fun of the original chainsaw? I mean, if you're taking it as a serious film, I mean, I think looking- he could, but I just, I just don't, don't believe that that's what he was doing. <laughs> in fact, like he could. Come on, who the could, fuck is trying I mean, to be? I, who like, is trying to be serious and put a Illuminati angle as a twist at the end? For fuck's sakes, he kills fucking Vilma with the, the Howling Seven. The Howling Seven was a parody of the Howling movies, even though I've never seen it. The Howling Seven is uh, not a parody. No, it's not. It's not okay. So why couldn't that movie be bad and this one be bad? Because it's not a satire. It's not a satire at all. The Howling Seven is his own satire. entity. It's his own entity. It's just a bad, shitty film with no fucking lore at all. <laughs> it's terrible. So why couldn't this one be bad? And Dude, shitty? it's the fact of the matter that this is written and directed by the same guy that is involved in the original one. That's where my theory is stemming from, mm-hmm. right? And the fact that he throws. Okay, it's a simple parody of these characters. I mean, it's just, it's so over the top and ridiculous. I don't know how he could ever have the intention of this being serious with the way this film plays out in itself. But then to throw the Illuminati, which is a insane twist. I don't think that he, you know, just failed on trying to be smart. I think it was intended to be kind of funny, man. Like, really? Illuminati? He kills Vilmer with a fucking plane. It's ridiculous. They even, they even, okay, the end of Chainsaw 4 is the beginning of part two. <laughs> Except for the old people in the motorhome, it's the same shit, man. He's making fun of shit. So what he's doing? It's the same goddamn scene. I don't know, man. I just watch this film like from like. I don't know. It's so much more fun. It's so much more fun when you look at it like that. Um, I, dude, I I don't know. Like to me, like I can't get over like just the the stupidity of like, like, like care. Okay, the one character. Uh, when she's with Vilmer and then she's like that he starts chasing her in the truck like it's literally she's like on the edge of the road with like like woods everywhere and she's just like running in a straight line and then like and I know that that's stuff that we that, that that you know happens in horror films sometimes but like it just in this movie it like dude okay whenever because it wasn't to to me I don't see any type okay but like okay here's another example right the guy gets a gun pulled on him he goes inside the house and then he just pretends like like, oh there's nobody trying to kill me or anything he's just walking around like to me like there's like a level of parody that and and satire that that works for comedic beats but but if he was trying to satire it is a complete utter failure at any type of satire and because like this guy didn't walking say it worked. Like, I didn't say it worked. I just said it was. Look at the scene. I, I look at the, look at the chick when she's sitting on. Okay, look. I, know, at the, I didn't say that you said. That look it at worked. the scene. Look at the scene where the girl's sitting on the uh, on the bench uh, on the porch there, and Leatherface is standing right behind her, and she keeps like brushing him off and things like like what the fuck is that? That that's not be that's not supposed to be serious. I mean, he could have just fucking hacked her head off right there. I mean, we all know that <laughs> he, she had her back to him. Retarded. Yeah, dude, but that, that's what I'm saying. He's he's literally like destroying Leatherface. So like, he's not like Leatherface literally just screams the entire movie. Yeah. Oh, I know. It's like, ah! like yeah. it's so yeah. bad. Like, I don't care if you're trying to be funny or not. Like, there is no way in the world that should ever be put to paper. But ever. it was never like you can't to be funny. This. It was never intended to be. It was never intended. Never intended to be serious either. You have okay, but is it intended to be like funny? Because girl. it's clearly fucking not. Well, I mean, everything is funny is subjective, though, man. Really, I mean, we just we just established this before. I mean, what I find funny, you don't. And things, I don't necessarily find them funny at all. I find Leatherface to be insanely 
fucking annoying as flying fuck, just like every character in this film. I think that this film is atrocious. It's absolutely horrible. But I also think what he was trying to do, and well, I just told you what I think he was trying to do. doesn't mean it worked. It didn't. It didn't work for me at all. I think the Illuminati shit is so fucking funny and retarded. I just shake my head and go, are you kidding me? Like, really? Like, <laughs> you just have some dude show here's, up? Here's, like, here's it's, some it's, stuff it's that... It's terrible. He, that, uh... Um, like, I, I don't know, man, I've read some stuff with Henkel and he, he just, I, I just never get the vibe that he's like trying to overly parody. I could be completely wrong. Um, but here's his, something he said on Jenny and I haven't read through this yet. I don't know what it says, but this is just like, a, a Google quote. He said, overall, the movie is about Jenny's character. It's her story. It's about her transformation, her refusal to shut up, to be silenced and to be victimized. And by the, the extension and her refusal to be oppressed and even even by culture with within the chainsaw family world certain cultural norms a bid that that most outside family culture would deem bizarre taboo criminal he continued i wanted to suggest something about the way culture informs and may, may, misinforms the individual's worldview and something about its power to overwhelm reason bringing jenny into a world which the culture was grotesquely exaggerated was a way of bringing her to see her own world more clearly that is to say my intent was to present a nightmarish version of jenny's world in the form of a chainsaw family in order to enlarge her view on her own world she came from a dysfunctional family the chainsaw family is spectacularly dysfunctional and a nightmarish blow up of jenny's own dysfunctional family and it goes on it goes on and on with bullshit like talking about the characters and and i'm like where's the parody and satire in this uh jenny's a butterfly Fly. as she emerges from the constraints of oppression what she the sets fuck? the constraints of her See, but, costume but you have to her admit guys, this is all first, bullshit she's dressed in a frumpy prom dress like dude it goes on it's and on this is him bull- talking about his film that he made that's all bullshit oh, though on, that's all bullshit man that's all bullshit i mean we i mean that's ridiculous in itself this, right there man this seven this is like 30 this is like so many years later exactly like, the and point, he, like I, I always got the vibe that this guy was trying to make like this this masterful film and just failed like i've always just got i, I no, i've got that maybe, vibe from him from the maybe, things that i've read or maybe he was trying to make you know he's trying to do a satire of the original film and it failed miserably like it did so then he was like well you know i was trying to play it off like this and maybe change it around again who fucking knows man? no to me it seems like if he tried really hard failed then he would say like oh it was a satire i wasn't even trying <laughs> who fucking knows man all I know is that everything that's going on in this film is is like just nonsense. It's ridiculous, dude. Like, I I mean, there's some bad acting in indie films and shit like that. But like, you have to admit the acting seems like it's being done over the top on purpose and in a bad way, right? Like Renee Zellweger. That's like the way she's delivering her lines, man. I'm just like, there's no way that she's that bad. Somebody that bad does not make it that big in Hollywood. That's ridiculous I mean, to me. Whether 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 the actors interpreted it as like a like I feel like Matthew McConaughey plays the performance completely serious. Like he's like he's actually trying to be insane. I, and I think that he's one of the more highlights of the film in terms of his actual performance. His leg thing is stupid, but I think he's really taking it seriously. <laughs> TV leg. He may have been taking it seriously <laughs> personally. But, I mean, anytime you start talking in third person and shit, man, you can't be taken serious because that's utterly ridiculous. Dude, 
I could keep rolling with this thing, this article that I'm reading, dude. Like it is like he's talking about Sally passing the torch to Jenny's character. Like he's he's like, dude. Oh my this, god! He, <laughs> I'm telling you. So he he was actually insane by this point. <laughs> like insane. Okay, but apparently, <laughs> apparently. he but, is um, one of the Sawyers. Um, so I don't know, man. Like to me, this film is an absolute shit show. Like I hate hate this movie on one level. On another level, I actually can watch it. I actually used to like this one, believe it or not. I used to run on HBO all the time when I was like a, a kid. Like, oh yeah, you know, oh yeah, oh yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna mention another. And movie. I used to watch it all the time. I was gonna mention and, another ridiculous uh, I part. It. Sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. I was going to mention another ridiculous part that adds to the comedic elements of this film. The fact that they're fucking when, um, I always forget that one bitch's name, when she goes to, to grab the pizza, they're eating fucking pizza? Yeah. Like, what is the, what is the, but she like, goes to the drive-thru. Yeah. What, what kind goes, of cops are those? Those are like the worst cops ever. She like goes to her trunk and she's like, of course, fucking but, pushing them. And he just, if we're, if we're dealing later. with some cannibals here, what the hell's up with ordering the pizza when you got some fresh meat? In the fucking well, trunk <laughs> again, again, again. But she's he, not a Sawyer. Again, and she actually isn't. Uh, no, she's not. Again, she though, knows what this goes on. is a sequel to the original, ignoring part two and three, where really there was not much cannibalistic stuff going on in the original, um, if any. Like it's arguable. Well, it's um, but it's I was insinuated though. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I will say that. Um, oh boy. Like the the one of the worst cringiest scenes in this franchise. It's not the worst because we'll get to that later. Is when <laughs> when Renee Zellweger Leatherface stands up and starts screaming. She's like, "And you shut the shit, shut, shut the fuck up, or sit the fuck down, or something." I'm like, down. "Oh my god!" I was like, "This is a this is the lowest point of this franchise as possible." Like, it's do you, like right. you have completely nerfed Leatherface is a scary person, scary character at all. And it's it's kind it's very sad. Um I don't know. <laughs> Let me see if there's any actual trivia on this one. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're watching it from a serious standpoint, yeah, I mean, you're going to be like, "Damn, dude, like what the fuck happened Leatherface?" I think even I, like I can watch this film and kind of enjoy it in terms of like Matthew McConaughey's performance. Like it's just crazy and batshit, kind of like part two. Um, but it's just so bad that, that it's hard to take serious um, in any way. Which is you know Moods' uh, theory that it that it's not supposed to be serious. Um, but even but they even did- like when you make a not serious. God. But they even did like even if my theory was correct, it's even done poorly on that level. That's what makes this movie so yeah. fucking even shittier. <laughs> I mean, when you're yeah. if you're trying to make yeah. something bad and it turns out even worse than it was supposed to be, it's like what the fuck, man? I don't know, man. Like this one is um God. The hospital scene at the end features three actors from the original uh, John Dugan, who played the grandfather, oh, yeah. uh, Paul Partain, who played Franklin, and uh, Marilyn Burns, who played Sally. Yeah, I think he's actually um, That's interesting. Uh, in, intended by director Kim Hankel to be the real sequel the, to the original uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the characters of Vilmer and W.E. were intended to be the hitchhiker and the cook characters from the original film. Jim Seidel uh, was approached to reprise the cook character, but was unable to uh matthew mcconaughey and renee zellweger both uh came to fame years later in 1996 uh and this movie was re-released 
to capitalize on them. Uh, Bill Johnson, who played Leatherface in Chainsaw 2, was offered the role. Uh, Jim Seidel, um Oh, yeah, he, 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 he turned on a role. Um, also... What Zellweger actually doesn't hate this movie. She said um, it was a dangerous movie. I don't know if any of the stuff we did was legal. It was a great workout. Running from a guy with a live chainsaw is excellent motivation. It was a lot of fun. It was my first role, really. I couldn't believe that somebody was going to trust me with that, uh, that someone was going to take this chance on me. I was really grateful. I have no shame about the movie. <laughs> I can't believe that. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty. That's pretty crazy. Um, <laughs> I would say. But yeah. So, uh, want to get into ratings? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, was it my f- turn to go? Yep. So my turn. Your turn. Well, I said all I had to say about this film, man. I, even trying to watch it with that type of theory, man, I still can't make any sense of this movie being good. I hate almost everything about it. It's so irritating. Although the the fucking Illuminati shit, man, is something else. It's something else. That's what I'll say right there. I mean, I can't think of another film that ever tried to just randomly throw that into a film. Especially if you're trying to be serious, man, I mean, that makes it even more hilarious to myself, but I truly don't think so. I think this is just a total sham. Um, But it's a fuck, man. This one is hard to watch. Because the acting is so shitty in this movie, man. It's so fucking bad. Everyone's so bad. So many shit characters, like the shithead in the beginning of the film who calls Renee Zellweger's character ugly. Dude, the guy who's saying all the, like, oh, fuck. lines from history is such a stupid fucking nonsense thing, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, calling Jenny fucking ugly and shit. And then, and then it's as simple as her taking her glasses off, and then it gets actually even brought up in the film. I think it's with Darla or whatever. She's like, Oh yeah, you're actually quite good looking without your glasses on. I'm like, oh my god, is it that moment? Really? <laughs> like, come on. She went from an ugly duckling to a beauty because of her glasses. Fuck off. Uh, three out of ten. <laughs> three, th- <laughs> three out of ten. This movie is fucking bad. It's really, really bad. It's a shitty film. Yeah, you know what, man? Uh... I really, really dislike this movie. Uh, I just think it's on all levels, whether it's trying to be a, a satire or parody or it's trying to be serious. Um, I don't know which one would be more of a failure. Like, if it's trying to be serious, I feel like you can. it could be like a so bad it's good. If it's trying to parody, it's just an utter failure at parodying and, and satire. It's, it's one of those films that, like, as just like a movie watcher, like I would probably actually rather watch this one than part three at this point, which is crazy. Um, but this is nowhere near a good movie. Like it's a train wreck completely. Um, so much dumb shit that goes on in this film. I absolutely hate that stupid robotic leg. It makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. Like it, neutering Leatherface was one of the worst decisions ever ever there's a way to make him a transvestite without making him annoyingly and just unscary <laughs> just unscary man just unfreaking scary it's it's oh my god like i cannot believe that this film was made <laughs> like what were they thinking like, six hundred thousand bucks man that's it jesus yeah this one was uh shelved and then uh put out later theatrically and <laughs> try to capitalize on stuff 
Um, I actually have the uncut version thanks to Dylan. Um, I know you guys watched the regular cut. Um, no, I'll I tell watch, you right now the. Uncut. I watched the uncut version. You have the uncut? Yeah, I do. Oh, damn, didn't know that. Uh, I'll tell you right now the uncut version doesn't really do anything but add a a, a better uh, character development scene early on. Um, yeah, it doesn't really. I don't yeah. know, man. I, I think, and I'm like, okay. When I talk worst of a fran like all the big franchises, worst of the franchise, honestly, this is probably if you take all the, the Elm Streets, all the Halloweens, all the Friday Thirteenths, all the Chainsaws, like I think this is the bottom of all of those. Um, it's up there with Resurrection, but I'm actually going to say this is worse than Resurrection, and I'm going to give it a three out of ten. Two and a half for me. Oh <laughs> so three, three, two and a half. That equals eight and a half out of ten. That is officially which does make the hall of pain. Officially entering the hall of Bruce Payne. <laughs> oh boy, it's been it's been a while since we've had a hall of painter. I think it was episode one hundred one. Master Horse. Yeah. Oh, did we have one of Master Horror? Oh yeah, the fucking yeah, yeah the lifeboat, the boat one. Yeah, should have forgot about that. Dream Cruise or whatever. Dream Cruise, it is. Yeah, that movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that is uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the next generation. Get the fuck over there! I don't have much of an imagination, so I need to get a distinct image of what went down here. What's she do next? She's... She shot herself. Oh, she shot herself. You don't say. How? What do you mean, how? Take the gun. Take the gun and show me how she did it. Come on. Take the gun. Take the gun and show me. Take the goddamn gun! That how she did it? Yes. Yes, sir. You're a fucking liar. There ain't no hole in the bottom of her chin. I look. She stuck the goddamn weapon into her mouth, didn't she? Show me how she did it. Please. Do it! Please. Please, 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 the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake directed by Marcus Nipsel. Yeah. Um, I think his name is Nispe- Nispel. Oh my god, here we go. Nispel. Nispel. Nis, the guy, he, you know, Nispel. Actually, JP, actually, Nispel. JP actually brought this to my attention. I didn't even realize. I didn't even put Friday 13th. Yeah, he directed the Friday 13th remake, but 
You know, I was kind of looking through his uh, his filmography slash videos. <laughs> this guy directed videos for CNC Music Factory, who I actually saw play last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking funny. You work with like Mariah Carey, fucking Faith No More, which is one of my favorite bands of all time. Um, whole pile of cool stuff, man. Uh, you can work with Bone Thugs and shit. But I thought it was interesting. He directed a film called. Uh, is it Exeter or Exeter? Exeter? I, I want to say from 2015. Do you see that one, Jeremy? I think you did. You know which one? It's called Exeter or Exeter. I'm, I'm not sure okay. exactly how to pronounce it, but anyway, it was actually really fucking good. I like that film, man. I thought it was some cool I'm shit. The cover. <laughs> yeah, man. It's actually uh, honestly don't judge a book by its cover. I think the cover's shitty from what I remember, but it turned out. No, I've right. never seen it. Okay. Anyways, it was actually the, pretty. The dark. writer. The writer was Scott Kosar, who direct, who wrote uh, The Machinist, Amityville Horror Remake, and The Crazies Remake, as well as a couple of Bates Mattel episodes. Nice, nice. All right. Well, synopsis on the chainsaw. Do we really have to give this? But all right. After picking up a traumatized young hitchhiker, five friends find themselves stalked and hunted by a deformed chainsaw-wielding killer and his family of equally psychopathic killers. <laughs> I like it, man. That was good. That was good. Remake thoughts. Um, I, I don't think it's a surprise that I love this movie. Arlie Emery uh, saves the day. I've, I've seen, I've, I've said that many times that uh, this is probably my second or third favorite remake. Huh. So, yeah. you, so I, like after even rewatching this stuff, you still feel the same way. You still feel it's yeah. I I might even like it more honestly. Huh. Like I I have a hard time finding things wrong with this film. Maybe you guys can like open my eyes to it or something if you guys have issues. But um, right away, like the start of the movie, <clears throat> I just love the I, like a lot of people give the movie shit for the like the over glossy look or whatever. But like I, I almost feel like they're just comparing it way too much to the original film because the, everybody looks just as hot and sweaty and gross. It just has different color correction. That's all it is. It's just that, that the colors are, are darker uh, than than what you have with that like sixteen millimeter unfiltered film uh, of the original. Like everybody's hot and sticky and gross looking, and and uh, I like that. What, I know you don't you mean? don't think you lose anything. With having the hitchhiker sequence different? No, I, I literally love this sequence because it does exactly what a remake should do. Like I don't want a shot for shot. Yeah, like, I yeah, don't want yeah. I don't want I don't want the same hitchhiker scene. Like like we got a hitchhiker scene, but it totally spun it on us and we got something completely different. And that that effect where the camera pulls through her head is one of my favorite favorite camera shots of all time. Yeah, it's, man. Like, if you if you ever watch the behind the scenes footage, like how they do it, they actually pull the camera through like a like a dummy head. Like, it's pretty cool. Yeah, man. I agree. Actually, I, I like the setup with the with the hitchhiker and the demise well, of the hitchhiker in this one. I think it's actually pretty cool because what it does it 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 kind of introduces you to uh, Sheriff Hoyt's character. You know, and, and you know, and it really kind of goes from there with him, and it shows how sadistic and shitty he can be, and stuff. <laughs> yeah, but but it also is a good. It okay, like here here's my argument for like why I like this too. Like, how many horror films have a bunch of people broke down on the side of the road and 
or ran out of gas or or whatever. Like even the original, it's just they they have been they want they like need gas and they're waiting at this house and they they wander upon the other house. Like this one actually is a plot device, a reason why they can't leave. Like they're stuck, right? Yeah. And yeah. there is some um, turmoil and and internal debate on whether they should uh, dump the body or not. And I think that that's a very um, natural and honestly like well written debate because it is like in in actuality that would be a very bad thing to just leave the body right well of course but but there are people who would argue that like okay well if they don't care i'm not going to just roll around with this dead body like they don't know who we are like you know let's just go um I, I like that. I like that struggle between the characters. It adds a little bit of character development. Like you automatically know that who the you know you you know that Jessica Biel's character is a good person mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. she doesn't want to leave the body, and um, I like the um, the weed thing. Like it, it gives them a reason to be going to Mexico and coming back and crossing through Texas, going to a concert. Uh, I I like the setup to that. Uh, also, you know, just the the locations I like a lot too. Like you have the Hewitt residence. Like by the way, in this one we have uh, a, a change to the family name. It's now the Hewitts, and we also have um, you know the the the, uh, the old Crawford Mill and the Blair Meat Company again, sticking with the the meat uh, packaging. But they even add it further into these two films and, yeah. and we'll talk about the beginning in a second like they actually incorporate better into the world here where we have an actual type of um reason you know like like reason for this happening that it makes a little bit more sense we don't see it quite in this one so i won't mention it too much but these this is the, this is my favorite version of leatherface in the franchise the tommy leatherface i just think like it, it's it's as me and Moods were talking about, it, it's horror, you know, for once again, like, it's the first there's time no that we've comedy. seen. No, it's the first like, time it, that like, we, we've gone back. We've comedic. gone back. <laughs> I, I don't think it's as, I don't think it's as dark and dirty and gritty as the next movie, but it's like, it goes back to that, that dirtiness and just, uh, just what the franchise is. And, and I think like the people around Tommy and Leatherface is way more interesting than anybody of the other families and all the other movies. Like, I think this is the most interesting dynamic um, all around as a complete package. Maybe even more than the first film uh, yeah, than and, any of the other and films. And honestly, I am with you. This is the best Leatherface performance, hands down, uh, in my opinion. Um, I, I love <clears throat> this Leatherface. Hmm. Yeah, man, I... <sighs> I agree, actually. Um, pretty damn good performance. But for me, man, what I take away from this film is is fucking uh, Sheriff Hoyt, man. I love the fa- I love the fact in this though that like you know you're you're kind of wondering itself because I don't think I don't think you learn until the beginning um, the origin of the Hoyt thing. Yeah, yeah, which is interesting because you have no idea in this film. You know what I mean? Like, like you just assume that he's actually the sheriff, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and and it makes it more crazy. And honestly, like, the the I I think that this film's like directed and written really well because I remember watching it for the first time, and there's a subtle thing that happens 
uh, that that instantly makes you unnerved. And when he finally arrives after, like that gets you suspicious right away. Like, okay, something's up with this. Like we reported a dead body. Like where the hell's the sheriff? This kid says he's out getting drunk. What the hell? Like he pulls up and he uh, asks for the gun and stuff. He asks like what she, he sees the gun and then he puts it into his holster. And you're like, you had an empty holster? Like, wait a minute. Like, what, th- does this gun belong to you? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it, and, and the characters even have a slight twitch where they're like, what the, what, you know what I mean? And I think that's just a subtle way of making you unnerved. Yeah. Wrap exactly. her up. <laughs> yeah. With the saran wrap? <laughs> With the saran wrap. Yeah. I love so, the saran wrap. It's awesome. <laughs> and, and you have this sort of, um, like, you have these characters who are clearly, like, in over their head. Like, the, there's this woman who... Cl- blew the fucking brains out of her head like in their van yeah. they, they're supposed to be going through a concert they have like a uh, two pounds of weed um and you have uh the characters split up and you have the the jessica bill and her boyfriend go to try to find the sheriff meanwhile the sheriff pulls up at the actual situation it's very unnerving but it, it kind of ends there like they wrap up the body um it's that i mean dude like hoyt's well, lines are crazy crazy good man like like when he's like oh dude, he's like he's uh, so what does he say he's, he's like oh this dead body's a little bit wet down there what your boys <laughs> been doing or yeah. something like, <laughs> like he's just a pervert yeah. and he's like like dude i swear to god like i've met somebody who like talks like this fucking dude like oh and well, he it, talks it, the it same is way so disgusting full metal jacket man he's the yeah, same yeah. character and that's what yeah. i love about this guy like, well he's oh, way man. more sadistic he's in this so one, yeah. villainous okay. man he's such he's such but a he's, mad he's, villain and, and, and hartman he's as hartman he's still a fucking son of a bitch dude yeah yeah but so then like you have this this sort of um thing where you have you have these two separate kind of stories like going on for a second uh and then we see um you know kemper uh kind of a homage to the to the other scene in the original film with the sledgehammer type thing yeah yeah. uh what do you guys think of the house man like it does this house just ooze like like creepiness yeah i got more creepiness out of the next one but like i could totally see like where you're getting at it, it, the it design just, is just, just feels is so cinematic feels the Texas. design is just like super cinematic it almost feels like it could be like a plantation house or something mm-hmm. you know what i mean and um i like the like so once once you kind of get back and, and this is another thing like it, the scene where you have all and and I I always find this funny because Dave like hates this scene where where uh, the sheriff comes back and he's like what's going on and then like the, uh, Jessica Bale's character is all like you know screaming and, and crying and like they killed it like he's killing my friend or whatever and then he like finds a pot and he's like you kids taking drugs like the cool thing about Sheriff Hoyt is he plays the charade he doesn't have to do any of that he could completely break character of being a policeman and just kill them or just uh you know t- capture them or do what he's gonna do but he stays in the charade of being the policeman because he gets off on it he that like he doesn't actually care that they're taking dope right that they're smoking pot no man but he's he, actually he's he so insane right up he's yeah, so like, insane when he yeah. when he took that when he took that character you know f- when he took that life and, and absorbed that character yeah. he became hoyt man and yeah, I, but we and, don't know that he took that. We don't. Life we don't know that the yet. Next one. Yeah, but uh, so 
and when they're on the ground and stuff, dude, I gotta give mad props to Jessica Biel. If you watch that scene, there yeah. is dust and dirt and just shit going all yeah, in her mouth, dude. She wasn't famous at this point. You know, it's dude. all in her eyes and shit. Like, but no, I'm saying that's going for it, dude. That yeah. is a going for it performance. Yeah. Like, it, if you watch that, dude, it is literally like it's it's making her actually cough and you Fuck can't is fake she that. Hot in this movie. Yeah, she is. Holy <laughs> She's moly! She's so smoking. Holy She's fucking so moly! She's so smoking. Um, another scene that I absolutely love, right? Like you have this, you have this moment at the beginning of the film. It's to build character development. You have um, uh, the the Jessica Biel's character ask for. She's like makes a joke that you know she wants a cute tear cut diamond ring that goes right on her little pretty finger or whatever. And he's like, you know, I'm gonna get you a ring one day. Okay, so later we actually see a ring fall into the bathtub which which after kemper is killed and yeah. and and yeah, the yeah. ring falls in there is absolutely no mention of that ring ever again it's just that one moment that the audience knows but the character never finds out and i think that that is good filmmaking because it would be another movie if she finds the ring in his pocket and it's like this emotional thing i think it's a different kind of emotion a better kind of emotion knowing that she never knew um it adds to that like you know heartbreaking moment get what i'm saying yeah man 100 100 i think my favorite scene in this movie is the ending meatpacking scene when she's running through the fucking uh, freezer. There, there's some good chase scenes in like this that. Like that, that one's great. Like, cause it, you could tell it's fucking, fucking cold in there. Once yeah. again, when you're talking about going for it, like you could tell it's cold in there, and she's wet, and she's, mm-hmm. and and there's just the fucking the lighting is so fucking good, because there's so many fucking carcasses that you can't see through anything, but all you see is the steam coming up from Jennifer Bill's body because she's so fucking cold and hot at the same time. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just awesome. it's just awesome. Yeah, and and another thing, like, I think that uh, Leatherface, obviously, in this one, like, like you get the idea that he's well, you actually see his face, actually, um, which is, I believe, is this the first time we ever see Leatherface's face? Yeah, I think it is actually. I honestly, it was. I wasn't. That was one of the things I didn't really care for in this. That they actually yeah. showed his face in the remake. I, I just didn't think it was needed whatsoever, and I was like, uh. Well, it kind of I would normally it, agree with you, it takes but the I just think because it. it's been so fucking long and we've never seen his face, like, I think everybody kind of wanted to see it by now. Um, I get but, it from yeah, that I mean, standpoint. I, I could totally go without it, though. Yeah, yeah. you're right. It's not necessarily, necessary. It, it definitely takes away from the mystery. Like, mm-hmm. it's one of those classic arguments, like, like what you what's in your head is scarier than what you see like and and i agree like because he doesn't even look like his nose is just gone and and you know unless he looks gross unless they already had the idea to do the beginning where they actually give you a little bit of backstory with why you know with the mask and stuff and his disease that he had and shit like that you know Mm -hmm. i mean unless you know they did it in the remake and then they kind of oh well let's give you a backstory to this since we already showed his fucking face you know kind of thing right yeah so i don't know how they how they approached it but I mean, personally, like when I first saw it in the theater, I was like, well, mm, okay. (laughs) There was actually one moment where I wasn't overly too keen on seeing his face for some odd reason. I just didn't want Mm -hmm. to. I like the mystery of it. And, you know, I mean, I I think it's cool, you know, not knowing that there was going to be a prequel to this and and understanding where they're coming from eventually. But which does which is cool in itself. 
right but, yeah you know so um, uh, one of one of the things that i really like is um th- this one isn't as gory as the uh, other film in the in this timeline the would, beginning but yeah, i man, think that I know. The, the pain is really effective in this one like like when dude is like hanging on the pian- like above the piano dude like i think that they took a classic hook scene and completely added to it and made it more realistic and sort of more um like almost tortury in a mm. way and same thing with uh well I'll, we'll get to that one in the next one but but uh yeah i i really like the basement setup here um it's like kind of flooded a little bit and uh the, like I, I it's so funny to me that people complain about this one being like too pretty and i'm like dude everything is disgusting like the wood looks aged the the, the cement looks aged like it's it's dusty and dirty and uh, like yeah it's it looks cinematic uh, in terms of like you know how movies look nowadays, but to me it's like they do capture that that filthness of of this family. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like Hoyt's dirty. Like it's... dude in the wheelchair is disgusting. He's like fucking yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy. Catheter bag and shit. Yeah, is but we learn about no legs, no legs. Yeah, <laughs> actually that story yeah. is amazing. I think it. I yeah. think what it is. I think at the initial look when you first see you know kind of look into the house it does seem very clean and stuff except for when you get down the basement i think it changes its view of that but i think when you first see it i'm not gonna lie man the first time i saw the house i was like that house seemed almost it seemed odd to me I, you know that house that it's an odd looking house it doesn't look like an actual house there's like no like slanted roof and stuff no it looks like a i don't know like it, it kind of looks like a huge how would you describe a house like that with all the, the pillars? I don't know. Um, it to me, it looks like sort of like a plantation like type of thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The way I saw it, I was like, man, it looks maybe maybe that's why it was so big. That maybe. makes Cause, sense. You know, if it was because it's on a farm kind of thing, it actually does kind of make sense to be a plantation thing. Maybe it's that old and stuff, but uh, maybe that's a, maybe, that a, might have actually been said in the commentary that that's what because that is an actual house like that's a, an actual location yeah and it's a mm-hmm. big fucking house dude <laughs> like, when you really break down the, the geometry of that house that's huge man. yeah so i'm thinking like mm-hmm. if it was on a huge farm yeah it probably was a house that was built way back in the day to house lots of people <laughs> you know, yeah kind of thing right and uh, i like um the, the mask that Leatherface takes off, you know, her boyfriend's mask, Kemper. There's that moment where he turns around all, like, scary looking and, like, she sees that that's her boyfriend's face. Like, I think that that's an effective emotional moment, too. I think that's actually um, pretty much one of my favorite scenes in the entire film because I think that is just pure terror, well, you, pure horror. It, it's kind of interesting that nobody's done it yet. I know, like, right? I know. And, you would think that that's, like, something that you would do, like, a, a, a person recognizing... Yeah, I guess Nobody it kind of was LG, but not. It, yeah, it was not done Texas, like that. Texas, well, it's Texas the fact that it was too. her. It was her boyfriend, you know, and it's like, man, yeah. you know, and that and that's the moment where she realizes, yeah, he's actually full, fully gone. Like he's dead now. Yeah, and like, and yeah. and, and she noticed it, or she the way she finds out is seeing his face literally <clears throat> on the face of someone else. That's Which is the the most disturbing way to find out. Like, totally. could you imagine if your wife or or mom or kid or something you've seen their face like that, dude? Like, <laughs> my god, know, that would be some. That that is that a really be, that, definitely one of my favorite moments in the yeah, film. Yeah, twisted. Definitely one of my favorite moments, man. Pretty twisty. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, this, this one has a lot of really great build. I think, you know, I think there's at times in this movie, I think there's a little bit too much. Um, I really try to separate myself when I'm watching the, the, the remake, when I was watching the remake, you know, from the original one, you not take into account all the things that I liked in that one, you know, vice versa and things. Um, but like when you're watching this film, the score, man, at times there's, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of suspenseful scenes, a lot of crash and, you know, a lot of crash sounds and things like that, you know, alluding to potential jump scares and things like that. I think it's a little overdone in like the first like 35, 40 minutes of the film a little bit. Um, I think it's just like, like when they're in the like, uh, mill and stuff. Exactly. There's a lot of that. That's the only part where I don't like the score. Other than that, like, I think the score is like really effective. Like at the end where she's running away and stuff and how it's like, that's like really high and stuff like that. That's Uh, what I was going to allude to. I think in the, in like, you know, in that 35, 40 minute range, like there's just a lot of this kind of unnecessariness happening and it does get better towards the end completely actually does work. For mm-hmm. what's going on in the third act, but I think there's that point in the film where I, I'm kind of going to myself, going, "Jesus Christ, is this going to end up where I think no?" But it does correct itself, um, which is a good thing. Um, I don't know. I, man. I think that the um, characters are, are actually very likable in this one. Like, like I like all of them. Like, I like Jessica Bill. I like Kemper. Um, the the oh, the dude. I forget his name, but he's in so many stuff that I like. I think he's in the ruins and oh. Teresa's or something like that. Eric Belfort. Um, Eric Belfort was in fucking. He was in um, Six Feet Under, I believe. Yeah, like I I really like this dude. Like, um, he has like a like dude. The the he's scene where he's a good actor. Dude, he's a really good actor. Yeah. Like the scene where he's in the car and <clears throat> Hoyt's like just being a sadistic fuck, and he's like he's like. <laughs> He's like, hmm. He's like, that hole isn't quite lining up for, and and he like looks at the seat and he like he like nods to it and he's like, like you could tell he's so sh- fucking scared shitless. And he's like, he he doesn't want to go over there because there's like guts and bloody stuff over there and stuff. And he's like, he's like, maybe she was over a little bit more. And he's like, well, maybe you ought to move over a little more then. <laughs> like it's just, it, dude, that scene to me is like fucking terrifying because it's like you're so helpless in that moment and you're like you're like you know you you don't know what to do like this guy for all you know this guy's a cop right like you you don't he hasn't done anything necessarily illegal yeah, maybe at he's this just a moment. dirty cop you know you know what i mean yeah, yeah. and you sure don't know if he like that he, at this moment you don't think he's actually like you there's no indication that he's actually gonna kill you or anything mm-hmm. but having him go through this thing where he's like he puts the gun under his chin. He's like, Mm-mm, see, now the the hole came from the back of the head. You know, it, like to me, I think that that is like some of the some of the better writing for for this film and and Hoyt's character really elevating him to this villainous role of just a, a bastard and seeing this dude's like, like he's literally, I, I believe I read that he actually like made himself like throw up or gag or something with a gun in his mouth during the that scene wow. which is like some straight method acting you know what i mean Ooh, look um, at jp using big words we always method use method acting, acting. shut up already i love i love when he just you know pulls the gun out and he's like he's like motherfucker and he's like mouth's <laughs> all drooling and shit and then he pulls the trigger and he's like he's like you just killed the the sheriff or something and it's yeah. like he, it's Hoyt still playing by the fucking you know like the the charade and stuff like yeah, yeah. I, I don't know man like that scene to me is just like near perfection of like suspense and like just 
terror and fear and and uncomfortability all that shit (laughs) love it man like okay you need to tell me exactly what what happened like you're gonna physically tell me what happened with this hitchhiker here and then in the van like that shit that shit is fucking terrifying man could you just imagine he also says like he says to the girl he's like he's like i think your boyfriend shot that little girl cold dead and uh took off or whatever and you know that that he knows that that is not what happened yeah Mm -hmm. but he's playing it up and he's doing it for his own enjoyment he's doing it for his own belief that he's like the sheriff and stuff like that yeah and he, i, I just he's a, being I think a that fucking that bully written so perfectly <laughs> he is he's being a bully. he is yeah oh man and i mean that's i think it's around the time when leatherface shows up there and takes the the one girl i think and then that's when aaron gets away played by jessica beale and then we and then we go into quite an extended kind of second half of the film you know, like the third act in this film seems like it's really really fucking long um there is one scene it, it does <laughs> it, it, it does there's one scene you know of course uh when we got aaron's character she's running away she's running for life and shit like that where she ends up going to well she actually runs all over the fucking place like she's everywhere yeah she's everywhere like man, she's yeah. like everywhere but there's one scene where she ends up at this trailer which is quite obviously beside the hewitt house i guess i assume I mean, yeah, the, ge- the geography here is is beyond me. No, you probably, but I'm assuming it's right next door because, um, and that's where she escapes uh, Leatherface. And of course, we know. Or as, does she? Of course, as viewers, we know. Like, soon she gets in there, and it's it's announced pretty much right away that you know they're family members and stuff. But the one part in that I've never really understood is. Oh, baby. Well, the whole baby's like, well, well, first of all, exactly who exactly these characters are in there. But when she, when they drug her, like she's kind mm-hmm. of out it and shit like that. How does she fucking recover so quick? They She doesn't recover quick. They take her back to the house and they dump beer on her face. But it just seems like it's like right away, though. Like she passes well, out. Well, I mean, that's because we don't see the sheriff come get her and take her all the way there. And I know, but when you how get long drugged, he let like, her lay on the floor. I guess. I, it just seemed like it's so quick in proximity of time, you know, kind of thing, right? Like, it just, I don't know. It I mean, it what, didn't allow like, itself to, it like, play could be. It could be anywhere up to, let's say, five, six hours, possible. I guess. Um, because it's not daylight or anything. It's still the same night, but so it can't be, like, a day later. Or uh, technically, it could be, but I doubt it is. <laughs> I mean, it is that dark. I mean, I always just assumed it was super fast that it happened because I'm just like, generally, when you get drugged, you're out for a while kind of thing. I don't know. I, I always just kind of question that part. But um, but getting back to the trailer scene and stuff with, with the baby and, and, and the girl and stuff, who who exactly are these characters again? Uh, they're just they're just family Part members the slash family. like. But they uh, don't actually like, do we know specifically who they are? No. Um, <laughs> Isn't I, it's a weird I, I think that the um the tea lady is her name the fat one yeah she's <laughs> apparently like good friends with the mom okay mama Sawyer so like they're they're she's I assume not a family member then she she could be actually I just they always, don't say that she's not I always had a minor problem with this with that scene though because it just seems like they introduce these characters. And it's almost like they're trying to say, well, you should probably know who these characters are. Because they don't really give you anything. You're just like, where the fuck is she? But well, you know well, that I she's... I mean, we know, we know they're 
um, if they're gonna, we admit, know they know of them, and we know that they're tight because at the end of the movie they're all together. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right. And I mean, you know, as a viewer, of course, you, you know that they're connected right away because you know Leatherface is there, and they know that he's coming for. Her. <laughs> you know, kind of thing, yeah. but like, I mean, I would, I would rather them be actual family members, like in relation. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is possible that they're just also like family friends, people who <laughs> didn't leave the town when it went under, um, and had to eat and cannibalize to stay alive. <laughs> which I assume live very, That's- very close to the Hewitt house because, yeah, you know, like the way the whole scene kind of plays out. She's there, and then they're there. I don't know. It just seems like they're kind of on. Maybe like the ass end of the property in a trailer. Yeah, like it does seem like they're on the same actual property. It does seem like that, yeah. Yeah, which would be good, better actually. (laughs) Which actually makes sense because they're in a trailer, right? It's it's a you 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 can pull it, it. you can move that shit anytime you want, right? So Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, kind of cool stuff or interesting stuff. Anyways, I always just. I don't know <laughs> really what to think of that scene and stuff, but it does play in that scene. It actually does play into the end of the film though, too, mm-hmm. which is, which is kind of interesting stuff. Um, I don't know if you guys want to go into the end of the film now, but sure. <laughs> I've just, okay. So we get a whole pile of stuff going on. Uh, man, I, I don't, there, there's one, the scene in, in the film where Aaron, um, basically takes the baby can you uh-huh. guys, can you shed some light on this what exactly is she doing she's is she just she trying knows to that that baby she knows that that baby is not theirs and she's like doesn't want to leave it with a bunch of psychopaths it just seems so odd that like but does she but she does she know that for a fact though yeah because she sees the picture of the family of the girl that blew her head off and the, and she had the baby. Oh the shit. baby. Oh shit, I actually That's thought yeah, so so she, I actually thought the knows, girl in the picture was actually the girl that was holding it. I didn't realize no, it was no, actually that, was, oh, that was that the girl, was who, the blew girl who blew her head off oh, with no, her with her family and that's when she realizes and says you stole that baby. Yeah, okay. Okay. So I just yeah, whatever. But I guess that makes kind of a little more sense now. <laughs> I was wondering why she like just ganked the baby. I was like, what the fuck, man? I was like, I understood from a it's hero standpoint. Now. From a hero I'll standpoint, you know, like okay, my, you know, my this question baby's is, not... who the hell is who the hell is Jedediah? Whose kid's that? Is that one that they just stole too? <laughs> I guess <laughs> I would assume, yeah. Jedediah. <laughs> maybe that's um, how, maybe oh, that's how they re- they replenished her. Yeah. One thing that we forgot to mention on part three was that when they said Leatherface makes the cutest babies or something like that. Uh-huh. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> we forgot to bring yeah. that up. But yeah, that's yeah. funny. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. But. Shit. I don't really know what else to say about it. I mean. What's that? I said I don't really know what else to say about the remake. I mean, we're kind of at the end. Yeah, uh, trivia. If we have any here? Um, let's see what we have. Hmm. Not not a whole lot of it, anything that I I know about this film actually. Well, um, we all know that. Oh fuck! I can't remember the joke that was on episode 100 when Moods called fucking Platinum Dune something. 
Damn it, I can't remember. <laughs> I forget what it was, too. Damn it. What, on episode 100? Yeah, when you made a goof that you oh, fucked yeah, it up. The Platinum Dunes, yeah. <laughs> ah, shit. Always a good start. <laughs> um, oh, Dolph Lundgren was considered to play the role of Leatherface. Aww. That would have been horrible. Yeah. Oh, that just makes me throw up in my mouth. As Leatherface, I mean, I don't know. I guess you got a mask on. <laughs> he would have been fucking huge, though. Oh, at one point, also, it is. Um, there was a deleted scene that involved Aaron actually being pregnant, which is why she didn't drink or or smoke the weed, drink the weed, um, and drink uh, the weed. <laughs> yeah, that's the joke from the movie. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Dumb fuck. Yeah, uh, but, fuck you, you fucking. Dick. Which might explain why she had an attachment to the baby as well. Fucking asshole. Um, Roger Ebert actually gave this film zero stars, the rare zero star rating. I know. I was trying to find some info on that. Why? I wonder why I didn't even give it like one, like a zero. Yeah, zero. that seems crazy. That's just crazy. Yeah, uh, Marilyn Manson was announced as the composer for this film, but had to drop out later. Um, Gunnar Hansen was asked to play the role of the trucker at the end of the film, but I guess he declined or couldn't do it. Not enough money. Uh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's kind of it. <laughs> well, shit. Who's, right, up, uh, who's up first me? for the ratings? You are? I'm up. All right. I love this film. It is it is quick. Like, dude, I loved it when it came out. Uh, I kind of forgot about it for a little bit, but I've always knew that I liked it a lot. Watching it this time, I really was so into it. I kind of understood and, and appreciated the filmmaking much more than I had when I just was a fan of the movie. Like I actually, I actually, I actually think this is a very well directed, written, acted film. Um, it's, it's great. I love the, like, Hey, Missy, I have enough. I have just as much respect for the dead as anybody. And he's like, get that goddamn nasty dead body out of the back of my seat. Put it in the truck. <laughs> It's probably like one of the best lines ever. Um, but yeah, man, I like, like, I think the chase scenes in this one are fantastic. I think that, um, like Sheriff Hoyt, like forcing them to do things is, is like, so on, like, he's such a dickhead, but you like almost like him too. It's weird because of like, it's almost like you like him because you can see how, how good of a performance it is. Um, this is this might shock, but I'm actually coming in at a ten out of ten on this one. What? Ten out of ten. Damn, that's crazy. Ten out of ten. That's that. that uh, wow, that you actually made me huh. turn my head. <laughs> <laughs> like literally, turn my head. Um, yeah, man, I I enjoy this film for what it, you know, for it's it it actually is a pretty decent remake, man. I think. It's, it's like the Hills Have Eyes Halloween type remake where it takes like the simple concept and expands on it tremendously. Like the story in this film is so much more than the original. Like and that's not saying that the original isn't good for its own reasons. Obviously, it's my favorite horror film of all time. But like I like this is how you make a remake where you actually expand upon a simple concept. Mhm. Mhm. 
Um, yeah, man, I thought that I, you know, I actually liked the aesthetic of this film, man. I think that they did a pretty good job uh, with the look of this one. I thought it was pretty good. I mean, I've heard the same thing. People say it's over polished and stuff, but that's obviously a direct comparison to the original one, which is kind of unfair. Which any movie ever would be over polished compared to that. Exactly. It's, it's an unfair comparison. And I'm really actually kind of tired of hearing things like that. It's kind of stupid. You got to take it for what this is. It's, it's weird. Like, how would you, what, like you couldn't make that movie now. Like what I, do people want? I, I don't understand what they expect yeah, to I, see out of a, like, do you expect to see that? <laughs> like I, that yeah. would never work now. <laughs> Um, one thing I've always taken away from this film is is the directing in this film is is really kind of it's almost sleazy at times, uh, almost exploitive too with Je- uh, with, Jessica Jessica, Biel. with Jessica Biel's character. Man, um, I understand they you know they use the the techniques that Toby Hooper did with you know a lot of far away shots, a lot of wide shots. You see a lot of stuff, but I mean, you it's uncountable how many times in this film. It doesn't matter what Jessica Biel's doing in this film. There's always a shot of her ass. I mean, there's even a scene in this film where they have a close-up of her crotch and she's wiping, like, a fucking rat off her and shit. I'm just like, holy fuck, it's crazy. They exploited the sexuality in this film to to new new heights. I mean, I'm not really complaining because, man, her ass is, like, absolutely amazing in this one. But it was something I had to note because it's definitely prevalent throughout the whole film. It's crazy. It really is actually crazy. Uh, you know... Oh, m- what... One of the things that um, I did, I do remember them saying uh, one of one of the reasons why they they gave her like a tank top too, besides sex appeal and and the the wardrobe that she did is because the amount of moving around that she had to do in the heat. Hmm. Yeah, I mean that makes sense, right? It's probably good, good, good cover, right? Good cover. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, but it probably was. Where did they film? They filmed this where Texas. So Texas. it probably was a hundred fucking degrees, anyways, right? So. <laughs> She's gonna wear that. At least show her titties. Come on, man. He really knows, man. <laughs> um, Some I do those boobies. I do think this one is. It's a. It feels like a tad bit long at times. I'm not a big fan of the trailer scene. I don't really care for that scene whatsoever in this film. I think it kind of. I kind of. To me, it feels like it interrupts the third act. We've got this really intense scene where uh, Aaron is Jessica Biel is running from. Uh, running for her life essentially is what she's doing for play, and then she goes to this. But it, I feel like it slows down quite a lot. And then to drug her, I, I didn't like the whole drug thing. I wish they had they had just grabbed her and taken her. But going to drugging is that I felt like it really slowed it down. I mean, <laughs> without any other way to say, it, I felt like it just kind of drug a little bit and stuff. So it added like a little bit of you know minutes to the film where it probably didn't really need to be there and stuff, but. Um, and one thing that actually surprised me about this movie is, which we, we mentioned before, it's not really that gory. It's crazy. I was expecting this film to be, you know, kind of up the ante, you know, as a remake, you know, let's, let's put yeah. a little bit of gore in there and stuff. It is that a comes remake. later. <laughs> exactly. And that's what they did in the, in the prequel. But there's I, some gore on the girl's shoulder after dude, after chick blows her head off. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. But <laughs> that shit, that's just gross. Like, cause I would react the same way. I'd be like, oh, forget it to get off. <laughs> yeah. But surprisingly <clears> enough, they're actually isn't that much gore in this film. It was very surprising. Ah. And there's one more scene in this film that really shocked me when I first seen this. I don't know what it was, but I think it's when Aaron does the, uh, the mercy killing on, uh, who is it? Um, is it Morgan? Is it Morgan? I think it's Morgan. No, not Morgan. Uh, not Morgan. Oh, fuck, it's so- not Kemper, not Morgan. It's the blonde dude. Yeah. The blonde dude. Anyways, he's hanging there and she ends up killing stuff. I- Andy, 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 that's who it was. Um, 
I don't know, man. I, I just to have one of the char- one of the main characters in your film kill another one. I always kind of question it. I'm like, man, they couldn't come up with a way. I understand why she did it. It, yeah, it plays into dude, her character, too. Yeah, but it's so too. emotional, though. No, no, you I, know what I mean? I get it, but, I mean, it would have made more sense. Every, like, it would have made well, more I mean, sense I, if it had been Kemper, even though the reveal of Kemper dying in this film was a lot better than it would have been as a mercy killing as boyfriend and girlfriend. I admit that. But the connection yeah. to Andy didn't feel to me as... It didn't feel necessary to actually mercy kill him. I wish that it, Leatherface had done that killing. I mean, let's face it. We want to see Leatherface kill people. I, I don't. I, I like it much better. I, I like when it goes against like slasher movie tropes where it's like where it's just like a body count film where where Leatherface picks off people like this. This like I, this this way to me was much more emotional. Like and one thing that I will give these movies props for both of them is they actually and, and I have the big beef with this in slasher films all the time. Is like everybody's coupled up. So like Kemper and uh, Jessica Biel are together, and then Pepper and and Andy are together. Yeah. Morgan Stardwell. but you fifth but wheel. Rarely in slasher films, yeah, fifth wheel. Rarely in slasher films do you see an actual legitimate bond and friendship between the opposites, like yeah. this dude's girlfriend and this dude's boyfriend, like or this chick's boyfriend. And you saw that with this Andy. It, yeah, it makes it would make more sense, like in a cliche world, for it to be Kemper that she does that to. Mm-hmm. But I think to twist it and make it her friend and still have that level of emotional, uh, you know, attachment and stuff like that to him, um, I think makes the characters feel more human, hum, humanized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I feel that. I feel that. I just didn't feel for the viewers' appeal that like their relationship was so crazy that like she would go through it doing a mercy killing. I mean, I guess it can go either way though too. If she wasn't that close with them, she could probably do it easier in that mm-hmm. sense too. It depends on how you look at it, what perspective you look at it from. But um, but all in all, man, I actually enjoy. I, I was surprised. Like I wasn't. I hadn't seen this film in a long time. It'd been a long time since I'd seen this film, so I wasn't sure. And of course, I kept getting into it with people about it, and I kept saying how much they hated the film and how shitty it was and stuff. And how do you how do you hate this movie? And I was like, hate seems such a, like so a drastic good. film. It's you know, it's got a lot of really good elements going on here. <laughs> and like, I just I couldn't help it. Like the exploitive filmmaking, of this was just it was killing me, man. I was laughing. I was like, this is so awesome, dude. They couldn't have picked a better. It's gonna chick take to- an hour for Moots to get to his rating. <laughs> so, so what Jesus. is it? So what is it? Matter? It literally was about seven minutes. <laughs> so what does it matter, man? I did. I didn't really say a whole lot during the during the review because. JP was literally it. knobbing this one up, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, you went real hard on the last one, so. Well, that, that is true, man, because, you know, conspiracy theories. I was lagging during that, so. <laughs> <laughs> but, but all in all, man, you know, I, I think that what happened. <laughs> oh, my God, what is film, the rate? <laughs> I'm not going to give. And you know what? I'm actually not going to rate it. Because <laughs> you guys keep interrupting me, man. Um,. I'm, gonna, I, I'm, I'm like on pins and needles here. I'm, no, I'm solid eight out of ten on this one. So it's honestly, yep. I have a good time with this film. It's yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. But. Yep, I have an eight out of ten as well. You fuckers. The next movie's better, bro. I'm sorry. <clears throat> All right. See, for my, me being long-winded, you know, Jeremy makes up for it with saying eight out of ten. Yeah, <laughs> we, we didn't that lose is any, true. We didn't that lose is any. true. Like if if you would, if Jeremy actually said shit, and you said less shit, it would equal 
you know, normal people. So like you're overcompensating for Jeremy's lack of any any ability whatsoever. Hey man, you I get it. You, it works you out. Expect anything less from me? No. So. Hey man, you got to do what you got to do here. Well, anything less would be saying nothing. Oh, go fuck <laughs> off! Like literally, like you can't get much less. It would be saying eight. Yep. <laughs> You really think you're something in that outfit, don't you? Here's your pants. Suffer's on the table. I just love men in uniform. That slaughterhouse meant more to this town than them fools will ever know. Just a matter of time now before. This town's overrun by bikers and hippies. Most families have already fled. Well, I say let them go. Let them flee to the hills and the cities to pollute our air and our water and our mines. Us, we're staying right here. The ashes of six generations of Hewitts have been tilled into the soil of this farm. We will never abandoned the place of our birth. We're on our own now, people. And alone, we will rise above it all. People may not remember what we say here tonight, but they sure as shit gonna remember what we do. Thanks to the good sheriff here, we ain't gonna go hungry tonight. Matter of fact, we ain't never gonna starve again. Alrighty, so getting into the year 2006 when they dropped the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning. Yes, we got a prequel to the remake, directed by Jonathan Liebsman. <laughs> Shit. I don't know how to pronounce his name. You guys know? Probably not. No. Uh. Liebsman. Liebsman? Yeah. Liebsman? Something like that. Uh, this is pretty much the only endeavor he's had into the the realm of horror. So, oh no, he directed. No, he he did he did Rings and oh no, that was a video short. He did Darkness Falls. Yeah, he did Darkness Falls. Oh, and The Killing Room, which is not good at all. Oh, that's a horror film. Oh, I haven't seen it. And then Battle Los Angeles is debatable. Yeah, so I mean, he did Darkness Falls, which is. You know, that's the debatable, decent film, I guess, in itself. Um, yeah, man. Prequel to check. This movie is underrated. Okay, let's get into this here. Um, yeah, the, well, get, yeah, get into the synopsis. Before, before being sent to serve in Vietnam, two brothers and their girlfriends take one last road trip. But when they get into an accident, a terrifying experience will take them to a secluded house of horrors with a chainsaw-wielding killer. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so the first thing I want to say is, um, well, there's so much to say, but but one thing that's really cool about this movie is. It's a prequel that takes being a prequel seriously. Yes, it, uh, it, it is. Try it, like any que- like it's answering questions nobody asked from part from the previous film, yeah. like um, like Bobby. how Sheriff Hoyt lost 
his teeth because there's just a, there's a throwaway scene where where he pulls out his false teeth and and shows uh dude that he's like look me and you are kind of the same you know after he busted te- dude's teeth out well mm-hmm. in this film we know how he loses his teeth like yeah. it, and it's just stuff like that that's really cool there's there's a lot of tie-ins that were not needed but but tied in creatively like literally just people whoever wrote this script you know <clears throat> and we know who did what uh but you know, to look at the first film and be like, okay, well, what can we tell here? Like, I, I think that there was a lot of actual thought process that went through designing this script. Yeah, man. I, I, re- I love the way they developed this, too. As a prequel, you know, they kept the backstory relatively short with the characters and stuff. And they kind of get into, you know, the the meat and potatoes of it, man. So the film starts out in in August of 1939. Um, 39? 1939 and it shows a woman giving birth uh, which turns out to be Leatherface's mother um, yep. so what happens is the the owner of this you know meat packing or this plant or whatever it is he sees the baby come out and it's kind of mutated and kind of gross and shit and he's like oh fuck this shit <laughs> so they dump it <laughs> they dump the baby into a dumpster he is actually picked up by a Hewitt family member and that's how Leatherface was kind of born. Uh, then yep. the, it jumps to the present day, and the present day in this prequel is 1969. So this is four years or three, four years before the events of uh, TCM. Um, well, I mean, like you know, if you're to the original one, whatever. But anyway, so the the, the present day story is 1969 here, and we learn that Leatherface is actually working at this meat pack, packing packing plant, and they're closing down, and he kind of fucking snaps. <laughs> he finds out he's losing his job. He snaps. He kills the owner and shit like that. And it's a really fucking cool scene, too, because, um, you know, not only does he snap and kill the owner, but, you know, you get to see how he gets takes this chainsaw, him walking down the street with his apron and shit like that. Really, really cool stuff. Absolutely. Which also has, like, a great, like, you know that heat wave look? Mm-hmm. You know what yeah, I mean? Man. Well, it's, like, coming out of the asphalt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, it's, that's a great shot. It's man. a really, really great shot, man. Fucking absolutely love this shit, man. <laughs> Super cool. Uh, so yeah, so that's you know that's basically kind of the prelude to TCM. Well, I think like pretty much everything with this movie is that this one is the the dirtiest, the nastiest, just straight up like movie moods are talking about straight up horror in the entire franchise, hands down. Yeah, this one doesn't even, pull any punches, even more. Man even more gritty and dirty than the original in my opinion it is i had a really good time with this one i saw it back in the day at theaters and of course i i wasn't too familiar with all the other sequels but now that you watch them all back to you know back to back to back like we have uh it's really interesting to pick up things uh that you didn't notice that you would notice now that you watched all these movies and and like we talked about in the last review like I, I think they were saving the gore for this one because this one really fucking umps the ante in every single department when it comes to to the well, gore and things there is like definitely that. a difference in the in the cuts, um, the unrated cut that you got. Yeah. This was this was at the boom of releasing an unrated cut on DVD as a selling point to pick mm-hmm. up 
the DVD version. This was like at the core of that, you know what I mean? 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the, that like, and I kind of missed that. Like there was, there was a much more uh, explanation point on like, Oh, it doesn't matter if we cut our movie to shit. We'll just put it on. We'll just put it all for the unrated cut. You know what I mean? Like, because you know, when you media was still DVD. selling, right? When it was, still yeah, selling, yeah, yeah. It was it, like, so. it was exciting to like you, like every movie you knew that there was going to be an unrated cut. Yeah, exactly. Like, and it just it it doesn't seem to be a thing that's that's the selling point or a, or something that um, it's one of those like exploitative selling points that I actually like. Like, I don't like you know. Oh, here's a red subcover. Un- I don't think it's but, unrated on the Blu-ray. Oh, really? I got check one sec. Yeah, no I idea. Got, I got the DVD. On yeah, I've got the DVD version. too, man. Um, what actually one little weird little factoid thing that I noticed in this film? The uh, so when we get introduced to our nope, characters. Nope, it's only the R cut. Really, dude? You watch the R cut? <laughs> it's still pretty good. Yeah, damn, damn still dude. Pretty nasty. Damn, dude. Like, holy shit, man. Yeah, because this one, I don't know what the difference is in the cuts. I don't think I've ever seen the theatrical. I mean, it has to be a little bit, right? I would assume. Be. I would assume it is probably just more gore something but Blu-ray. What, what, what's your runtime, Jeremy on that uh, 91 minutes I think it might be missing a couple minutes for sure yeah um hmm let me try to find out uh yeah you are missing this one, wait minutes. how much is yours you're missing 91. five you're missing five minutes it's 96 mine says 89 huh huh Weird. That, <laughs> my, mine, mine is a ninety-six minute here. Do you have an extra? Do you have like an extra edition that I don't have? This is bullshit. What's going on here? <laughs> the one I got. <laughs> Weird. Um. Anyways, man. So we get introduced to our characters here. They are taking you know kind of a last trip before they go to Vietnam and stuff. There's an interesting. Mm-hmm. There's a song that's playing right in the beginning of the film here, and it's uh, "All Right Now" by the band Free, and. Knowing me, I'm a, I'm a music geek, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, man, okay, this shit's taking place in 1969. I'm like, I gotta back check, I gotta check this song, because I'm like, I swear it didn't come out till 1970. I was right. The song that's playing <laughs> in the movie didn't even come out till 1970. I just had a weird hunch. So really? It's, yeah, it's kind of a fuck. And I double checked it. Are you it's, sure that's not the Canadian release date? No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. The, the single actually didn't come out until 1970, and I was like, "What the fuck?" That's what's crazy. the song called? All right, now it's like by Free. Every everybody knows that song, man. If you heard it, you would recognize it in a second. Um, but oddly enough, it actually didn't come out at, in 1969. <laughs> I was like, it kind of made me laugh. I'm like, really? There's a fuck up like first ten minutes of the film. But whatever, it's not a big deal. Not a big deal. But yeah, that's year off. It's better than like you know something from, like, years. modern. I've, I've actually seen this happen in other films too, where they've used songs that were supposed to be in a retro type film, and it, it didn't work out. <laughs> but actually, by I can't remember what the film was, but the song was released like three years later. It was so bad. I was like, that's <laughs> really bad. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I. I absolutely love this prequel man i i, I can't yeah, stress how much so i good. love this thing i love the fact that you get like this story of you know Leatherface and stuff and then we find out uh the story of uh of hoyt you know how he becomes the sheriff and stuff like that and that was yeah. really interesting well, well the first the thing most, like, to back up thing. a little bit um one one of my favorite parts of the prequel is i really 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 like the plot point to what's going on um, with the the actual protagonists, but trying to 
avoid the draft. Well, one brother is yeah. what you would call a doughboy who's re-enlisting. Yeah, yeah. And the other one is not wanting to do it. He wants to go to Canada or whatever. Yeah, there's a little Mexico. bit of con- there's a little bit of conflict there between these brothers, for sure. It, it makes so much sense, though. Yep. Um, but there's a well, lot. The personalities the are two totally different personalities, so you could see that why yeah. that would be the case because you can just tell by the way they talk and stuff like that. Their person when how they talk to their girlfriends that their personalities are totally different anyway. So this is like it the first time. Sense. Right away, everybody's really likable though. Yeah, like, man. You you love the one dude for wanting to go back with his brother because he doesn't want him to have to go alone. And you and you relate to the other brother not wanting to go to Vietnam. Like, that, I, that, I, I, I sure in hell like, wouldn't oddly, want to go. Like, how did they manage to throw a little bit of social commentary into a prequel to Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake? <laughs> you know, yeah. like there's like the yin and yang there. Because like, you the got the hero and you got the up pussy. In the air and that because this guy's an Oscar winner. I know it's just, it's crazy how they managed to pull that off. Like they didn't really shove it down your throat, but it just I'm serious. They had he, he's enough, an Oscar winner. Oh, I, be, I bet he is. Ew. But but they really managed to like do it in such a in, in a perfect dose in this film where you get it. You just get mm-hmm. it. Like there's this little there's a scene where the girlfriend of the brothers like, hey man, you got to tell him and shit like that. And and he doesn't really want to tell him. But you know how he tells him? He tells him by burning his fucking draft card. Which comes yeah. into play in the scene with with Hoyt, which is man. awesome. Which is totally. He's like, cool. which one of you draft dodging hippies burned his draft card? You know, and then I like that role reversal where you have the one brother pretending to be Dean because he yeah. wants to um, protect his brother. Dude, protect his brother. Awesome. There's so many cool things and, happen in this film, man. So many cool. Yeah, things. And, and then you get and again Sheriff Hoyt playing the charade uh, a little bit, even though he doesn't have to. Um, and then he. Uh, you know, he obviously goes and hangs these guys up, and that that whole scene is really good. Like oh, that's a that's a really creative, like well written scene of of horror, terror, and like like you just like you just like especially when he wraps the saran wrapper on his head, uh-huh. and then like it's just so like you feel like you're suffocating yourself. You're like, dude, fuck, man. Well, I was even more comfortable after he, when he was doing the push ups and he broke his back. Like that's fucked up. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. I told you you could go. Now you could go. And yeah. he fucking breaks it. That shit's fucked up. Okay, so, so let's back up like a tiny, tiny bit here. We'll we'll explain like um, – I kind of like how they did it with uh, with Sheriff Hoyt slash Sheriff Hoyt. <laughs> you know, so he comes to the house. The real Sheriff Hoyt comes to the house. <laughs> yeah. The original one. This is how Sheriff Hoyt becomes Sheriff Hoyt. <laughs> let, let me ask you a question. Um. I can't like is for some reason I mi- I might have walked out of the room or I missed it. Was there a scene where he was like uh talking about how you can br- he's like you can bring a horse to organism using your fingers. Yeah, man. No. That yeah. Okay, cuz I was waiting for that line cuz it always makes me laugh, but I must have walked out of the Dude, room. I was that, like, "Wait, is this in a different cut of the that, movie or something?" I don't know, man. If that's some stereotypical southern writing right there, but that <laughs> sheriff was disgusting, man. He's like he's like he's like, "You know, man, I wouldn't mind doing it myself." And I'm like, "Oh my god." Yeah. <laughs> like you're the sheriff. Dude. But anyway, he's like, "What kind of people are out there?" And he's like, "Nah, how I wouldn't mind doing it myself." But I'm just saying. What the hell are you talking about, bro? 100%. So, so after the event, he's of, like, "You, you, you, you would have raised that uh, so, something, right? We wouldn't be having you and me. We wouldn't be having this talk or something like that." He's such a dickhead. I know. He's man. like, he ain't retarded. He's misunderstood. Yeah. So after the event, I like how they keep him in the dark too. Oh, like, for sure. Uh, yeah. 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 
yeah. So that when you when you see him don the costume is the first time you get a clear look at him, and it's like, it's cinematic. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's a cool. Mm-hmm. That's cool technique. So I like how they set it up though. So after Leatherface kills you know the boss and makes his way home and shit, obviously the police are informed or Sheriff Hoyt's informed of this. He comes to the house and he needs to go look for Leatherface. So they basically take off um, him and, and Hewitt. And uh, so they find Leatherface. He's walking down the street with he's, his chainsaw. He's walking down the street with his chainsaw. They pull up on him, and Sheriff Hoyt, the original Sheriff Hoyt, gets out of the car, and something happens. Hewitt yep. basically takes him out, he shoots him in the head, and he becomes the cop. And, you know, at first, when I first watched this film, I was like, isn't anybody coming? Like, he just he just killed yeah. a cop. Like what he, about the rest of the sheriff department? Like, well, he just, he, the guy said, but he literally me, killed I'm the last the, bit of law enforcement left here, and hell, I'm moving next week. Yeah. Like, basically, like, you have to look at it like this, dude. I love like, that, it's, man. So it's cool. sort of like a Great Depression type mm-hmm. area where it's like this company literally was the foundation of what kept people able yeah. to work, you know yeah. what I mean? It's so off the beaten path that it's. But that I it's love how they set that up because they set it up to the fact that like now it's believable that Hewitt became Sheriff Hoyt, and no one will question it when they're coming through because the whole town was gone. There was nobody yeah. left. Everybody had left because after the meatpacking plant shut down, that was the only income everyone had. So everyone bailed. Everyone's yeah. fucking gone. I love that fucking man. It, it actually works on so many. I mean. You got to suspend your disbelief a little bit. I mean, you think there's still be one or two people around that would kind of catch on to things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you would think, but it's somebody still like th- this. This would not happen today. No, it definitely no would. way in hell. But like 1969, maybe. But just the, like Children of the Corn could never happen today. <laughs> the world that they give you, the world that they set up in this film, in the prequel, seems to really work. It just, it, they really tell you that there's no one around. There's no other vehicles. There's no other interaction with people and stuff. They don't, they don't blow that cover. You know what I'm saying? And I think it really does work, man. I think it's awesome. I love that setup. I think it's fucking great, man. Totally mm-hmm. awesome. And then, and then you have that, that cool scene where he's like, he basically, when he, uh, the reveal that he's eaten that he killed the sheriff the sheriff and they're about to eat him and he's like basically saying that we will not abandon our uh place of birth and shit like that and and you know we'll never go hungry again and shit like that i was like all right all right i like that line he literally announces to the family is like this is what we're gonna fucking do i'm the law he's like telling me he's like i'm the law (laughs) and we are not leaving and the only way to eat is by doing this and he's like, holy shit, man. <laughs> like, that's fucking awesome. I love it, man. <laughs> so good. Mm-hmm. So good, man. Really good shit. And then and then you get yeah. this like so getting back to our like main characters in the film are youngins that are going off on their trip and stuff. There's <laughs> like this oddball scene, which totally ties into the whole film, obviously. But we've got this mm-hmm. kind of um I don't even really know how to explain it, man. It, they're driving down the road, and all of a sudden, these bikers start fucking with him and shit. <laughs> like, I don't know. When I first watched this film, I was like, okay, like, really? We're just going to have bikers come out of left field, considering there's never anybody around, but there's going to be. Well, they, know, they've seen bikers. the bikers at the uh, diner, right? Yeah, I guess. I, yeah. Is it, no, is no. no that, I, I actually, I actually really dislike that the bikers. Did they see the bikers that, before the confrontation on the road, or did I know they run into them after no, at the yeah, store? We've seen them. We've seen them. It's be, after. No, because isn't they, it? Well, oh, I thought you meant before the rob. We we see them before the robbery. 
Yeah, yeah. Okay, so... Yeah, so they're basically driving around. You know, these bikers are being bikers. They're just being assholes. I mean, fuck. They got bikers around here that literally do that shit still. They're fucked. Um, but uh, Hoyt... Hoyt was worried about the town being overrun by bikers and hippies, so... <laughs> Which, yeah, I mean... There is a reference to, that, to, to the fact that there are bikers all around. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting, <laughs> but no, I actually don't like that. Um, I actually, I actually am not a huge fan of the implementation of the bikers to begin with. Well, the only also thing, isn't the only, isn't it, isn't there have to be a connection point between? I think Sheriff it's a great Hoyt conjecture. Killing the girl and I think there it's has a to be gr- some kind of. I think it's well, a great I'm conjecture. I'm just not a fan of the bike. Like I, I don't need. Like what I'm not saying that they're like what I'm saying is at all, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, all right. Um, I, I actually don't really have a big problem with it because I'm so used to. I mean, I guess if you take them away, you don't really lose anything. So, well, the the only thing you lose is like I guess a body. Like I, I just that dude is lame. The chick is kind of lame. Like it's it, it's a little unbelievable that she would. You know that 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 biker chick in 1969 would just roll a, up on him, and it's just a way of setting up the fact that they fucking smoke a cow and then destroy their jeep. <laughs> you know, instead of having some lame conversation in the jeep where no the driver's not paying attention, and then he well, turns they, they did. That's, that's why they wreck into the cow because they are having the lame conversation where the he burned his draft card and all but also that girl happens to be there too so it's like a double confusion double whammy yeah i mean it it plays they could have just did the other thing i don't know i mean i mean it's it's like it's not bad or anything like um i just think that when you when i when i look at both of these two films I feel like that's the most horror tropey thing to write into the story. Yeah, um, is is like the biker gang. But you have to admit, though, it sets up a great scene where <laughs> where Hoyt fucking just annihilated. Where Hoyt shows up at the at the accident scene and just doesn't even hesitate, man. <laughs> like, it's yep. so fucking Blows awesome. Blows his brains. Blows uh, her brains out. I love that. I, yeah. One of the only problems with this film I've had though is when. The three characters are taken away by Hoyt, which is actually pretty entertaining, that whole scene right there. But, of course, the one girl is left behind, and she actually ends up crawling into the Jeep, and they, they tow it and stuff. How in the fuck the driver never saw her in there? You know, like, because he's digging around, he manages <laughs> to find a gun, but he can't find a fucking human in there. Well, that was the well, only not, scene in the film where I was like, kind of questioned. I was like, "Give me a break!" I mean, see, really? But see, you are going to look inside the vehicle. Like, I mean, he was willing to find a gun. Of course, it was in a convenient place to find the gun. But you would still know. There's not like there's that much hiding room in there. Like, you would see her eventually, right? Kind of thing, right? So I was kind of questioned that a little. Well, bit. Well, she was under it at first. Yeah, but but she ends up being inside it too, and there's even a point where he's. I can't, actually- I can't remember the particular scene of. Yeah, um, you're probably right though, but see, that's actually another like, and obviously, like you guys like this one more than the remake. I actually like it less than the remake, um, but another thing that I don't really care for too much is we spend a lot of time with her crawling all throughout the house this old house that obviously creaks and cracks when you walk and stuff and she is up the upstairs downstairs through the outside through the inside through windows like she's just going 
crawling around literally like in the same room as them at some points yeah. and I'm just, I, I think that it, it went a little overboard to where it crossed to that like unrealistic unbelievable type of territory a little bit well and that's one of my few minor complaints that and and like you said with the jeep and stuff like that i think though it does set up a couple things it sets sets up the fact that like you know she's totally set up to be the survivor girl right like she's that girl Mm -hmm. that she's they're making all this moves with her and things like that plus her crawling around the house and stuff they actually don't know about her so I mean, in yeah, actual- but I'm just saying, like that, like, like it, she's not making the noise that sh- it should be. Like she's opening, she, oh, like, she okay. like dipped into a cabinet door or some shit, like right when the person like walked into the room or something like that. And it's like it didn't even creak or like my shit creaks out in the kitchen when I open it. Like, <laughs> like I just don't buy it at this at this house. Well, especially you know? especially old ass houses like that too. You know, that yeah, probably yeah. have the real hard wood, and when they've been around for a long time, you know what they do when you walk on them or crawl on them. It creaks. Yeah. It Creak. fucking yeah. creaks. You can't yeah. not have it creak. It's just the way it is. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I do get that. But um, yeah. I think another um, notable good, thing. Of- good scenes though with uh, in the basement uh, when she's uh, when dudes like fucking. Oh man, you feel bad for these guys. Like like all yeah, these guys. Man. Like the dude who gets the bear trap, and then the dude who's all like all strapped to the table, and and she, they have that cutesy little like how many kids like two thing that they referenced earlier in the film. <laughs> yeah. Like I think that shit is effective, honestly. Like like I wish more horror movies would be more vulnerable and try to do stuff like that because to me it adds to emotion when somebody actually gets killed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I 100% agree, man. I think it actually does work. <laughs> When the guy gets his leg sawn off, bro, <laughs> he cuts off one. He's like, "Well, if you're gonna do one, you gotta do the other." Dude, That's, I love that. I mean, like that—that that just proves that Hoyt is a complete dickhead. Oh my god, he's I, like Uncle Monty. <laughs> I love the fucking fact that Monty, he's like, "God damn it, Thomas! Now that they're sloppy." <laughs> the other one, Monty gets shot in one knee and ends up losing both his legs. <laughs> But it makes, the, it makes so the remake fun. even more. It makes the remake even more fascinating now well, because you know what happens. That's another yeah. great point, though, because it's another thing that they put in there. They they didn't forget. It about was that so shit. cool that they was able right. to get everybody back, dude. Like they got the mom back. They got uh, Monty back. Tea Lady came back for yeah, a scene. Dude. Like that. That's really cool, dude. Like, like that. That is that really does sell a prequel when you have that. Um, well, those characters it, it just it this family is so much interesting more interesting than anybody else in the entire franchise i just wish they they continued to make more of these with this I do too. it just sucks it hurts me after well, watching this uh, movie. It, it really does didn't, didn't hoyt die though in no. part oh in part the, boy. the last one. Oh yeah in okay. the remake yeah well he gets he gets brutalized and run over like three fucking times <laughs> aaron does yeah, it so. hardcore <laughs> yeah, I mean he's kind of the backbone of your film, essentially. Yeah. He dies. It's kind of yeah. I do admit though, rough. man, his yeah. character is just unstoppable. It's yeah. just yeah. so fucking entertaining. Everything he says, man, you, you're just like, oh yeah. <laughs> you just want more of him. I understand. Yeah, a, a sequel to the remake that's why I always say, like, when people like talk shit on the remake films, I'm like. I'm like, do you not realize the brilliance of of Arlie Ermey in this role? Like, it's one of the best horror villains ever. He really is so good. Everything he says, you're just like, you want to bow down to. It's like he's so good. Well, even this movie, it's like it's it's super unfortunate people don't talk about it because it it is like 
I've been praising it for years. Huh? Well, I've been getting chainsaw films. I've been like, getting the sucks. consensus. I've been getting the consensus that a lot of people haven't seen this one recently. I've been, I've been hearing that people like this one a lot more than the remake. Like I, I hear most people say, which, which really surprised me. Like I guess we're in different somebody groups. Somebody said then. today. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I've somebody, seen people shit somebody said today to me. Um, I think it was to I think it was to me. It, it was either to me or in another one of those um, threads about the new film. They said, I love the beginning, but I can't stand that shitty remake. And I'm like, dude, they're the same fucking movie. Like, they, they just have minor differences. Like, it, it's just story difference. But they're the same fucking movie, dude. Like, I, really? This, when you th- think about it, they're very similar. This film, though, is definitely shot a lot different than the remake. I mean, Christy is not exploited at all. In this, it's funny, man. You know, as as beautiful as Jordana Brewster is, you, like, there's like no scenes where you like see, they focused in on her ass. Maybe it might have just been the technique, but they weren't worried about that type of stuff. There's definitely an ass shot in here. Maybe one, but it's not like every three seconds in the remake with with Jessica Biel, man. I mean, literally, her ass. I mean, they might as well just. It's not every three seconds. Come on, there's one major ass shot. Dude, There's a lot of like down the top shots. Dude, I jerked off four or five times in that ninety-eight minutes. You're saying it like it's a negative, though. No, when have I, we ever? When? How is it a negative that they? I'm that not. I'm, for me, <laughs> I, for me, because I'm an ass person. I love that shit. But I've had, I've heard other people just say, you know, they were really exploiting, and I understand where they're coming from. If you're not a fan of that, I mean, where? Her Who? Wearing Who clothes. are these people? I don't know. Where gay people, people like Jeremy. I don't know. <laughs> I nothing, you. nothing against gay people. I was nothing. We're not even getting to this shit again. Um, Fucking ass. But you, you know what I'm saying? That there is people that notice things like this. Like, I mean, I just read one comment just a little while ago, and it said the only thing I remember from that movie is how hot Jessica Biel was. And, mm-hmm. you know, referring to the fact that, like, they show a lot of her. Like, she's in a lot of scenes. She's always walking away or tits are yeah, bouncing. Yeah, she's great in the movie. Or she's her acting is top notch. Forgot about the hard nipples. And, you know, things like yeah. that, right? So, Well, uh, what, I will tell you this. One of just, the reasons that they do get her wet uh, is to actually remove some of the dirt, dirt and blood because it was becoming a nightmare to reapply it in every scene. Um, so they had the idea of Ooh, washing her off. That's a filmmaking technique right there, eh? Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get her wet, man. You they do. They do it in anymore. another one too. They do it in another chainsaw. Wow. I forget which one. That's creative. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's cool. Yeah, but you know, th- one thing about this film that I love, man, dude, it's just. I feel like it's just so brutal at times, man. Like it, it, dirty. It's so brutal with the killings, and it's just relentless. And it has a yeah. great downbeat ending, and it plays itself right through. Like there's. It's not a dark comedy at all. It's it's played straight up horror, and that's what I love about yeah. this film. It, it, this one is the first film since the original one that reminds me of like hard horror. Like I mean, fully. I mean, the remake, you know, it's not silly or, any, or anything, but this one right here just has that grittiness element to it, and it just feels hard, man. Like I mean, dude, when when fucking uh, when he's fucking with the brother there. And then he's like beating him down and shit. Like he's doing the push-ups and shit. I'm just like, holy! He's just torturing motherfuckers, man. That's I nasty. told you, I said that like a half an hour ago, bro. Yeah, dude, that when, shit is brutally when uncomfortable. When he's when beating Dean back, down. oh, and he's beating Dean down. You're just like, holy! You literally say to yourself, "End it!" <laughs> you know, you're like, "Come on!" You know. So, and I like that, man. Feeling comfortable and shit is is a good thing for myself. So, 
I don't really have a lot of problems with this. Other other words than it is going to lose. It is going to lose half a mark for that fuck up with uh, with the free song. That that's bullshit. You got to do your homework. Uh, get a, you're not actually taking a point off for that, are you? Half a point. <laughs> no, I just like that. But um, I mean, come but, on, man, do your homework, man. Do your damn homework. But no, at, at least uh, it, at also, least it's a great um, song. It's actually one of yeah. the most played songs in radio history actually for I, I like the relationship between uh thomas and and uh hoyt in this one too there's a little bit more interaction where he's like you know tommy i need you up here boy and then he come he comes running and stuff and and like pepper tries to escape and that was that dude that shit scared the fuck out of me when i first seen this movie when she's in the truck and you think she's getting away and then whoop, yep. which honestly though it goes up there make, with doesn't make that much sense it goes up there with the uh Texas Chainsaw 2 scares the best two scares in the <laughs> franchise. It's effective, yeah. but it doesn't make a ton of sense, honestly, if you think about it. Because she was she was hauling ass. I don't believe that he could have caught up to that. Chuck. So, what what are you guys' thoughts on Leatherface in this one? Since we've kind of love him, it's the He's same great. same same actor as the last as the remake. You know, it's yeah, I think same I, old same old. Yeah, I mean, it, it actually makes sense that he has leather on his face. <laughs> yep. I know, right? I know. You know, sometimes you know when you have the same actor, it could be a little bit of a different performance. But yeah, it's like it's really good. Like the leather Spot face, on, and just like the remake. Yeah, really, really effective and good. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. Good stuff. According to producer Brad Fuller, the film was given an NC-17 by the MPA, uh, and a total of 17 scenes had to be edited in order to get an R rating. Um, mm. uh, the cow was made of fiberglass filled with blood, fake entrails, fake bones, and screwed together. <laughs> so it was a fiberglass cow. Yep. Uh they decided not to make a sequel uh, to the 2003 movie, but the fans kept coming uh, to them asking how the family got the way they did. So they decided to do um, uh, 2000, a prequel, rather, uh, which is cool. That makes sense. Um, I don't know. Like, man, man. Oh, the the uh, when Eric gets his face wrapped in cellophane by Sheriff Hoyt, that's actually real. Um, Matt Bomber's head was actually being wrapped in saran wrap. Arlie Ermey said he was very concerned for him. They left a small gap opening at the bottom of Matt's chin for him to breathe, but that didn't help much. So whenever he was having trouble breathing, he would indicate by knocking his knees together. Fuck. That would be a... That was the that whole would be scene. A mental, that would be a mental goddamn... <laughs> yeah, well, was, I, I bet you that's the only scene they shot that day. <laughs> <laughs> With him, at least. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gotta say the safe word, Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oklahoma, Oklahoma. <clears throat> And no one gets my jackass reference. Fine. Oh, I know you're saying. Um, is that it for trivia? Yeah, that's it for trivia. Uh, so, ratings. I believe Jeremy's first this time. Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Beginning. It's the first time I've watched it since I saw it in the theaters back in the day. Fuck, eleven years ago now. Uh, I really had a good time with this movie. It's like I said, dirty. It's dark. It's gritty. It's nasty. I love this version of the family. It, it's just everything that uh, I wanted in the Chainsaw film. Uh, so I come in with a 9 out of 10 on this one. Yeah. Is it my go? Yes. 
Okay. Um, well, I, I should prepare my 10-minute speech here. Um, <laughs> I, I said all I had to say about the film, man. I'm right there. I, I think this film is just so much fun and gritty. I love the grittiness, man. Gritty, awesome, downbeat ending, man. Uh, eight and a half out of ten for myself. Yeah, uh, this one to me, um, I, I really, really like it. It's it's probably the best prequel, at least up there with Amityville 2 is one that I think of. Um, I honestly think that. This might be the greatest horror prequel ever. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it's it, there's a few things that I don't like. And uh, one thing that I didn't mention that I don't like is actually the ending. Um, I like the result. I just hate how it's done. With somehow Leatherface got ahead of the girl and ended up in her backseat. To me, that's just cheesy horror shit that doesn't ever oh, work for me. And that's also the reason why you hate uh, House of a Thousand Corpses too, right? The <laughs> end of that film? Same thing? Uh, where they're down in the hole? No, the end scene in the car. I can't remember. <laughs> okay, it's I th- holding, man. Okay, I, th- I thought I heard you mention that before. Oh, You're like, oh, the car scene. Yeah, like, that's yeah. so fucking stupid. Yeah, uh, probably, probably. <laughs> but yeah, because like she was with him, and then all of a sudden, like, how did he know that she was going to that car? It's like weird. You know what I mean? Like it that doesn't seem like a leather face type move. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, besides that, man, I love this movie. Like I- I've been praising it for years. Uh, I loved, I loved the remake. Uh, timeline. Uh, I think that the characters are some of the more interesting and honestly fit in with the original characters. Like, like Sheriff Hoyt could easily be like a cook type character. You know what I mean? And uh, these films are great, dude. And I, I, I always find it funny when people hate, hate on them because it, it seems mostly it's comparing to the remake or to the original. Um, but yeah, I, I'm coming in at a nine out of ten. Holy shit! You have a higher rating than me. <laughs> What the fuck? Is that, dude, is that I, a dude. Hall of Famer? No, no. Nine. Isn't it 27? <laughs> that's Isn't not that even... Two that's, and a half? That's not 28 even. gets in the Hall of Fame. Dude, three nines would be 27. It, I have an eight Isn't and it half. 27 and above? No, 28. 28. But yeah, uh, dude, I like I've said for a long time I love these two movies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, I, I, even with, like, moves, why couldn't you have given it a dude. nine? Would have been a Hall of Famer then. No, uh-huh. it would have, it would have so, been twenty seven. No, twenty seven. <laughs> You're not, fucking bad. This at guy has math skills, oh, man. Get, fuck off. This is the guy who thinks nine, like fucking nine times nine three. years. Twenty seven. <laughs> exactly. One point short of Hall of Fame status. Thanks. I I figured it better, out. Baby. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the next one. <laughs> Damn it. Come on out here. Look, I ain't waiting out here all day. I'll call in the status back what you want. Send the boy out, Drayton. Look, this all has to get no uglier than it already is. Fuckers ain't getting anybody in this family. I ain't leaving without the boy, Drayton. We're Sawyers. Hell yeah. What's it gonna be? You do what you have to do, Sheriff. Send the boy out. Give him the boy. He's simple anyway. He's family. Yeah, jumping into 2013 with Texas Chainsaw 3D. Now, this is not a sequel to the remakes. 
this is actually a direct sequel to the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre film. Mm-hmm. Just to get that straight right there. Yeah, directed by John Lissenhop, who's done no horror, I believe. No. It's unfortunate because maybe he would learn about something called plot holes when he's writing his other movies. Holy shit, dude. There's like a bunch of writers. <laughs> I never noticed that. Like, how, how do you have that many writers and that many, mis- I guess, that many writers, that many mistakes? I don't know. Um, synopsis here man a young woman travels to texas to collect her an inheritance little does she know that an encounter with a chainsaw wielding killer is part of the of the reward like i was a wielding in every synopsis it's great chainsaw 3d man holy fuck jp would you want to enlighten us on this one yeah this movie so, sucks. I, I honestly do not think it sucks. All right. Uh, it has problems. I have a hard time uh, believing wh- with the amount of obvious plot holes and things that are going on. Okay. Explain. Okay. We'll so let, let's handle the timeline right away. Okay. Okay. So the timeline, right? Uh, we obviously know that present day, this film takes place in present day smartphones, ETC. Um, so that means that 2013, at least. Because we um, see it on the grave. It says 2012 on the oh, grandmother's grave. All yeah. right. Um, so if it's 2012, uh, that means the original check Texas chain, it would be 30 years later, right? 84, 94, 2004. It's actually technically 40. 38. Okay. 38. So, um, which means that. Leatherface would be Leatherface would be sixty or seventy, and <laughs> what's her face would be like forty. <laughs> so um, right away, like that is not going to work if you set it in present time. Obviously, uh, the only other way to do it would be to set it in the nineties or the the eighties. Um, if it could do it, why not this one? I don't know why they didn't uh, just set it set it in the early nineties, man. Twenty years later, fine. Well, I, I I think that it was because, like, now that would be fine with Stranger Things and everything, like, yeah. being all nostalgic and stuff. Now it's hot to do that. Uh, back when this was made, uh, it was hot to be modern. And I think that they just didn't want to take the risk of setting it in the 80s or 90s. I think it was a mistake, ultimately. But I do not think that it actually affects the film. How? Just How does a, it, it not affect the film? When because your main the, character is supposed to be fucking seven years old and he's fucking running. It's retarded. Because it only affects it. It's it's a technicality. It, all it is is it, it doesn't does, actually it doesn't the, affect the, the storyline. Well, it actually it, it actually does. Like it does because does. even our. I mean, if you look at it like this, I mean, our main character. She should technically be older too. I mean, if she was taken at the scene of the original film, which was done in. August 19th, uh, 1973. <coughs> she herself yeah, she should be, be 40. That's what I said. She'd be like 40 something. But she, yeah, she should retarded. be 40 years old. But, but, so. but it doesn't. But what I'm saying is it doesn't make the. Fi- it doesn't. Like, that doesn't make the film a. Like, like what I don't they, understand. It, all it thinking? is is a sequel techna- technicality. Well, like, what were they just, thinking? Were they it's thinking just a timeline like, issue. Were they just thinking like, oh, nobody's going to notice that in the beginning of this movie it says 1976, they, now they, present day? I, I believe like, – I, I tried to actually – I listened to some special features trying to find out like, – because I remember seeing somewhere – I thought it was on the special features, but I don't think it was – where they said they simply just – they just was like, oh, we just was kind of going to ignore the timeline so that we could – we know that it doesn't work. We know that it would – they would have to be like 40 and stuff and Leatherface would be 60 um and budget 
Terry reasons to set it in the in the nineties or eighties or whatever. Um, like I guess this film got a bunch of money pulled from it before it was about to shoot. Um, because the carnival scene was actually much bigger as well, which we'll talk about. Um, but I hate that scene, man. <laughs> but basically, uh, I think that it was like, you know, it's, it takes money to make sure everything is time, uh, time, uh, stamped, you know what I mean? Like, like the, everything in the, in the film, all the cars and stuff like that, or nineties cars and things like that, um, or eighties. So, yeah, I mean, technically it does like if you had ne- if you had never seen the original film, the timeline would not matter. It does not specifically say in this film that the original took place. In, yes, it does. When she's looking at the newspaper, it says 1970. Yeah, it, it does. It does. So, 73. 73. 73. Yeah. So it does if in, in the actual uh, so, so newspaper. So your theory is wrong. Well, no, I mean, you but, know what? but here's the thing, dude. What like, is the newspaper line? Whoa, 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 whoa. Actually, you know, going back to the newspaper, they actually did fuck that scene up, dude. I don't know if you guys noticed, but the newspaper is reading uh, the date on the newspaper says August 19th. Well, they wouldn't have pressed the newspaper the same day of the events. It would have been dated August 20th. I looked on it. And I was like, August 19th. What the fuck? The paper of events always comes Dang out it. the next day. It should have been dated August 20th. 19th. I thought it was um, they, August 16th. No, it's August 19th. But they fucked that. They totally fucked that up, too. I was like, okay, crazy. But what I'm saying is, like, to stuff, me, this right? shit just doesn't matter that much. Like, it does, like, though. Yeah, as, a, as a fan, it would be awesome if everything lined up and shit like that. But I'm just saying, like, I to me, it's like that doesn't affect the actual movie that much, right? Uh, like, it, I don't. It, it does. I, it affects I everything for me because it doesn't make sense. See, that's the thing. I actually agree with Jeremy right here, man. And this is not ganging up because you guys were ganging up on me in part four. But I legitimately have always had a major problem with this, man. I mean, if you're gonna do, if you're gonna take the time to do a sequel to the direct or to the original film, which this one actually starts out pretty good. I do like the way it starts. Yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, it's good. You know, it's kind of cool. Man. It shows Sally, you know, getting away, and then, and then it shows the the cops, and they burn this place down, they kill everybody, and blah blah. blah it jumps to the present stuff. I kind, I, I really like what they did with this. If they had to set this in the nineties and just had the appropriate timeline, it would have been a lot more easier to to accept. No, this- it definitely would have been better, no doubt about that. But I'm saying, if I'm I'm just asking you guys this: what actual hindrance does that do on the film? Because it, by not having the date right. Because when you put it into present times, in your mind subconsciously, you know that there's something wrong. There's something wrong. These characters are not as what they should be. Our lead character should be 40. Leatherface, uh, or I mean, is, you know, in the present day, should be 40. Leatherface should be like in his 60s or something like that. But mm-hmm. it, there's something off there. You know, if this is 20 years later, like how it, how it is, early 90s, that's the character that we're seeing on there. She's 20 years old. Leatherface is, you know, obviously whatever he is, 45 or 50, whatever he is. You know, there's something there subconsciously you know that is off and wrong. And yeah. timelines is a big thing sometimes, man. And you, when you look at a film, and I mean, that's still part of the filmmaking process. What makes a good film and a bad film is subjective to everybody else. Some people don't factor in plot, whatever. They're just entertainment value, whatever. But when we're doing a franchise and we're we're trying to link everything together, especially when a film is actually a direct sequel to the original, you expect a timeline to be a big factor in this one. It's not, 
And it, it, to me, it really hinders the whole film. I mean, there's other problems with this film. I already pointed out another one. They fucked up even on the newspaper. It's minor details that sometimes really kind of ruin shit. You know, especially with a franchise that's jumping around in dates. And to have a little yeah. thing like that where you're well, reading a well, newspaper well, and it's newspaper actually dated. Thing doesn't, the, the newspaper thing, um, I'm not really sure because like the, the, the oh, day... Wrong. Because the day of the event in the original Texas Chainsaw, I actually rewound it when I was could watching. Have been, I was like, Did that say August? 20th? Because there's, it's a two it's a two day th- thing, right? Because it ends on the. No, I'm just saying. You take the, any you take any news story that happens. What what is the date today? September twenty fourth. Twenty fourth. So some say, uh, fucking Trump bombs North Korea today. We're going to be reading about it in tomorrow's paper, which is going to be September 25th. It'll be dated September 25th, right, of the events of September 24th. In this case, they actually had it dated the same day. We all know that's the, not was logical. The newspaper was dated or the story was dated? No, the, the newspaper. newspaper itself in the corner. The it says, August, it says um, August 19th newspaper. <laughs> right and i was like oh shit man that's totally a mistake right there bad script supervisor right there yeah i mean, I mean th- th- that's definitely a continuity error for sure for sure yeah. but to me that's like, a that, continuity that not... error but the 40 year difference <clears throat> isn't no that is too i've never said that that isn't i'm just saying that it doesn't affect my enjoyment of the film oh, it, it is just it's an annoying thing and it's okay but i'm fine with being like okay the timeline doesn't match up Big deal. Get the fuck out of here. If this was Friday or fucking Nightmare, you'd be shitting yourself right now. The timeline doesn't match up in those films. Yeah, but not like fucking and nobody gives them shit for it, dude. That's the thing. Jason is a is is a grown man, and 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 less than a year after he was a child, like it doesn't make any sense. You know what? Let's save those conversations for when we get there. Actually. (laughs) Yeah, but everybody like like okay, yeah, th- that is a major fuck up. I'm not gonna lie, but th- but to me like that's like a point off. Like mm-hmm. I don't I, like it doesn't like destroy the movie for me at all. Like I'm like okay, this the timeline's One stupid. Point. Okay, let, yeah, because it just let me doesn't, ask you a it doesn't it doesn't affect the movie. The movie is still the movie. Like if you pretended if if the original didn't even exist, like then you can still judge a movie on the movie alone. Okay, let me ask you something here. So in the in the beginning of this film, we get uh, the police. They basically massacre the Sawyers, kill everybody. We have a uh, Miller who <laughs> actually does something really fucking funny in the film. He kicks this bitch in the face and takes her baby and yeah. ultimately becomes our lead character in the film, which is which is Heather Miller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's that's fine that's fine um well it's not fine because my biggest issue with that is how the fuck do they know that they did when her grandma dies how do they know that that is her grandma dude dude, this is literally what i'm leading into so so okay so heather grows up thinking that her parents are her parents we know that they are not her parents she receives a letter um, saying that her grandmother has died. Obviously, she's questioning her parents, going, I don't have family. What the fuck are you talking about? Oh, by the mm-hmm. way, we abducted you. We stole you from a crime scene. Um, so my question was, that, <laughs> that's one thing that's you know kind of ridiculous. But an- anyways, um, I always question the fact of how in the shit they found her. Who, the, the people whose 
the Crenshaw or Cranson, whatever her name was. So her grandma died. Her grandma Sawyer dies and leaves her this property. It's not her grandma Sawyer. Well, it's not. It's not. It's, you know, whatever. But anyways, um, so how they found where she was. Like, so she had to receive a letter from somebody, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, that that's that's my issue too. I so where did the letter come? Who See, knew? To me, that's like that's much more of a plot hole than actually. Just like a it's a major pro- it's a major problem because if somebody knew where she was, why would why they have they let them? Yeah. Why didn't they come after like you know twenty years earlier when they knew that she was obviously abducted? It makes yeah. no sense to me whatsoever, and that's actually one of the most ridiculous things with this film she even questions it in the film at one time she even asked her lawyer who drops her off at the house and says how did you find me did he answer he, yeah he, be- uh, he beats around the bush yeah he beats around the bush <laughs> and actually to the point where it even gets ridiculous when he talks to or when she talks to him again later in the film and says you know like something about uh there was somebody in the basement and things like that well he admits that he knew because remember he was very he was very hesitant of going into the house and stuff and she couldn't figure out why when they first dropped her off mm-hmm. the lawyer didn't want to go in there but because he he had found out about leatherface being in there there was some type of thing in there why in the fuck would he not say anything why would he ever let her go well, into he that had house? to read the letter gotta read the letter from norma <laughs> that's the thing but like but if he knew that this could potentially go one way or the other. Why would he let her go in there knowing that there's a potential danger? That's another mm-hmm. major plot hole in the film too that I just cannot wrap my fucking head around. Like because he said he says that Leatherface knows about you. So he wasn't Leatherface wasn't going to kill her. Yeah, but he doesn't but he buddies. doesn't know that for sure though. He was scared but, enough. He doesn't know how that shit's going to go, man. He but the thing is but even if he knew about Leatherface, okay, just put it this way. He knows about Leatherface and he knows of mm-hmm. obviously there's a history with Story and Leatherface, um, you know, the whole thing. Why would he not tell in law enforcement that, hey, there's a dude, Leatherface is living in the basement of this fucking house. You might want to go get him. What is because he's like he's because he because he likes Leatherface there's some shit I don't know like that's his because he uh, likes Leatherface I don't think so he's 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 like homies with the um fucking the girl the woman who died Marilyn Burns the the grandma is he really I I mean that's (laughs) what I got because he said that he said that Leatherface knows you knows who you are or something. Well, I didn't say Leatherface, but no, you know what I, mean? I don't know, man. I think there's some funny ass <laughs> business going there in the script, man. It's like really no. crazy. I was like really watching it going, and like I have so many question marks in my notes here. It's I've never had so many question marks. Yeah, in notes yeah, before. no, no. I, I agree, man. Like I, when I watched it this time, I definitely noticed a lot more plot holes than yeah. than I initially did the first time I watched it. I still am not I, like, and that's my biggest thing is like there's other problems with this film to me the timeline is is a minor one it's that is literally stupid but i think how is that not how is that a minor problem just because like i'm trying to i've tried to explain it a few times but the time like the timeline in a movie does not actually affect what you're seeing in the film right like whether the timeline was right or wrong you still would have the same movie you you, you get what i'm saying let's say the no. timeline was right right Let's mm-hmm. let's say that let's say that the original chainsaw actually took place in like eighty something or ninety something, and then this is twenty years later. It'd be like ninety three, right? ninety four. It would still be the same movie. It wouldn't. It, it isn't like that. Actually, uh, 
causes the film to go in a different trajectory. Well, it's definitely one less thing. It's definitely one less thing to bitch about. That's for sure. If it was taking place in the right timeline, that's fine. But oh it, yeah, for sure. But for it sure, does. It's for still, sure. It still doesn't answer the questions of some of the other questions that arise. Like, um, I mean, but you have to admit, you know, besides some of these obvious type of plot errors and things that that they have in the film, there's some odd moments in this film, too. Like, really fucking strange. Okay, so this one right here, just like all the other films, has a hitchhiker scene, basically, where they pick up this dude. Uh, mm-hmm. They're going to our, our main character, uh, Heather. And her friends are going to to claim her new place, kind of thing, right? So they pick up this hitchhiker, yeah. but there's an odd scene when they get there. They're all like excited, like "Holy fuck, man! This place is amazing!" And by the way, it is amazing. It's like a goddamn mansion. Yeah. Like it's fucking. Yep. Cr- it blew my mind actually watching the film. I was like, mm-hmm. "Holy shit, that's like a really nice house." And uh, not as much as what blew my mind of what happened next. So, anyways, so how the fuck do you leave a stranger at your house after you just met him, Jeremy? You just it's took the words right out of my mouth. I'm like, wait a minute. It's so Started. So Please they decide five God. minutes after yeah, they but meet this it, guy. Like, yeah, totally. I Nobody mean, would do but, this though, man. They don't. They pick up a hitchhiker. God. <laughs> but it, like, it's not also like her house, right? Like, it's it's a strange house to her as much as it is to everybody else. Like, yeah, that was dumb as fuck to do. But I mean, I don't think it's that unbelievable. I've I've literally met people and left them in my house alone. Literally oh. met them day one. What went to the store? You know what I mean? So I mean, like. You don't exp- I mean, I'm not a hitchhiker, obviously. Well, I'm saying there's but, a difference uh, between meetings. I think a hitchhiker, though, just kind of screams something yeah. that you probably wouldn't leave in your house because yeah. it's just, it's that whole aura of, of a fucking hitchhiker. But, anyways, I mean, okay, so then he obviously tries to rob the place. And mm-hmm. then I don't know about you guys, but I think the way the whole Leatherface reveal in this film is kind of lame. It's kind of lame mm-hmm. the way it comes about. I actually, and stuff. I, I like Leatherface in this film because he seems like a lot older and like just more annoyed. It's and just angry. the way it's just the way it's revealed. You know, Buddy's ripping off the place. He's trying to investigate, but he's like trying to break into the store. I'm like, dude, if you're gonna rob a house, if if this is your intention that you've you've decided consciously to rip off mm-hmm. these people that just just helped you out, you're probably going to grab and go. Get the fuck out of there before they come back because they just said they're going to grab, to grab a couple things. You're going to take the time to sit there and try and break through this door and shit like that. Oh, what the fuck's behind here? You know, there's probably some gold and treasures and shit. Like, come on, man, you know. No way! That that seems so unbelievable to me. I understand they use that as a tool to introduce Leatherface into the film, but I just didn't, I don't yeah. like the reveal. Like, I think they could have incorporated Leatherface into the film in a, such a better way. In such yeah. a better way. Like, I just think, I thought that was kind of boring and lame. Yeah, and- it's, it's kind of like one of those movies where, like, um... <laughs> You have you have you have this. It's kind of a weird setup that he's living in this basement to begin with. Like it doesn't it doesn't really make a whole lot of. It's a story in itself. My grandma or whatever the fuck was feeding him. Like Uh my idea is that she needed to get what's her face to come there because who's going to like take care of Leatherface? You know what I mean? And I think that that's what she told dude. Uh, essentially is like yo this girl has to realize she's like family and has to take care of Leatherface now um, yeah. is essentially what I was kind of getting, getting well that's, that's what we get read from the end le- at the end of the film when she reads and, the letter and if you thing. watch Leatherface never actually tries to kill her you know what yes, I mean yes that's the yes he does he actually when does he was try on to the ground her. and then she, she he sees the emblem on her chest yeah. and then he knows who she is so yeah, you're wrong yeah. again well no th- I'm not wrong again like when he whenever he sees her um, like he, like, dude, he fucking brings the like, uh, 
the 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 body of the grandma in the house and she's like it's just like sitting there that shit is funny as hell what in the bedroom upstairs What's that? It's like the grandpa. It, no, Le- when Leatherface puts the fucking body upstairs when she's getting ready or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that scene is so fucked because it's not even mentioned again by her either. She never says yeah. to her friends, like, holy shit, there was a fucking body upstairs, man. Like, what the <laughs> hell? Like, she doesn't say anything. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> yeah, I, well, to speak on that scene, Jeremy, I think that that was to, like, because she was, like, running away from him and, like, and like not being cool with him, obviously. So I think towards the end, he like re realized that like, oh, this is a Sawyer. You know what I mean? When he saw that thing, it was like the thing that kind of uh, made him change his mind. Because up until that point, she it wasn't like she was like cooperating much. Yeah, but she he was gonna kill her. You just said before that that. No, he, I'm saying like early on in the film, like whenever she's at the house and he sees her and stuff. Like I don't think he's trying to like actually kill her. I think he's just trying to like. It's it's like very weird to make Leatherface like more of like a like a like well they a almost they, they do make him a little bit sympathetic in this film because that that this is actually where the film kind of takes this its turn you know we get about halfway through and and uh, we've got Heather at the police station and which is another oddball scene that they give her the fucking uh, the folder on the Sawyers and things like that and she gets to go through and she kind of figures out the whole story from there that. You know, these mm. guys are kind of like Hartman and shit. They're, they're fucking assholes and and yeah. things like that. And then she kind of figures and obviously escapes and stuff, right? Which mm. leads into this. <laughs> or, or is actually is the carnival scene before that? I think the carnival scene is actually before that. But anyways. Ugh, the worst scene yeah. in the whole movie. So, I mean, yeah, there's, there's obviously a missed opportunity there a little bit. It's definitely not the worst scene in the whole movie. Oh. They just didn't capitalize on what could have been like a badass moment which they wanted to essentially that scene was supposed to start with leatherface sawing that pig saw reference in half which would have been cool and then it was like a massacre after that but yeah i think it is after she's in police station anyway she goes through that and stuff and she runs and you know tries to escape some more but there's another odd fucking scene in this film where she you know, after discovering that the police are a little bit corrupt and they've kind of destroyed this whole her whole previous family and things like that, and uh, they're quite obviously the enemy to her at this point, she never factors in the fact that like getting into the police car with Clint Eastwood's son is not going to work out for her. Like she just assumes that he's a good guy at that point. Uh-huh. Oh, I that's don't. A, like, I don't understand I that, that a mile away. I don't understand that for a second. How she would automatically assume that he was a good guy, even though he was in a department full of, um, you know, fucking assholes and shit, uh-huh. right? And, and well, like, but and, the 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 police department wasn't the assholes. It was the mayor. Well, I mean, no, it was the, the police, police department was good because you had Hooper reference to toby hooper well, obviously there's one guy um, there's i one actually guy i'm gonna be honest like i actually didn't know that that dude was gonna be corrupt honestly but Hartman, like the first time that i watched it i mean it just happens to be his son or whatever and I, I don't know man i mean she's it just seemed very obvious to me i'm like don't yeah it does that. now that i think about it i'm i'm honestly surprised that i didn't see it but <laughs> um so one, one thing about this movie okay like I seen this movie at the theater. I was Me really hyped for it. I saw the 3D. I like loved, loved, loved the 3D uh, re sort of make of the first film. Like it looks so cool seeing that shit in 3D. Like uh-huh. it, it was, it was really got me like on a high point. And then I really liked the the sort of 
recreate like they, they even got that fucking truck on the side of the road from the original you know what i mean like i thought they p- took a lot of time and 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 they even they even went as far to put the same blanket hanging over the banister on the recreated house like and i noticed all this shit when i was watching it the first time and i think i fell in love with that and like watching it this time and even talking to you guys you care about that kind of nudity but you don't care about the fucking fact that no other that's not just... that's not like a. I'm not saying that's not con- like I'm not. Jeremy, I that is continuity. continuity. I'm praising it for like nudity. <laughs> he, well, first of all, he cannot say continuity. Like, continuity. But well, we already that. know I can't. I can't say shit. We already know that. So let's yeah. just move on. Jeremy, so it's not, it's not I'm, continuity. Well, JP's being a cunt right now. So. No, you are. Let me talk. <laughs> so I, I, I seen all these things, and I was like. I was like, I love this attention to detail with the recreation of this house. It's cool. Like, it's as a fa- as a fanboy, that's the type of stuff that makes you like giddy, right? That is not. A, a, I'm not saying that in terms of a critique that that matters that much. I'm just saying as a fan, I liked it, uh, dickhead. Um, oh, so uh, <laughs> anyway, like, so watching it, seeing all that stuff, I, I love that. Like, and then to sort of open the film up a little bit further like i actually like dug the 3d i liked i liked some stuff about it um and i really liked the like that beginning part where you see like all these extra family members like gunner hansen cameo and like uh bill mosley playing like i i felt like they cared so much at that stuff and then they just like shit the bed on the other stuff and and this is what i've seen while watching it and even watching the special features like i was getting angry because i'm like i'm like you fucks literally had the greatest opportunity to make like the coolest fucking film ever in terms of like for like fans and stuff and they just dropped the ball completely in the actual movie you know before after the the prequel stuff because if you if you just take the prequel scenes right before it flashes the present day like that is a pretty cool fucking setup for a, se- a direct sequel, like to to recreate all that stuff to to sort of like and oh one of the deleted scenes actually has uh, Bill Mosley as Dre and go in and and talk to Leatherface and the trucker is actually hung up on the wall the the trucker that got, that we thought got away in the original oh which really is another again oh, nod cool. like a cool nod um, because who would have thought to even tie up that loose end and what i got out of this dude is i think there was massive amounts of uh too many people making this film like too many people had ideas or some shit second hearing the director talk bad choice for this director i don't think he understood horror he actually starts saying i never made a horror film before so i did a bunch of research by watching a bunch of horror films and then i just started to piece together my horror film (coughs) bad idea because he probably watched a bunch of cliche dumb as fuck horror movies which which comes back to my point man why the fuck are studios and and people hiring people to do films that don't know what they're doing in the in the genre why, and why and that is very time? frustrating because it, you... it definitely bleeds through on this film tremendously. God and damn I it think does. That I, it almost feel like there's two separate films here. There's there's one film that was like, oh, we're going to like because it like, dude, think about it. Right. Missed opportunity. I, Jeremy made fun of me by saying like, oh, they got they made that they made sure to put the same blanket on the banister that was in the original film to make it look like the same house and stuff like that. Yeah. And and. 
Okay, so you have that level of detail. Oh, another thing. The truck that's sitting there, you know, the big tractor trailer, they've got another one and brought it in. They actually put the saw marks on the door and you can't even see them in the shot, but they put them on the door. So if you're putting that much detail, yes, it is completely inexcusable to not follow the timeline and to miss all these fucking things that should have been more calculated that just, in the film. That just because makes me it's like, not like it it's even more. Sad. Yeah, it, it actually did me too, and I was like kind of pissed because I've been talk- I've been saying that I actually liked this film for so long, and then watching it last night, I was like motherfucker, like I felt like a dumbass because I was like okay, like, like dude, it is ridiculous that they would spend that much time it on the first scene oh, of the I movie, yeah. and then completely go away from that, because <laughs> if you just made this film. And didn't have all that, right? And you just was like, oh, this is a sequel to the original. Oh, here's Leatherface's like cousin or something. And and said it, it wouldn't be as big of a deal to fuck up the timeline when you literally show that timeline. You know what I mean? Yeah. Literally yeah. showing the original timeline. And that and that's why I will agree with you guys that I've kind of changed my mind on it a bit to where it's and talking through it definitely helped me realize that even more. But it is really fucking dumb that I, think about I was actually it, I, this was the film i was most excited to talk about because i knew that you always liked it and stuff and when i first watched it i didn't notice all this all the shit i was watching or noticing again when i rewatched it i was like holy fuck and then you bringing the light to these you know these certain details that were there and jesus goddamn christ man like this one's a fucking mess it really is it is a fucking i understand okay i understand this movie was done in 3d and stuff but is there really a lot of reason to have cg blood when you pull a pitchfork out of someone's chest (laughs) that's you know honestly this is the first time in seven fucking films that we've seen cg and that's not the worst. Which is very interesting. We didn't even point out that everything, everything is practical in those prequels. Well, I didn't want, I didn't want to say anything until we or got to this prequels. point. I didn't want to say anything, yeah. but yeah, this is the first time we get CG. But you know, it doesn't stop there. There's a scene where somebody goes through a, like a meat grinder, a meat whatever the. Oh, that's called. like the one of the worst effects I've ever seen. You got like, no joke. This is 2013. That looked like it, it 1994 goes, CG. It and goes I, up. It goes up there with Cube 2. And I'm not it just saying It is one of that, the worst effects I've ever seen. I'm not just saying that because I'm really not in leagues with this film, but I'm really judging it, <laughs> you know, based on what I saw. I forgot that about CG that. CG is bad. Really, it is really bad. bad. It's really bad. Is it because it was shot in 3D? Is that the reason why they did that effect no. for it? No, it's it's just it's just not good CG. It's, <laughs> it's really, home. really bad. Like... I rewound it about four times last, or when I watched it a couple nights ago, and laughed so hard every time. I was like, "It's so bad! It looked like 1994 shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad." I actually felt bad at that moment for the film. I was like, "Jesus Christ, what happened here, man?" Like, damn, man. <laughs> Dude, that that chick is pretty hot, though, man. Dude, Both- best nude scene ever, bro. There's no nudity in this. I'm saying she's had the best <laughs> nude scene ever. Oh. Fucking true detective. That's the same broad, dude. Oh, that's the uh. chick with the tits? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize it was her. Yeah, she's yeah, she's hot, man. Yeah, but hot. anyway, um this this movie like, yeah, I, nice I, I it's it's very very oh. messy. And you know what? Adds, you know what adds to the fuelness? And I really can't diss the guy too bad, but you know generally when you have like 
you know, a, a hip hop or an R and B artist in a film, it generally turns out to be pretty shitty. Yeah, he was pretty shitty. I don't think I don't think Trey Songz. I don't think Trey Songz was actually that bad in this at all. Yeah, like, he was actually, I actually one of the better actors. All of the, I, I thought that most of the cat, like the the kids, were were solid. Like um, the I, I actually kind of liked the the cheating angle that they did. That they never they they actually didn't they actually didn't even reveal it to her, which I thought was like kind of an interesting. Yep. T- take on it yep. because everybody fucking died so <laughs> it's like oh yeah we just did this and now we're just gonna go uh, run dude, this car what, over and what, kill what is but what's the what point of bringing mo- it up the if most... you're gonna kill the characters off before you get a chance to tell them yep. it's like <laughs> well I, I i just think that it's another one of those things where it's like um like you like that is the most basic thing to do is to do that right like to like what's wrong with just having people the audience knowing and not the characters it's okay if sometimes. Um, plus, it makes it easier for them to die. <laughs> like you don't yeah, like them anymore. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, let's get into a little bit of trivia. Uh, this was originally planned to be a new trilogy. Uh, the first film was going to be uh, this one, and then the second film, uh, or the first film was supposed to be set in a hospital, uh, which is kind of interesting uh the next film would be a prequel explaining the events that led to the hospital scenario and the third one would be the complete storyline uh they basically scratched that entire idea um also uh has the distinction of featuring total a total of three different actors portraying leatherface gunner hansen as the one from the archive footage sam mckenzie as the young leatherface and dan yeager as the main one um Although she had a rule against appearing nude in films and only doing uh, only do a nude scene for a TV series if she is paid well, Alexander D'Ofrio offered to film the scene while she was tied up and her shirt ripped completely topless. But filmmakers refused, thinking that it would be gratuitous. Oh, come <laughs> on. And you the nicest rack ever. <laughs> what? Damn. Damn. That chick is so hot. Is that you mean she, to tell me, man? The only titties in this whole fucking franchise is in part three on a scene it, where it's a body double. With a it's body part double. Four. Part four. Did I say part three? In part four, yeah. So well. Man, what a missed opportunity! Nice fart. Thanks for ruining the mood. <laughs> no, that was me. That was the button I pressed. Sound effects. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um. So, uh, Heather looks. Uh, a, a list of bodies found in and around the Sawyer farmhouse. Later in the film, the name Bubba Sawyer is listed with the age being 17, meaning he is the hitchhiker killed by the truck. Chainsaw Massacre 2 listed Leatherface's real name as Bubba Sawyer, as well as two uh, names list John Doe and one Jane Doe, which refer to cannibalized remains of Pam, Kirk, Jerry from the original Chainsaw. There's a lot of nods, which was should have been cool. Um, <laughs> uh what else do we have here? But uh, essentially, Bill mostly uh, played Chop Top is uh, Drayton in this one. Who, by the way, I always said did not do a great job. Sad to say. But what, Bill Mosley? Yeah. Did we mention a gun? Uh, Gunner Hans? He was in that scene too, right? I'm sure we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I couldn't remember um, if we mentioned it or not. But. Yeah, that's basically it for trivia. Um, 
ratings. I believe it is moves this time. Am I up first here? Uh, well, I said pretty much everything I have to say. I think this movie is a complete mess. It's it's so unfortunate, man. It really is unfortunate because, man, dude. I mean, it's a direct sequel to the original. You know, you just mm-hmm. want it to be good. You really, really want it to be good, and you know, it's one of those films I want. Like when I watch it, I just I'm hoping it's going to change. You know, it's like one of those things. <laughs> you know, it could just change in front of my eyes. But man, dude, there's so many things going on in this one. I just I, I can't get past. It, to me, it's a really, really bad film. Really bad. Um, maybe not quite as bad as Part Four, but this is this is a bad one and I, I know that I might get some grief over this one I'm going three and a half out of ten I, I can't I can't do this one guys three and a half ooh that's even uh, low for me I I like there's I'm so not gonna many, lie like there's I so many still like this movie like I'm not gonna lie like I really do like this movie um but I cannot say that it is a good movie no it's definitely not it's it has a lot of problems um, it has potentially the worst line in a franchise ever, um, next to Trick or Treat, motherfucker, and that is uh, fucking. What is the line? Oh my god, do your thing, cuz. <laughs> it's so cheesy. I even have that quote. I've written so cheesy. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a terrible line. Um, I like the I like like it's so frustrating because like. I like the beginning so much and I love like all the little references and tie-ins and stuff like that. And then it just, they abandon that completely when they get to the present time and it's annoying. Um, and then I, I do like the house setup, and I, I think that like the non-conventional TCM was like a cool idea at heart. They just didn't execute it properly. Like I like the idea of Leatherface being hauled up in this house for the last whatever amount of years, like all angry and stuff like that. I like the idea of bringing in another family member and and like sort of restarting that that legacy or whatever. Um, it just it just does not work. And as much as I like this movie, and I will continue to like it, I would rather watch this one more than part three or four right now. Um, but it is a it is I would consider it a bad movie, honestly. Um, so unfortunately, and this is a huge difference because I believe I gave this one a seven to a 7.5 when I first seen it. Uh, I'm going to come in at a four out of 10, um, which does pain me to say, I feel kind of dumb for championing it for so long because it, it, it really is. A, it really is a bad movie. Like it, it's frustrating because I like so much things about it. I think this might be the first time JP's ever admitted that I'm right. <laughs> I told, I, I told him I once I was admit, like you I, you were correct about this film Jeremy you were correct about this film uh, I still don't take as much like I feel like people jump on the timeline a little too hard like I, I really do like yes it's stupid yes it sh- should not have happened but there are much worse problems in this film than the timeline oh no I, I agree actually I mean it's one thing but there's there's problems yeah Jeremy yeah, I gave it a four out of ten too. Actually, same as JP. Oh yeah, now who's all the the high raters in this in this podcast here? <laughs> That's crazy. I can't believe it. I thought Jeremy, you were going to come in fucking crazy low on this one, man. Nah, because I knew that you're always nah. kind of shit. It's, it's, way, it's way better than part four. Yeah, way better. 
Yeah, it depends on how you look at it or what theory you're going to go with. Call me crazy. There's Call there's, me crazy. The timeline doesn't fucking make sense in, in those films either. Yeah, but it's but it's not also a direct <laughs> sequel to anything either. Like it's, It is. It's, it's a direct sequel to the original. Yeah, I know. Kim Hankel even said so. But if you're going to set up a film with an exact <laughs> timeline, like, like actually show you physically, <laughs> you know, yeah. that's a problem. That's a problem, so... All right, let's that, get into the motherfucking last one. Yeah, that was Chainsaw Ugh. 3D. Yeah. You let those boys go this instant. Don't count on it, Verna. You see them do something wrong? No, no, I didn't think so. You want to talk to him? You let him out of the car. No. He's staying right there. What for? He's not under arrest. He's under protection from you. What are you talking about? I can't count how many crime scenes I've been to where there just happened to be Sawyers there already. Them kids ain't safe with you. Poor shit. Send some units over to the Sawyer house. You round up all the miners. I want all of them. You, you hear me? Do that. You can't do that. Well, I'll have a warrant that says I can by the time we arrive. It's called child endangerment. You take one of mine, and I'll take all yours, Verna. All of them. Baby, baby, we have come to the end. Jumping into a present-day film from 2017, we have Leatherface. Simply titled Leatherface. Or like shit-faced. Oh! Oh! Now, this one is directed by the duo <laughs> that has directed many beloved films over the last few years, including Inside, Livid, Levide, however you want to pronounce it, Among the Living, segment in ABC's The Death 2. Who the fuck calls it Levide? I don't know. <laughs> Who the fuck are those people? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Levi, I don't know. Le- maybe the same people who say I'm going to phone in. But you, ha- you know, no, because it's, or grade five. No, because it generally has an e on the end, so that would you know kind of accentuate the fact it might be Levide. And I think most people do call it that. So go fuck yourselves. <laughs> Anyways, uh, this one's starring a few names that we know. Uh, Lily Taylor in this one plays Verna Sawyer. And we got Stephen Dorff, who plays the asshole Ranger Hartman. Ranger. Stephen Dorff? What do we know? What do we know him from? The Gate. I don't know. The Gate. He's the kid from The Gate, man. What no. Else is he in? No. Nobody likes The Gate. I like The Gate. It's good I'm shit. totally. Pu- I'm totally putting in a crowd roaring for that right there. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Anyways, man. So uh, he's got, on your favorite TV show, JP. Or so, he was for one episode. What? Married with Children? Yeah, the dateless amigo. So Leatherface, man. Do we want to get into a brief history of this film? I mean, this film has been coming out for, what, the last couple years, apparently. Um, yeah, it started filming, I believe, in 2015. Yeah. Uh, so finally getting its release. Uh, we was expecting probably a theatrical I believe this is the first direct-to-video chainsaw film besides maybe part four hit VHS yeah. and then got a re-release. Yeah. 
um, which is is interesting um, because I, I I mean this is now oh Harry Conte's gonna say franchise it. to what what am I gonna say I thought you were gonna say which is surprising because I really like this movie I thought you were gonna say that no that well, has nothing to do whether I like a movie or not <laughs> I know but um, I thought that's what you were gonna well, say this one was kind of plagued with that is it going theatrical is it going to VOD DVD first or whatever yeah, well, it kind of what went I was back gonna and say forth. before yeah. I was rudely interrupted was this is the <laughs> the second major franchise to go the direct-to-video route, the other being Child's Play, yes. after having theatrical films. Um, so, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah, you're right. It was plagued. <coughs> is it going theatrical? Is it not? So for the people out there that don't know and haven't followed this, Leatherface is a prequel to the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 73. And 3D. Yes. Or from 74. So... Yes, and yeah, so it, it correlates with that one right there. So yes, Leatherface. A teenage Leatherface escapes... <laughs> a teenage Leatherface escapes from a mental hospital with three other inmates, kidnapping a young nurse and taking her on the road from hell while being pursued by an equally deranged lawman out for revenge. Mm-hmm. Is this a Texas Chainsaw movie? I don't know why it just made me laugh when it said teenage Leatherface <laughs> right away. I, I don't know. It's kind of funny, man. Jeremy, do you want to give a little bit in or your little bit of thoughts? Because you, you said something right away when I was watching. I was like, yep. Yep. This is the main huge, huge, huge fucking problem I have with this movie. If Leatherface is mentally challenged in all the other fucking movies, how the fucking hell is he normal in this one? It's, it's it it well, makes my well, blood boil. Well, but I mean, do we know that he's mentally challenged in the original? You you see his close up and he's doing that fucking lip licking thing, and he's not normal in three D. He's definitely he's definitely not, but let's, let's yeah, be I mean, honest. That's about that's a lot of years later. Like that could be mental like craziness as well. Oh man, I don't buy that. Because you look that. at you look at the, this character, and by the end of the film, he's like fucking pretty crazy. Yeah, he's crazy, but he's not mentally challenged. There's a difference. Okay, so this film starts out in like we get a bit of a back. Well, obviously, this is a prequel to. TCM. So this is Leatherface oh. as a child. It starts out in 1955 as a kid. You know, he seems pretty normal, even though he has kind of a fucked up family and things like that. Oh, wait. So that means if this is 1955, he's probably like five. So let's say he was born in 1950, which means in Texas Chainsaw 3D, that would make him uh, 50 plus 10 plus 2, 62. I point yeah. exactly. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, the t- yeah, well, we're not on that one anymore. The we can't take no. away up. from this one for fucking the timeline and another sequel. <laughs> so, anyways, the, same story. the story starts out in 1955, and there's obviously an issue with our lawman and things like that. And some things happen. One thing leads to another, and uh, there is some continuity there, though. A, a young Leatherface actually gets taken away from his family. Mm-hmm. So it jumps ten years into the into the future, which is 1965, where now he has spent ten years in, in t- inside this mental institution, um, you know, for people that are crazy and shit like that. Uh, and basically, what goes down is we've got a few people that end up breaking out of this institution, uh, a young Leatherface being one of them, along with a few friends, and now they're on the run. They've 
destroyed this fucking place. They've killed people. They've made their way out of here. And they're on the run. They're on the run. Um, so if you look at the timeline here, this this story of Leatherface that we're following is 1965, which is eight years prior to the events of the original film, which I think is actually kind of notable right now from what mm-hmm. I've what I've kind of noted. And you guys have also, I think, agreed too. So thoughts on the film. What do you guys think of this one? Um, so one thing really a chainsaw movie. I mean, it's not. It is a, a pre- chainsaw. It, movie it is like a prequel we've seen. <laughs> it definitely. Yeah, but the other one was like a prequel chains- too, though. It's definitely nothing like the chainsaw movies that we saw thus far, which yeah. I'm completely fucking cool That's with because I That's don't fine. need to see the same movie over and over again. Like, um, one thing like, that I'll say at the very beginning of this film, I really, really, really dislike the casting choices of Leatherface's brothers. Um, like the hitchhiker, like they picked a little chubby kid who looked like he would never grow up to be the hitchhiker. Um, and I didn't, I, I really didn't like that. Another thing that I really wish they would have done, and I've been wanting this for fucking I ever. I agree. I wanted them to put Chop Top in there, just the other other brother. They should just hire a set of twins to to play those two. Um, because even though it's like this, I, this film's like gonna ignore Chainsaw Two, obviously. Like I, I don't. I, for the longest time, I've always wanted to see an interaction between Chop Top and and Nubbins when but they're why, both alive. But why does it have to ignore it though? I mean, it still lives that's in that same I'm, world. That's what I'm saying. Like there was no like everybody knows how beloved Chop Top is by the Chainsaw fans. Mm-hmm. Like like couldn't like I felt like I kept thinking if I was writing this film because I had actually never considered an idea like this. And once I started watching it, I was like, okay, I really like this idea. But as a fan of the series, like I could have made this a lot better in terms of like um, adding Chop Top in there. I think the casting choices were a little bit wrong. Like Drayton Sawyer, anybody who knows him knows that the guy who's playing him is not how he is. Yes. But yes. I will say this that guy should have been the hitchhiker. Or somebody mm-hmm. else, or Tex, or somebody, you know, make a re- well. Like I, it, I, I like it in in an, in its own timeline kind of thing, but like it's not good casting choices for what we know the character man, has become at I, least right now. I hundred percent agree, and I think that even yeah. to take that one step further, the inmates that escape here, we've got. Well, okay, so when Leatherface goes to jail, his name or goes to jail goes to the institution. He's known as Jed. Right, yeah. Jebediah. Jebediah. So then he becomes Jackson. So once you go to this this institution, they they change your name for whatever reasons. They want to you know kind of change your personality. You know, kind of work from there. Anyways, but mm-hmm. anyways, okay. So we get introduced to these characters ten years later, and they all break out. We got Jackson. We got Bud. We got a couple other people. We got Tammy and shit like that. Now, my biggest problem is, and Jeremy actually concurred with me on this one. When you're watching the film. It seems like Bud should have been Leatherface because he was the yep. big fucking fat kid in the film. Yeah, but that was done intentional to. to yeah, ch- I believe and it. here's my issue with it, dude. And I, like, I love that angle. Love it because it's this huge reveal after you find out that he's not you're like, oh, well, he just died. So he's clearly not Leatherface. The only problem yeah. is one of the synopsis I read before this fucking film came out 
said like, and one of them will grow up to be Leatherface. And that oh. instantly makes you know that it, it's going to be like a mystery. And I instantly knew, well, it's not going to be the obvious fat dude who looks like Leatherface. Not going to be him. And yeah. it fucking ruined it for me. Just the fucking synopsis. I don't know why like, they had to make it a fucking mystery. Why did they just make it straight Like, why do you have to put a mystery into who we're following? They're making a film about a character named Leatherface or a potential Leatherface. Mm-hmm. Do they really have to throw a mystery into the fucking into the mix here like why can't they just do it straight up i mean i mean in my opinion it worked with rob zombies halloween i know a lot of people disagree well, I, you can you can I follow said the, that they, like they took said this that. approach they took this approach but they kind of they put a twist on it See, a little that's bit. bullshit because tom called me a dumbass for saying that shit what? i said that that this mofo tom terror for tom not terror for tom fucking horse ball they were i was saying like they were trying to do what rob zombie was trying to do and they failed with it, and he said, uh, that's complete bullshit, that they weren't trying to do what Rob Zombie did with an origin story with Leatherface. I think that's what they were trying to do, but they well, didn't do it well. They put him in a mental institution, and but they, they, but the, they, no. did, it, they did it poorly, in my opinion. They, they, they made a mystery out of it when it doesn't need to be a mystery. We're trying to... It doesn't need to be, but it, it, it is effective. Um, I like that. I, I I just was pissed that I knew about it beforehand. See, I wish I they hadn't told and me I that still it was didn't like it. I I didn't know about uh, it, and I still didn't really care. I mean, I thought it was kind of intriguing. I was like, who the fuck? Like, and then when he dies, I'm like, you know, right away, you're like, oh my god. But it's also given away in dialogue too, because they say that they they had changed the names for specific yeah, reasons. Yeah, yeah. So there yeah. is a piece of dialogue. If you catch on to that, you know that Jackson is Jed. But my well, problem was one of the was biggest the, problems I have with prequels is you know how they're going to end. So I yeah. think adding to the and 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 that you know that like the beginning, for example, you know that that chick's not going to escape. Kind of ruins the the suspense of it. Yeah. yeah. So I, I like the idea of cha- of making some things. A, it's very hard to make a prequel mysterious. So I give mm-hmm. them kudos for trying it. I and honestly, I it probably would have tricked me had I not known that that's what they were doing like mm-hmm. and like to me it's like okay it tricked it's, me to be honest yeah well, and i i don't know like i like that idea it's like because any one of these fucks could be of could have ended up being leatherface yeah even the fucking girl could have ended up being leatherface because and and apparently and i read this too that the filmmakers actually considered that and I, at first i was like oh my god that would make no sense but then i thought about <laughs> it and i'm like well what if that's the reason that Leatherface dresses up like a girl? Full circle. It all makes sense now. So making um, <laughs> so making a young Leatherface skinny and normal was the throw-off here because obviously having the fat kid bud was yeah. the deterrent. So I mean, I guess it makes sense, but I'm 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 still not fully convinced that, you know, you take this Jackson character who seems pretty like he's, you know, obviously got some issues, but he seems pretty damn normal. It's the normal out of all of them. And to, yeah. and, and to what he at turns first. into at the end, obviously at there's a dramatic thing that happens and, you know, uh, what he turns into at the end of the film kind of thing. But, like, does it really work like that? I mean, I have oh. a hard time believing that what? he was going from... But he seems so conscious of being, you know, more of a savior. Like, he was really trying to help this other girl out. And, like, he, this was kind of his girlfriend. And yeah, like until that. she, like, fucking rolled on him and got Bud killed. You you got to buy the relationship between him and Bud for it to make sense and work. Because yeah. him and Bud have been together for 
yes. uh, apparently 10 years. Yeah, I get that. Free from and, getting, yep. and that's his boy. That's the only one he counts on. That's the only one that, that got his back. That's the only one he loves. Mm-hmm. And this chick just, he was being cool with her the whole time. And she just fucking runs when it's just them two and, you know, her. Or it's whatever. a little bit of that. And it's also a little bit to do the fact that he, he got feels fucked. betrayed. Well, he also got yeah, fucked oh, up yeah, too. And, and that too, as well. Like that, See, I that, that like- would, that would ruin your fucking day. Even week, even See, I got a little bit of see the way I felt about that scene was that was kind of that was the breaking point for him. I mean, he was breaking before with his with his boy being yeah. killed, but that was kind um, of the that was the selling point to turning him yeah. into what we know as Leatherface was that moment. And I, I will mm-hmm. I will admit I did like the scene where they're kind of stitching him back up and they throw on the leather and they're like, oh, that'll just hold it together. Hence, you know, yeah. Leatherface. I, I thought that was actually kind of cool. It's simple, but it yeah, did yeah. work. It was, it was simple, and, and sometimes simple things. That's just the way it needs to be. Yeah, um, yeah. It's a simple. It's a simple, like super prequel version of yes. of a mask that he would wear and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Um. I think that. I think that. Um. Okay. Like, obviously, this kid does not look like he would become Leatherface, right? Like no. that. That's. I think that's what everybody would say. Like the other dude clearly looks like somebody who would become Leatherface. Um, but as we all know, like b- between like, you know, 19 and, and fucking 30 or 40, like you, you look a lot different or whatever. Um, but I'm living proof. I, one, one thing that why I can, what's that? I said, <laughs> You're I, living proof. I'm, I'm well, living proof, man. I'm, I'm probably 70 pounds heavier than I was when I was 19. So, yeah. <laughs> but one, then again, one thing that I will give them, give them a pass on is that there's still a lot of time in between how this film ends and the original begins to where hell dude can get fucked up and get brain damage and be mentally challenged at that point just because you don't you're not always born mentally challenged my aunt hung herself and now is actually like you know slow like really really slow like she doesn't understand things you know what i mean it's and pro- it was just from oxygen loot not being oxygen to the brain, brain. Yeah. yep yeah. Um, so you could become retarded for all sorts of reasons. And, you know, it, it is possible that if this dude got shot in the face, something else can happen to him in between that time. It Unlikely, doesn't look like him. Well, fine. I agree. But at least there's room to where you could say, well, something else could make him look like that eventually. I just felt like the point where he kind of changes is because, you know, of what happens, you know, with his face. And I mean, there's a little bit of buildup there and stuff, but I don't feel like it's enough. I, I feel like it's more, it's but not, it's, it's not, not only that too, though. You have to remember, I don't, I don't that, feel like it's uh, his mom is putting it in his head. That's, and well, that's what I'm getting since day one. That's where I'm getting and at. Also I feel, he's with his family. Where is he going to go? Is he going to say no and walk away and not kill anybody? Like, I feel like he feels like these are the only people that would accept him. That's now. exactly my point here. That's what I was getting at. I was going to say, I feel like the events leading up to that aren't even the true reasons. I think it's more of the influence his family had on him and his mom and stuff. And mm-hmm. them willing to turn him into what he becomes. I think that's more of where it is. These are the minor events that make him change well, we his see mind. That he was questioning it until she she said something bad about his mom, and then off with exactly. her head. Exactly. You know I mean? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And which you know kind of leads into the end of the film. And I mean, I feel that there's a whole nother film after this. 
I hope there is. Like, Leading honestly, into like, the TCM. I, can we get a fucking sequel, actually? From, when's the last time we had a fucking sequel? I hope they time-lapse, time-lapse the shit. <laughs> Never. And they, they show, Texas Chainsaw 2. They show this, they show this <laughs> leather face. And they that's sh- not even a sequel. They show this fucking leather face going from skinny to fat leading into the TCM. Because let's face it, this guy's a skinny little ass run, man. You know, yeah. And this is only eight years later. He's only got eight years to make up that 150 pounds he needs to gain. And let's face it, yeah. man. Leatherface is a fat fuck. So. But you know what I'm saying? Like, There totally is another story. This is like an, an origin story leading into the prequel. Yeah. In my well, opinion. I, I did like seeing Grandpa alive. That was cool. That's yeah, the was, first time we've seen him alive. Well, That's yeah. Cool and another thing, another thing is like, what, what year does this take place? 55 65 65 no it's 50 it has to be is it 65 yeah no the when he's a kid it's 55 10 years later when they break out is 1965 see that don't make sense either because drayton clearly isn't like drayton's a lot older yeah yeah there you go man original um so okay so you know kind of going you know full backwards here well how how old would you you would well actually drayton i guess would technically be what like how old do you think he is <laughs> fuck who knows man what, what in 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 like the uh the original there like the the original scene when they're when the kid's a kid when he's like you know they give him the chainsaw and stuff Shit, he man. has to be over 18 i, I would yeah i would assume uh, maybe because they don't take him to foster care yeah i i mean maybe 20 i i don't know it's hard to say So he would be 30 that into 10 years later another 10 years he'd be 40 something maybe yeah i mean that could that could work um but um yeah so so uh, what did you guys like the actual you know so once these kids break out of the out of the institution and stuff what did you guys think of the story developing from there like i dude i that's my favorite part of the movie like i like you you could honestly not even call this chainsaw and it'd be about four crazy kids going on a rampage like and it really felt like it was like sort of no holds barred it almost felt like there could have been even more if like maybe the budget was a little bit higher but i i like loved that shit like that was i actually was really into the movie at that point where where like it like even the dude and the chick like having sex with the dead body and all the scars and stuff like it was just like i was like okay this is this is this is like different you know total there's like a total mickey and mallory moment in a fucking uh in the in the diner there when they fuck that, when they fuck that dude up by stabbing him in the neck there and shooting up everybody and shit, that to me that just felt like natural born killers right there. It was crazy. I was having like yeah, weird. Yeah, I, I really, I really liked that scene. I, and I just, I kind of like like just this how reckless it was. You're shooting a chick in the head of, and like fucking. Yeah, brutal, that was man. brutal. It was fucking yeah. brutal, man. It was like holy yeah, fuck. yeah. That 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 shooting the chick in the head See, was and definitely like, awesome. And that's, it, and that's what I kind of like had a problem with as we progress towards the end of the movie that i think they like they their tonal shift totally changes and it kind of bothered me a little bit that we have like this very serious uh narrative story about leatherface and then at the end like they turned it up to like a 12 and like fucking just insane fucking some blood starts to pour everywhere because like the film up to this point wasn't about the gore and the blood and things like that but like it's pretty gory 
not lo- not too cool. much to be honest. Like dude, dude, like bashes dude's head against the wall into. Yeah, but it's not like at and... the end it like turns into like fucking the ending of Evil Dead where it's just like buckets and buckets <laughs> of blood. I mean, it's a chainsaw. <laughs> I know, but it's like it. But this movie had a different feeling than your typical chainsaw. I just thought it was a little bit, a little bit. Uh, it was a bad uh, platform to do that kind of stuff. I didn't think so. I I, I I I I think that this film, like stylistically, is really awesome. Like I, I think that I actually like these directors. From what I see, I've only seen more of their films, but you know, um, I think that they have a cool style. I really like what they brought to a chainsaw. It's very different. But this was cool. This, this was cool that they actually did a period piece here too, though. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, man. You know, if they ever decided to actually make us a, uh, a film read after this one. You know, kind of mm-hmm. in between, you know, this film and, and the original one. I would love to see them kind of go back, not, you know, even maybe a little bit of flashbacks and, and kind of flush out the, the Hartman sheriff character a little bit more. Um, because, man, that dude's got some serious ass hatred. You know, he explains in the film, he's like, every time there's a fucking crime scene, I see one of you fucking stories around here and kind of thing like that. Well, like, they kind of give you one, a little. One interesting thing about him is he actually has continuity with the character yeah. in the new 3D. film. In 3D, the, th- right? In 3D, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the mayor. Yeah. That's his, like, son or something. Yeah. I guess. Um, and also, I, from what I read, there was uh, the guy in the pickup truck at the beginning with uh, the girl who's yeah. killed by the Sawyers. That's actually um, Franklin and Sally's dad. Yep. I read that too somewhere. Yeah. That's what? pretty cool. That's pretty cool reference right there. Oh, yeah. Wow. Crazy. Because the Hardesties who like live, in, which would make sense. They would, he would live near mm. the Sawyers. That's cool. That's cool. Um, so yeah, I, I like that. That's, that's, but you know what I'm shit. saying? Like when you, when you get introduced to this Hartman character, like in this film, like he's already got so much hatred for this fucking family, you know, you know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a whole, st- I mean, there's a story within a story everywhere within this franchise. Yeah. There really is. There's so many characters. There's so many things that you can develop and stuff, but he is just a fucking dick. <laughs> like, yeah. a total dick, man. So, uh, and I'm, I'm really disappointed that they didn't, they didn't include Chop Top, like, like just a, even a reference. Like, I know, and I started I thinking agree. about it and I, I was like, dude, you could have referenced so many characters from the Chainsaw films. Like you could have had a, a kid who was really into, um, fucking, uh, like th- historical quotes and stuff or something. But the, I think it's thing. Just, I just think that shit's neat, and and fans would dig it up and, and love that type of stuff. And and there was a lot of references and cool stuff like that. But like I, I just for some reason it's like I, you never get to like what I would like to see is a movie that focuses on Chop Top, Nubbins, Drayton, and Leatherface when they're younger. Like to me that sounds really interesting. Mm-hmm. Like it, it it like it would probably be similar to this. Like let's say that all four of those people were taken in foster care and it's them like on the on the run or whatever instead of these other two random people three random people like that would have been just as good Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i agree man there's there's stories beyond stories here for sure for sure you know this film right here is definitely i don't think it's on par with like the other films that they've done have you guys seen Mm -hmm. the vibe and no, and you know, you guys, it, it just I've seen Among the Living, Among, yeah, which, which I, is I which, like, 
Oh wow, there's yeah that that one's my least favorite one out of the those other three films. There's a lot of plot holes in that fucking film. How the fuck is that dude finding those kids everywhere? Come on. Um, but I don't know, man. Anything else to say on the film? I, I think I think one of the I, I do like that they made it gritty though. They there there's like there's a great fucking scene in this film with the Amanda bitch. She's beacon off and she gets what she fucking deserves. Hartman does not fuck around in that scene, man. When he shoots her, man, that is some fucked up shit. <laughs> right? Yeah. You guys like that shit? Yeah, it was good. Um Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh yeah. Why do you keep calling it Levide? <laughs> Cause it actually is pronounced Levide. There's no, a- that it's 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 spelled livid in America. The E is just the French spelling. So why but that's it's the French film. I thought. It's a French yeah. film. Yeah. But we're in America. It doesn't matter, but it's a French film. That's that's where it comes from. You have to pronounce it like that, man. Nah. You know, it's just like pronouncing some of those Italian films in their native language too, which I fucking can't do. But <laughs> anyway, um so Jesus, it's gonna be like a fucking ten hour show. To get Oh into, Jeremy, uh, he's so hungry. <laughs> Yee. Fucking eleven o'clock. Fucking I'll tell you hungry. one thing. Listeners do not care how long this sh- like they they don't want to hear you say. And oh, I'm gonna how say long it. the show is. I'm gonna. What, what is this episode thirty four, right Jeremy? Yeah. Is this thirty four right now? Come on, man, dude. We just finished a major major franchise. Yeah, calm down, bro. Be happy about so, this, man. So, uh, basically, trivia: uh, young versions of Sally and Franklin appear in this film. I don't know where, but it says they do. Okay, what? Uh, <laughs> yeah, the trivia says a a young version of Sally and Franklin Hardesty appear in this film. I don't know where they do, but apparently they they do. Like I don't, I, I would like to see them. Wow, I have no idea. Uh, the Sawyer House is seen in the 1974 original film was rebuilt for the filming of Leatherface. Uh, Angela Bettis originally signed on to the film before dropout. I do remember that. I remember Angela Bettis signing on to this film. I forgot about that. She was replaced by Lily Taylor. Um, what the fuck? Yeah, the I like film, Lily Taylor, man. But Angela Bettis, she's my she's my baby, man. Yeah, that's me. After reshoots, the film uh, will premiere on Directv. <laughs> that already happened. Uh, this is the first of the film not to be filmed in the United States. It was actually filmed in Bulgaria. Hmm. Interesting. Nice. Uh, Easy Ted, for the filmmakers, Ted right? Hooper was an executive producer on this film. Um, and this is the final film Toby Hooper uh, had produced before his death. So that is the trivia. Shit. All right, ratings. Who's up? Uh, who is up? Is it my turn? No, it went moods. I think Jeremy. It's, I think it's Jeremy's. Moods me, Jeremy. Moods me, Jeremy. Moods. Is it mine? Uh, I think it's me. I think it's me. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, so I actually really dig this movie. Um, I was actually like. I didn't know what to expect with this one because people started talking about it before, like it was even like the day it was fucking released. Like there, I seen mad reviews for it already. I tried to avoid them as much as possible, um, and then 
you know, I obviously watched it and then I started looking at what people were saying. It seems like I, I've literally heard people say this is like the like the worst chainsaw and stuff like oh, that. That's, like, Whoa, that's crazy. Um it, it's different. It's definitely yeah. different, but I like different. I'm down for different, especially like now. Like, I, like I don't need to see another Chainsaw Three, Chainsaw Four at this point. Like, I'm I'm good. Like, I know I know that part of the story. Yeah, you know, I know the story where there's a bunch of crazy family members and they uh, kill people that wander upon the farmhouse and and have a dinner scene. I've seen that. Um, so I'm cool with seeing something else for now. Like, we could go back to that other stuff eventually, but but like we talked about how many how fucked up the timelines are how many continuities there are the film has been like remade like three or four times like essentially uh it's kind of cool to see a completely different take on chainsaw uh this could be another movie essentially like there's only a a, a, the end is chainsaw but by the time i got to the end i was like i was like just getting going i was like all right let's start this show and it was over and i was like fuck i want to see another one now you know what i mean and i think that's a good thing like i i, I by the time i got to the end i just was like wanted more of what was going to happen with this story um i really like the kids on their just massacre rampage thing i think that that was cool like the, the, I like when they're all covered in blood and shit and walking around. I, I actually really liked Ben or whatever the hell his name was, the fat dude. Like, he was great. Um, could have definitely been Leatherface. Uh, yeah, so, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to come in at 8 out of 10 on this one. I, I, I really dug it. And and lack of plot holes definitely helped. Yeah. I don't know how the fuck you have plot holes in a goddamn prequel anyways, though, like, I, I guess you can, but it should be a little more straightforward. Uh, I enjoyed this, man. I was actually expecting it to be a little bit more gory, considering who was doing yeah, the film. Yeah, I, I and I heard shit. Like, the, the headlines to first reviews were like, it's like a gory yeah. treat for Like, it's, it's not really that gory, honestly. Like, well, I didn't know about the headlines and stuff, but it's just because of who directed it. I mean, if you've seen their films inside, etc., there's some gore. Some really good gore and shit like that. This is a different film. This one really sticks out in their filmography for sure. <laughs> uh, pretty cool stuff. Uh, I really do think that they left it for room to do another one, though, which is fine by me. I hope they do. It just needs to do well. Yeah, I mean... It's gonna. It, I, I think time's gonna tell on this one. I don't know. I really don't think this one's gonna do overly that great for some reason. I'm just. I have that weird feeling right now. I enjoyed it. I thought it was actually pretty good for what it was. I didn't go in with high expectations, so it might have helped. Uh, even given who the directors were and stuff, it's just. Mm-hmm. I started getting lower and lower expectations as time went on. We didn't get the film. That was my thing too. Going from theatrical to to you know VOD DVD blah blah. I was like, what is going on here? Is there a lot of problems with this? All fucked up and stuff. I do like the approach they took. I thought that's pretty unique. Pretty damn cool. I mean, it had me going, changing names. I was like, what the fuck? Leather? That's not Leatherface? The fact is not Leather? What the? F- okay. 7 out of 10. I think it's a cool film, man. Check it out, guys. Yep. yep I have a 7 out of 10 as well. Cool, cool. Yeah, um, man. it's interesting. I, I said something the other day. We've gotten four chainsaw films in the time that we got one Friday the 13th film. That's an interesting factoid. 
Wow. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, I mean, th- this franchise is all Wait, over the When place. did Friday didn't Friday come out in 2010? Nine. Nine? So isn't that 3D? Isn't that only two? What? You said four. You, we got four Chainsaw films for one Friday film. Yeah. We only got two Chainsaw films. No, I, I mean in the t- same time span because we got uh, Chainsaw 03, Chainsaw... Uh, that came out before 2010 though. yeah in that time span we've but there was not a friday film in between then you know what i'm saying we got one film in that timeline yeah he's right we okay got, we got like four to one i gotcha yeah um do we want to do a quick little ranking here yeah i'll go first um okay so this this uh <laughs> this franchise is is such a mess but like I love this franchise. I did come away a little bit more, I guess, like down, like, because I liked all the films except for four, and now I come away after reviewing them not like, I guess I still like all the films except for four, but definitely like them less than I thought I did in, in TCM 3D as well as uh, TCM 3, which I was really surprised I, I, didn't like as much but i got a new film out of this too that i like so that's cool um interesting franchise it's it's such a weird franchise like when you think about it uh but it's cool uh so obviously worst film next generation uh then tcm 3d uh then or tc tc 3d uh dumb fuck (laughs) and then uh tcm 3 then we got Leatherface, the newest one, uh, TCM2, uh, TCM The Beginning, TCM03, and, of course, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Huh. Wow, man. That, that's really fucking crazy, man. Our rankings are the exact same with the remake in the beginning being switched. So TCM4, Chainsaw 3D, TCM3, Leatherface, TCM2. And at number three, we got the remake. Number two, The Beginning. And number one, of course, is the original. That's mine, Moots. <laughs> exactly the same. So, wow, after all that, we're very, very similar. <laughs> That's yep. unbelievable. That's that unbelievable. Crazy, man. TCM4. I don't think we've 3D. ever had a franchise that was so close in ranking. That's unbelievable. Well, yep. I mean, one thing that is cool, right, is like we got a new TCM film that is like better than almost half of the uh, the rest of the franchise. Which it's like right at the halfway point, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that's cool because we've definitely seen worse TCM films. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. I think people need to. Sorry about that. I said I think I meant to say like I think people need to have an open mind with this one. If you're expecting a TCM movie like traditional, like you're not gonna get that. So you you really do have to open up your mind on on this one. I hundred percent agree, man. The first post I saw was worst chainsaw film ever. <laughs> I was like, holy <laughs> shit. All right. So obviously it didn't really affect me, but yeah, that is going to do it guys for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. I hope you enjoyed this very, very long episode that we did for you guys. Cause I think it's long. It might be seven hours. I don't know. I'm not sure. Jeremy, oh, take us out of here. definitely seven hours. Take us out of here. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to episode 114 
of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast. As always, if you want to follow the man Moods himself, you can do so at youtube.com slash moods 616. And as always, if you want to follow the man JP, do not do that so he does not get that new Puppet Master box set. But you can if you want. YouTube.com slash DoubleShotJ. And as always, you can follow me on my channel, YouTube.com slash NESRuler22. And as always, if you have any voicemails, you can leave us one, but we won't even reply. 724-426-6665. And you can leave us an email at the 22ShotsOfMoodsAndHorror at gmail.com. That's 22ShotsOfMoodsAndHorror at gmail.com. So let's follow us on Twitter, Twitter.com slash 22ShotsPodcast. Join us on the Facebook page, Facebook.com. Search bar 22 Shots of Moods and Horror Podcast. And everybody, please give your support to remove Jerry from the admin position. Please, everybody, go on there and say, fuck Jerry. And that should do it for episode. But I forgot one thing. Support the Patreon, patreon.com slash 22 Shots Podcast. Of course, please help get the sand sucked out of my vagina. And that should do it for episode 114 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror Podcast. We'll be back next week. With the Coffin Joe trilogy, because Moods is a bitch and doesn't want to do House of Wax. So we'll be back next week with that episode, mm-hmm. so stay tuned to episode 114. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great week. Talk to you guys soon. See you guys. Yeah. Exit. Good night. Oh, good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Hey, what about my request? You know... That lefty request record that you you honked out today? I love that. (laughs) (laughs) What was it anyway, the the Rambo 3 soundtrack? Play it again. She would like it. Hey, maybe I could get a copy, and and you could autograph it to uh, a far out fan. <laughs> hey, what's in here? Record vault. Oh, where you keep the golden oldies and. Uh, Maybe, uh, maybe the new music's a- oh, no, 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 no